warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 290. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Put over pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Joker here, the clown prince of crime, and you're listening to my least favorite podcast, Pop Culture Leftovers. <laughs> Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. Yeah. Hey, how you doing, Jake? I'm good. I'm good. Excited to do the podcast, man. Ish, it's been a week of work with Fourth of July coming up. Episode 290. Uh, ten more. Ten more. Ten more, and then we're done. I'm wrapping it up. <laughs> we're doing that again. <laughs> Closing shop. <laughs> mm. Mm. no we're not doing that again fuck it we're gonna I'm, we're gonna keep going until i die how's that sound yeah i'm in okay cool until i drop that no jake's like jake's like oh, i think i'll keep the show going after you're dead <laughs> <laughs> now, we'll, we'll rename it at that point yeah it's gonna be jcl jake oh, culture yeah. jake culture leftover <laughs> singular <laughs> right i'm the only leftover I'm a leftover, <laughs> leftover, because Brian's dead. Welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fucking kidnap Jay and make him be my co-host at that point. Yeah, there you go. Uh, next week, we're going to be doing Spider-Man uh, Far From Home, and I'm going to try possibly to do a uh, Stranger Things 3 episode. No promises. No promises. But I might. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how far I get into Stranger Things. We are not alone this week, Jake. We have guests. We are not alone. It's like an X-Files episode. Yeah. <laughs> wow, creepy. <laughs> wait, wait, who, who, did, uh, who is your favorite uh, X-File person? Was it uh, Scully or Mulder? Oh, yeah, 100% Scully. You were uh, you're Scully? Yeah, because that's yeah. more... I feel like i relate to scully more i'm more of the like real skeptical person okay yeah i uh didn't really watch the show all too much so i don't really have a uh, horse in this race so let's get going to the episode hey uh we are not alone we are joined uh, again by uh rebecca daling from the number one comic books podcast and the animated Batcast on which i was a guest most recently welcome rebecca 
Thank you for having me, and thanks for being on our show with me and Paul. We love discussing Zatanna with you. Yeah, it was a fucking blast. It was, it yeah, was, it was great. It, it was really fun. It was really fun. So thanks for having me on. You know, we're not alone this week. Uh, I just, I said that moments ago. I'm saying it again. <laughs> you know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you have a brain lapse and you repeat yourself. Uh, just as creepy the second time. It is. It is. I know. Yeah, I know. Jake's over there, scared. X Files. That thing that happened too. Um, uh, we have uh, Ryan from the What's the Focus podcast. Welcome, Ryan. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. I know, I know. One person is just dying to find out what you're into. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No. Uh, so a, a little bit about uh, you know me. Um, I just started a, a podcast, obviously, just a, a few months ago. So we're still fairly new. Uh, started off pretty small, uh, just talking about mainly just uh, Marvel, DC movies and tv and uh now it's kind of organically grown into um more of not just movies and tvs but comic books and video games my uh my co-host actually works for ea so we get a, a little bit of an inside scoop when it comes to some of the video games he personally works on and uh yeah it's just been a a, a real blast getting to know people within the podcast communities such as yourselves and uh no just really excited to be here Absolutely. Yeah. So you're, you're into the Marvel, the DC, all the movies and stuff like that and video games is what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's definitely what we focus on mainly. Um, but, uh, now, like I said, it, it's starting to definitely, uh, expand a little bit just into other genres as well. So it's been a lot of fun. I was going to go down like this whole, like, well, but what's the focus? Kind of like this who's on first thing with you. But I was like, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I would have done it with you. I know, but what's the focus? <laughs> I keep saying it, and it's like, uh, all right, all right, whatever. Jake, can we can we can we end this episode early? Can we just? Whoa, <laughs> we've already gotten there, huh? Yeah. I was curious about his co-host. I hope he's not the guy behind those ludicrous EA loot boxes. He is not. And actually, his his direct project he's uh, affiliated with is actually the Sim City. Uh, games. That's what he dominantly works on. Okay, okay. I figure they don't have a way to get you with loot boxes there yet. Huh? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to give EA any ideas on this podcast. I guess next topic. Rebecca, did that answer your question? You know, I, I was told to vamp. I was vamping before the show, and I asked a simple question, and then you fucking yelled at me about, Hey, I'm in a podcast, Rebecca! All right, that that's fine. I was just trying to be helpful earlier. Well... You, yeah. you, 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 you weren't, you know what I mean? You're, you're like a, you're like, no, you're like a five-year-old trying to contribute to making like dinner. You know, you're just going to burn yourself on the fucking stove. <laughs> she just threw her apology down the drain too at that last rant. You know, uh, you, remember, you remember the slogan, it's shake and bake and I helped. It's more like it's shake and bake and fuck off kid. <laughs> Man, if I had a nickel. Every time my mom said that to me. No, I'm just kidding. My mom never said that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's see here. Uh, you guys excited for Stranger Things th uh, Season 3 next week? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What have the, the, the Duffer Brothers done other than Stranger Things? Like, these guys came out of the gate pretty fucking hot, right, with the, with the Stranger Things? Like, have they – other than – they did, like, another show. They were involved in another – was it uh, the uh, – 
Uh, was it Shyamalan thing? Was that their thing? The Wayward I Pines? It was the Wayward HBO Pines? anthology show. Was it? Something like that. Maybe I, I'm crazy. I thought it was Wayward Pines, but I might be wrong. Yeah, I don't know. You might be right with that. I don't that know. was pre-Stranger Things, though, right? It was pre-Stranger Things, yeah. Right, now i got to look it up. You are correct with Wayward Pines. Fucking A! Thank you. Thank you. Thought I'd bring something to the table. You did. You know, I'm going to have this guy back on. I'm telling you that much. He's like you're, you're like that. Uh, you're like the assistant guy from the the Rogan podcast. Who's that guy? What's that guy's name? That guy. Now you got to look that up. No, I'm. St- <laughs> Give me five seconds. <laughs> no, like Rogan's got like a guy that like works for him in his studio and just looks shit up for him. Yeah, that's that's smart. Fucking a, you yeah. Use that guy. Okay, I, well, we got him now. His yeah. name's Ryan. Damn. You're gonna you're gonna quit doing that. What's the focus thing? Your focus is gonna be fucking looking up shit for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we forget a lot of shit, so it's gonna be a busy job. Actually, that'd be great if like Ryan's whole podcast then changed to just like talking about like looking up stuff for me. Yeah, and then yeah. on uh, episode two ninety one, Brian had me look this up. And uh, <laughs> I went to Bing accidentally. I couldn't find anything. <laughs> oh, fucking Bing! Jeez, Duffer Brothers. They what are they doing? Just Stranger Things? Did they? Did they just like? Is that it? Yeah, that is it. You would have thought like these guys would be like the guys that Hollywood's calling on to do things. You know, right, Jake? Wouldn't you? Or is it just like yeah. Netflix throwing money at these guys and tying them up? Yeah, I guess so. I, I mean, they must know their limits, or they must yeah. have some really heavy mythology lined up. Ah, there's that whole story. There's that whole story that they uh, stole the treatment for Stranger Things. That it was somebody else's thing, and mm-hmm. then <laughs> somebody else's yeah. thing, and they turned it into <laughs> Stranger Things. Yeah, I mean, that would explain what happened with Stranger Things too. No, get out of here. You're crazy. <laughs> You're crazy. You're on an island of Jake and a few other people. The, season two was not that bad. It gets, it just gets worse for you. Every time we talk on the show, it just gets, you just resent it that much more because other people love it. I don't think you, you, you love it. that love Stranger Things too, though. I still think you're hard pressed to find people that will say season two was better than season one. Oh, come on. I hate that fucking argument with anything. You can love something. You just don't have to love it as much as the first season. Of course not. It's like the new car. It's like driving the new car for the first time. You got the new car smell. You got everything. But a few months down the road, after you've spilled Wendy's chili in it, you don't, it's not the same fucking thing. So season two, season two of Stranger Things is just as good as the first one, but there's just like a slight aroma of chili in the air, Jake. That's it. Yeah, but if, when I think of all my favorite television shows and I kind of think of what happens each season, like season two is usually a ramp up from season one and every other show. And I don't know. I just wanted more. Oh, man. I got I, better. I got I, it was perfect. Not perfect for me, but I really enjoyed it. Like everybody else, I didn't really enjoy like the whole X-Men episode where they got introduced to the other, you know, uh, 11 group or whatever. One, was it one through 10? Were we introduced to one or like, you know what I mean? We met a few. I don't met remember if we met all ten I don't of think them. We but did. Like we definitely met yeah. like nine. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I was just thinking about Stranger Things three today, and yeah. I, I really wish they would do like a major death of a character in the first two episodes, to, just to kind of bring stakes back to the show. Because to me, that's the one of the biggest problems with it is I think they will. unlike the first season, I feel like everyone is safe, and it's all about just making sure there can be two more seasons after the season that's airing. 
Yeah, yeah, I think they're gonna. I think they will. I think this is the season to do it. I think Nancy's boyfriend's gonna bite it because he was the guy. He was the guy that got caught like sniffing booger sugar. Correct. Mm, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't let him fly because he came. What an idiot! He came to the airport with with it in his pocket or in his suitcase or whatever. Mm. And it's like, seriously, like, have you never been to an airport? You can't. You can't do that. Yeah, I think he'll probably fucking die this season. And then they'll have him like, they'll have him on a season of Narcos or something because he's doing all the cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> yeah. All right. Let's see here. You guys ready for some iTunes reviews? Always. Yep. All right. Time for iTunes reviews. It's one star All right. You know what? Before I get into the iTunes reviews, we're going to get into those real quick. I had the worst interaction with a uh, uh, an employee at a uh, sandwich shop today. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It was fucking terrible. I love... Okay. So there's a uh, place in Springfield, Illinois. I was out there watching a movie today. Watched uh, Annabelle Creation. Uh, Annabelle Creation. Annabelle Comes Home. Which doesn't that, doesn't the title of that sound like a Disney movie? You know, like some, you know what I mean? Like she's very much, you know, she's homeward been bound. Well, she's been, yeah, homeward bound. Like, but Annabelle, she's been, she's a Southern belle and she's been out East and she's been working out there as like, uh, I don't know, a secretary or something. And, and then the family, so there's somebody sick in the family, right? Somebody's always fucking dying. And so she comes back to take care of him and it's called Annabelle comes home. And then she meets her boyfriend, uh, her ex-boyfriend. You know what I mean? And like now he's with, uh, with the girl that she always hated and she's telling him that, you know, hey, you're too good for him. And, uh, he's like, what are you jealous? And she's like, no, no, uh, you know, right? That sounds like a, that sounds like a Hallmark movie, actually. <laughs> like, yeah, I agree with Rebecca. Not, ha- not so much Disney, but Lifetime. If, if it happens like over Christmas, and then, like, that is absolutely a Hallmark or a Lifetime movie. No, um, no, because... Like plot An- of, like, most of them. Annabelle's a fucking mouse. <laughs> oh, you, you did not mention that in your synopsis. Well, I was getting there. He was going to give her some cheese, but you guys won't let me fucking finish. Anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, it's like Fievel comes home. Yeah, Fievel. Well, Fievel goes west. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just was changing the Annabelle. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm fucking with you, Jake. I know what you meant. Hey, so yeah, anyway, I went to this uh, sandwich shop. I, I usually go to the, it's in Springfield, Illinois. Uh, it's, I usually go to the Montvale location. It's called Monty's, and they have uh, excellent subs, just toasted subs, and they're fucking amazing. They're so good. My favorite place to get a sandwich. And so I usually go to the one on Montville, but then I was closer to the one on Sangman. I've never been there before, so like I'm gonna go in there. I go in there. Guy is overly energetic from the get go. You ever see uh what's the movie? Office Space where they go into the uh the one restaurant and you got the overly hyper guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? What's that, what's that restaurant? Uh, uh, he's wearing the badge. Like shenanigans the, or something? Sh- eh, it's, it's close to shenanigans. It might be shen. No, shenan- shenanigans is is uh, super troopers. 
That's right. Yeah, this is something else. I can't remember. Look it up. But he has Ryan. all the flannel. Look, he's got the pieces of flair, not flannel. The flair, flair. I'm sorry, flair. Yes. All right. Okay. Yeah, Ryan, just keep the looking up stuff. You're good at that. Um, <laughs> Chotskis. Chotskis, thank you. But, um, no, so he's very energetic and, and, and to the point where it's really annoying the shit out of me, you know? Um, oh, Brian, you're energetic on the show. So, ah, fuck you. Um, so he's like, uh, hey, welcome to Matis. Uh, you know, what do you want at your sub? And, uh, you know, okay. Oh, you want the ultimate? All right. How do you like your ultimate? Do you like it? And uh, I was like, yeah, I want uh, I want everything on it, and I want it uh, this way and that way. And he's like, what kind of bread? I was like, ah, oh, the sweet bread. I love their sweet bread. It's fucking amazing. And he's like, do you want it? Do you want it cold or toast? Uh, do you want it cold? And I, I thought he said whole. Like when you go to when you go to fucking uh, Subway and they got the six inch subs and then they got like the foot long. That's what I thought he meant. Yeah. Like, do you want a half? I thought he said whole. And I said. I said, yeah, I'll take it whole. I even said whole. He said cold. And so then I said, oh, can I get that toasted? And then he's like, uh, gotta remember, like, this guy's been super energetic and annoying the entire fucking time. And now he's being, he's saying, he's like, oh, I'm, and I'm talking just like him. Oh, I'm really confused because when we talked earlier, it sounded like you wanted it cold and now you're saying you want it toasted. So I'm really confused as to what's going on here. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. I am stewing inside. (laughs) I am boiling over and I look at him and I, and, and I didn't even explain to him that I thought he said whole. All I did was tap on the counter a couple times, leaned back, and started to walk away. I was like, I'm out of here, because I'm going to fucking go off on this guy in a second. And then he said, oh, oh you, you, you don't need to go, because he knew that he was being a dick. He fucking knew it from the moment he started talking like that to me. And he's like, oh, you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to go anywhere. I said, you're being condescending. And then he continued to say, I, I'm, I'm really sorry. I, I'll be happy to make the sandwich for you. And uh, what did I say? Oh, my God. Um, I said, you need to take, oh, I said, yeah, you need to take it down a little bit, chief. And then, and then he, he started to feel like he had this like uncomfortable look on his face when he's looking at another customer. And I said, oh, you made me, me feel awkward. Now I'm going to make you feel awkward. And then I walked out. Oh my, I was fucking fuming. Yeah, good on you for not giving him your money. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. No way. Absolutely not. I was tempted to go to the other Montes and, like, say something to them. But I was just like, I'll just let it go. And I'm not going to get on Yelp and say something like that because that's just what our iTunes reviewers, the one-star people, do. And I don't want to do that shit. But <laughs> I was, I think his boss was there because, like, when I first walked in, like, in the back room, he's having to talk with somebody. And he didn't even come out to greet me immediately. It took him, like, a minute. So... Wow, I was stewing. I was so mad. But when I left, I felt really good that I like stood up for myself and I said something to him. Yeah, fuck that bullshit. That's crazy. Oh, it was. You should have heard him. You should have fucking heard him. It's like, dude, I, I get it. You don't like your job. You don't like artisan crafting your little sandwiches, buddy. I get it. But like, there are people that have that job and then do it great and have great interactions with customers. Yeah, it sounds like he like recently got in trouble for his yeah. customer service and was like trying to turn it up a notch, but not being sincere about it in any way. And then quickly breaking yeah. when he made uh, one mistake. Uh huh. Yeah. 
I can't see this guy keeping his job. He was absolutely terrible. Anyway, sorry to bore you with that fucking story. Uh, let's see here. Let's move into iTunes reviews. Now, this first one, I knew I shouldn't have said Now I'm all pissed off again. <laughs> uh, this first one is from Singing in the Rain, and it's rain spelled R-A-I-N-E. And uh, it's titled, This Podcast is a Treat. It's a five-star. It goes on to say, I've been listening to this podcast since the day after Endgame came out. I was trying to find all the little Easter eggs in it and references, and now I'm a regular listener. I absolutely love you guys. I get the only necessary weekly news from you all, and now I'm yeet. I'm a yeet king. Uh, Brian, you definitely are hilarious, and we have the same humor, and I think it's funny that everyone hates you for it. <laughs> uh, keep doing you, and keep being great, guys. And that comes from Singing in the Rain. Nice. That was good. Mm -hmm. yeah. good what a treat. You. A treat what, of an iTunes What review. a treat. What an, <laughs> what an absolute treat. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you think about people that have the first name of treat? Mm, I don't even, I didn't even know that was a thing. You never an actor with a first name Treat. You know, like Treat Williams or something? It's a treat oh, something. Is he like a comedian? Look it up, Ryan. Um, you know. <laughs> on it. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I, I think it's Treat Williams. That's what I just said. I literally just said I, that. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Sorry. I, what I'm saying is I'm agreeing but with you. But you said it so treat. indecisively, and I had said it. Re <laughs> I'd like to confirm that it's Richard Treat Williams. Richard. What's he known for? He's a dick treat. <laughs> I know what he's known for after that fucking name. Um, let's see here. Yeah, he's known for people sucking his penis, people. Um, <laughs> if you didn't figure that out. Next one. <laughs> next one. <laughs> I'm a child. Um, next one. <laughs> next one comes from twelve twenty-seven. I didn't they already leave one, Jake? Um, I think that was another vowless gurgling noise. Uh, yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. man, it's a different one. Uh, uh, is it? Uh, the, yeah, that sound. It sounds like what? Sounds like the sound that Jimi Hendrix made right before he left us, right? <laughs> Oh, oh, Brian, you said that. He died over 30 years ago, people. All right? It happened. Sorry. He's, yeah, he was, a, he was a gift. He was amazing. Sorry, Jake. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> no, I, I don't think this is the same guy. I mean, you might be right, though. I think it, it sounds very familiar. 1227 goes on to say, oh, it's, a, it's titled Pretty Cool Podcast. It's a five star. And it goes on to say, love the podcast. When I first heard about Endgame being released, re-released, I thought it was cheap, but after learning Avatar was re-released, it changed my mind. So he just had to, he had to get that, uh, it, it, nothing to do really with, uh, like the podcast with the hosts. He just really wanted to get that thought out there, Jake, and had to lead of it into an iTunes review because he knew he would, we would read it on the show. Yeah, that's pretty terrible. Now I'm starting to think you're right that this is probably someone that just changed their review. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what I think's cheap is like, that kind of shit, right? Yeah, that's email material that we don't have to read on the show. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Come on, people. These are, this is basic shit. This is... Oh, my gosh. I, at least Avatar fucking released 30 minutes of new footage. Yeah, that is correct. 
So I've never watched the extended version of Avatar. I don't know if I ever have either. So I mean, it was pretty long already. I didn't thirty more minutes. What are we doing? I mean, you know, they. Uh, it, <laughs> I don't know. I, Am I going to need to watch? Do I need to watch that before Avatar two to get all the uh, mythology down? I don't know. It's a pretty simple movie. You think about it. You know, it. I don't know. This whole. Uh, did you? Did anybody see the, the, the end game in the theater with the new stuff? I'm going tomorrow. Yeah, I read a detailed breakdown about what's in it. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, that's what I did as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go. I don't think I'm going to do it. No, me neither. I'm going to wait until the end of July and watch it at home for the next time. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It just doesn't seem worth it. I still think it's cheap too, people. I don't care. I don't care if Avatar re-released. I still think it's, yeah. I, I still think it's cheap. I agree. At least Avatar, you're right. I mean, even. Even if we say, okay, you know, we were wrong and Avatar re-released too, it, you're, you're right. It's still cheap. Avatar had that half an hour and Avengers has like 45 seconds. And some of that is just bullshit welcome to the show stuff from this, one Russo brother. Yeah. Yeah. One Russo. Not even two. They couldn't even get two Russos. <laughs> they could get them <laughs> together quick enough to uh, get this thing back out and make more money. We didn't get the two so's. We just got the one Russo. But you see what I did there? I, was, I know. I was like, are you going to say it, Brian? Are you going to fucking say that? You're going to say too so? That's the thing you're going to be doing now? All right, you did it. There you go. It's out there. Let's wait for the reactions. Oh, Miley amused, I suppose. Okay. Um, next one comes from, uh, what the fuck? I feel like, I feel like th- these are all people that have written them before. These names all sound familiar. Spiderling1317. I don't remember a spiraling. I do, because I scroll down these all the time, Jake. When I have to, when I have to, you know, look at them every week. Does it bump them to the top if they change them? Yeah, it bumps them to the top. There's one guy that was like changing his every week, and I refused to read it. <laughs> I didn't even mention it on the show. It was like, it was like, no, I'm not playing that game. This is not a platform to you for you to change your iTunes review every week, and I just read your asinine bullshit. Guys like writing a serial novel on the fucking iTunes reviews. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I know. Tune in next week. Tune in next week. Oh man, this one's titled "Yo," and it's uh, Spiderling thirteen seventeen. We know this guy. Hey guys, it's Quentin. I uh, just wanted to throw you guys a five star review because the content has only gotten better over the years. Thanks, Brian and Jake, for the continuous content and awesome co-host. That comes from Quentin. He is one of the hosts of uh, the Real Zodiac podcast, which is spelled R E E R E E L. I thought I lost count of the E's there from the Real Zodiac podcast. And uh, so, yeah, you can check that out on iTunes. Those guys are coming back. They stopped recording for a while. I think they're coming back here shortly, which is cool. Yeah, that, that was a nice review. Thank you, Quentin. So, I... I don't know if I agree with it though. I think we probably peaked about year four. Really? It's been a, been just a slow drip since. I don't know. I don't. I, I never thought we we. I, it's not a. It's not. Is that really a peak? I don't know if we've ever even. You know, we've never even seen the the mountaintop. We've never even seen the crest of the mountain. Is that what they call it? The crest. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I'm just I'm just saying this on our curve. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. That I works. follow. I, I dig what you're saying though. Is that like they, in that in that spectrum, you're correct. Is that what they call it? The crest of the mountain? 
The crest of the mountain, the mountain crest. Ma- that, right. is, that is correct. <laughs> Ryan's just making shit up. <laughs> you're just you're just making shit up so you don't have to look it up, Ryan. <laughs> What's the focus, Ryan? Really? What is it? <laughs> the crest of the mountain top. <laughs> now you're just mocking me for my stupidity. <laughs> yeah, sure, Brian. Crest of the mountain top, buddy. All right, bud. Uh, let's see here. This next one's titled Makes Me Feel Good, and it's from Randy ECV Bridway, Bridwell. Jake, you laughed at that. Yeah, yeah. It was just funny. I don't know. I, I think your delivery of it helped it, too. Oh, thank you. I, I think yeah. I think we just peaked, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Uh, listening to PCL, listening to the PCL podcast every week. He split up podcast into two words. That's why I said it's so weird. Yeah, that's, I mean, people might do that, I guess. It's one word, Chief. All right. Don't go back and change it. I hate it when people go back and change their iTunes reviews to correct them, Jake. I hate it when they do that. Just live with your fuck up. You know what I mean? You piss the bed, now roll around in it. <laughs> Pod. Cast. Yeah. <laughs> Listening to the PCL pod cast every week is something I look forward to. I like the fact that there are nerds out there like myself and have a platform to express themselves and give unedited reviews for us grown-ups. I, too, started listening with your Infinity War review and have been a listener ever since, uh, though some of your content can be not of my taste. Listening to you guys and gals go back and forth is quite enjoyable and entertaining. I love finding new things to watch and find you guys my go-to for whenever I'm looking for just that. Your reviews are mostly spot on, and I must agree with Jake that end credit scenes are garbage. Keep up the good work, and thanks for all the hard work. Sincerely, Randall ECV Bridwell. Jake, I know that this guy has to be like... uh He, he has to be your crest of the mountaintop with, with, with that... uh I'm trying to make that funny, people. Okay, all right. It's it's, it's experimental material I got going was, on. Here. I wasn't ready for the mountain crest joke to return. It, it definitely caught me off guard. It was a swerve. Thank you, thank you. Uh, are we going to be critiquing me this whole time, or is it just me critiquing myself? Well, you just started it. Yeah, I was just I just kind of eberted it up there with you for a second. I know, I know, I know, I, I know. I, I need my inner monologue seems to come out a lot. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Jake, this guy, I, I don't know if this guy is just trying to, like, have you not bash his review by saying that, or if this guy really means that he doesn't like the end credit scenes. I happen to, I, personally, I think he does hate them. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some people out there that definitely fall in line with me about kind of just how bad they've gotten. How so, bad yeah. they've gotten. Like, I, I never felt like they were bad. I feel like they keep getting better. And, like, from what I'm hearing, I, oh. I, I don't know. Is uh, that I, I've, I've heard that the Far From Home post-credit scenes are absolutely some of the best in the MCU. So I'm looking forward to that. I hope that's true. You know, the the one thing that doesn't bother me is the like the mid one where it's like we show like two or three screens of credits and then we're instantly cut into another scene. I, I'm fine with that practice. It's more of that at the very end. Here's the thing that really drives me nuts. Oh, Jesus. All right. I don't know, Jake. It's it's just it's a, it's just a matter of moments. Is all it is. It's just, if I can get it's to part my of the, car faster than uh, I have to see the scene, then it's not fast enough. It's part of the. It's just it's just 
it's just what Marvel movies do. It's part of the excitement for me. It's like part of the event. It's the, the whole event. We always talk about these movies being events. It's just part of that event sitting around waiting, the anticipation, the anticipation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just, that's what it is for me. It's like, well, what's it going to be? What, what are we going to see after these credits? After these credits get done rolling, what are we going to see? What's, what's going to be this image that we're going to see? It's like waiting for like porn to download in the fucking nineties. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I, I, I feel like I'm in the minority with this opinion and I do understand why people get hyped for these things, but I just, uh, I just don't care for it. All right. I'm going to, we're going to go to Ryan. You're a big fan of the MCU. I'm going to go to you and you're not picking sides here. This is not like team cap or team Iron Man or Edward or Jacob or whatever the fuck. Okay. This is just you. Do you like the post credit scenes? And you don't have to agree with me. You don't have to agree with Jake to please us. Okay. Well, I actually do really enjoy the, the, uh, end credit scenes. So, uh, I've always been a fan of that. I, I I'm kind of like you, Brian, in the fact that I, I like to kind of get in my own head mm. and kind of process the movie that I just saw. And then knowing that I have another little scene coming up to maybe uh, segue into the, you know, the uh, next movie or just kind of next phase of whatever they're getting into always excites me. I, yeah. I, I love them. Oh, man. I, you know what? I can tell you what the fucking focus is. You're fucking awesome. That's what the focus is, you son of a bitch. <laughs> no, I, I, everybody's different. Like, I, I've heard it from both sides. You know, Jake is not the only person that doesn't enjoy these. And uh, I, I'm not trying to convince Jake to enjoy the placement of the post credit scenes. And it's just, I, I happen to, I happen to get a kick out of the whole thing. So, all right. Rebecca, you, you like them though, right? Oh, I love the post credit scenes. I, I, I like after the movie ends and then I'm like digesting like what I've watched and the credits are rolling. And then like, I love the little, like the, that, that mid credit scene that kind of like, Usually Marvel has something a little funny in there, something like a little stinger. And you're like, okay, that's, that's funny. Mm. And then like the one at the end of the credits is sort of like, and here's what's going to happen next, or here's what's going to happen in like a future movie. And that's the one that I like live for. Cause I feel like that's the one that's got like the major wow factor of like, Oh man, they're going to do that story like that. That's yeah. I, I love it though. I'm, I'm a sucker for it. Sometimes they have, are flipped though. Like remember the, the Ant-Man true. and the Wasp yeah. one where, and then also the Iron Man three one where it was Iron Man on the, on the, uh, therapist couch. Oh, that, that's true. Yeah. Sometimes they do flip it. Um, for sure. Avengers I, one I, had it flipped. The storm yeah. is it? The, oh yeah, the yeah the that that though was absolutely yeah. perfectly placed for me. Like, well, and it wasn't that, even it wasn't even in the uh, the UK release the premiere. I mean, that was just uh, something that they had filmed while they were doing the uh, the premiere in London. Yeah, that's hilarious. Well, can I pose this question to you guys? Yeah. What is your favorite MCU post credit scene? Hmm. Because mine would be the one at the end of Iron Man 1 where they announce the Avengers initiative. Mine's got to be the, the Thanos at a at the uh, – I mean that's a post credit scene. But for me it was Thanos. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like all the ones in the first like phase were the best, were the ones <laughs> I didn't have the biggest problem with. I, the Thor's hammer one is pretty decent for me too. I feel like for me it doesn't start going off the rails until after Avengers One. Yeah, the only two movies I think that didn't have 
post-credit scenes. Hulk were, was one, right? Was the Incredible Hulk and then Endgame. Those are the only two. Yeah, that's interesting. And the reason Hulk didn't was because of the Universal stuff, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, Universal. Huh. All right. That was fun. It was fun. Yeah, I'm. Looking, I like how yeah. I like how you didn't cop out like the other two, Brian. What do you What do you mean? You, you gave an answer. Oh yeah. <laughs> what's What's your answer, Rebecca? Uh, I am gonna go with uh, Thanos as well. I thought that was the most exciting one for yeah. sure. Like that they were teasing him as the as the as the big villain. Fuck yeah, Ryan. <laughs> you know, I I always like the uh, the shawarma break. Uh, in credit scene. Do you guys remember that one when they're all just sitting around, just eating, not saying a word? Yeah, we literally just talked about it three minutes ago. Oh gosh, I, I, apolo- I apologize. No, that, yeah, that, that would, I, and I would have to say that one. So. Did you? Did you? I'm fucking with you, Brian. I'm happy. That, I'm happy that you're on. I actually, I listened to your podcast, and it, it's it's very good. So well, thank you. I, was, I appreciate that. Yeah, it was like, I, I, yeah, I, I screen our listeners. It's true. I, I screen <laughs> I screen our guests, and I was like, yeah, this guy's good. I like him. We're gonna have him on. He's good. Um, but yeah, that uh, that whole shawarma scene. I've said this on the podcast before, but some people probably don't know this. Uh, Chris Evans was filming Snowpiercer at the time and had a full beard for that role. So when you watch him in that <laughs> scene, he's covering up the beard with his hand while he's eating the shawarma. Also, mm-hmm. want to throw out there for you, everybody, Snowpiercer is on Netflix. Watch it. It's fantastic. Uh, TNT, TNT's still doing that series, right? Yeah, as far as yeah. I know. They, they've spent a lot of money. It's still coming. Yeah, looking forward to that. I, I Someone hope big's directing the first episode, right? Yes. I can't remember the name, but, man, it, it, they did get a big name for that one. Urgh. Yeah. And one more thing about the post credits, though. I, I got to tell you, I will become a giant hypocrite if they show me uh, MCU Doctor Doom at the end of one of these things. Yeah, they, I, I think, Jake, like when when this whole Marvel, uh, you know, this whole Disney Fox deal broke, me and you were saying they're going to wait three, four, five years before they start introducing these characters into the MCU. And then every media outlet said, like, oh, they got plans for this, they got plans for that. And and now it's like Feige's basically saying, like, hey, I've got Phase 4. It's, I mean, we've been planning this stuff for years, like, you know, 10 years out. And so I I don't think that we're getting that stuff now. And especially after, like, Dark Phoenix and all this stuff, I think he's going to let... Uh, Fantastic Four, they'll probably be introduced first, I would happen to think, right? I agree. I agree. It, it would be a lot like the time has kind of passed a bit more there. Yeah. And yeah. the Trank stuff was still far removed from what anyone thinks of the Fantastic Four in an MCU capacity that I don't think it would like have to stink of that. So I, you're absolutely correct. When they fi- will show up before the hey, X-Men. Jake, you know, good things come to those who wait. And I think like with Feige, I mean, it's – it's it's not a matter of uh with civil war we we knew that they that they had been thinking about like what if they if they got tom not tom holland but spider-man like what if mm-hmm. they, so they had it ready for both but with this i think like when you plan a whole phase i don't think that you can just inject the x-men into said phase like it that's it's a it's an entire phase <laughs> they're just going to show up for the big battle in avengers whatever well i mean <laughs> you know the mcu is like i'm not saying it's crowded but it is 
there's a lot of characters that they've been introducing and it's made the job that much harder on the Russo brothers trying to like, you know, like, look at like, look at, look at, look at like the, the battle that we had in the airport that we thought was amazing. And it still is amazing. Mm-hmm. But, but then like, look at that compared to the end game battle and, and even the infinity war battle in Wakanda. Like, look at all the stuff that they had to juggle there. And we've seen directors, in my opinion, fail with lesser heroes. I, I, Joss Whedon, in my opinion, by the time we got to Age of Ultron, like those action scenes were absolutely terrible, in my opinion. I did not like the team battles that Josh Whedon put together for us in Age of Ultron. Um, but, I, like, the Russos have just done a fantastic job, and it, it's not just them. It's like they've got, like, you know, they've got, like, stunt coordinators and, and, and things like that helping them out. Um, so, yeah, I, it's one of those things where, like, you inject the X-Men now, how crowded is the is 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 the Marvel Cinematic Universe going to be? I think maybe that's why they're killing off some of the characters too, Jake. Yeah, I'm very interested in what approach they'll take to even introduce the X-Men, right? I mean, are we going to go like, they've been here all along and we're just discovering them? You know, are they actually going to start existing from a certain point on? Like, there's a lot of different routes they can do with it. It'll be very interesting. I, th- I think it's got to be like, we're going to be, you know, right now we're at the beginning of like these different multiverses, these, you know, these different timelines. And I think later on down the road, you're going to have somebody like Hank McCoy or even like Kang the Conqueror maybe going into Phase 5, open up another multiverse. And who follows Kang? You know, maybe Fantastic Four, the X-Men or something, you know? We'll see. Yeah, I'm cool with that for the Fantastic Four, but I'd kind of like the X-Men to be a bit more natural and like from the world. I. We'll see. It, that's a that's a tough one to do at this point. It's not like the Inhumans where, like, you just release this gas and, like, people on Earth have always had kind of like this Inhuman gene. And now with this gas, it's been released. Like, it's 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 going to be a lot harder, I think, to 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 do this in in the MCU now. We'll see. I, if anybody can do it, it's Feige, though, you know, so we'll see. Yeah, I'm really excited. It's a daunting task introducing such a huge part of Marvel mythology in mm-hmm. the MCU. Yeah, it's way harder than Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh, way harder. That's you know, that's just one character. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, I hope I hope Doom gets to be a Thanos though. Not to drag that on a bit more. You know, I he deserves it. Me too. I I am so excited to see what they do with Doctor Doom. I would love for him to be another Thanos well, and have have his story like really stretched out and be like a m- big character. The thing that like I keep hearing, and it's all rumors, is that you're going to have the MCU kind of like break up into two different groups going forward because they're not going to have Avengers movies right out of the gate again. We'll probably get more Avengers movies, people, but like right now in Phase Four, like. You know, really nothing's been announced, and hopefully we'll get those announcements here shortly. But, uh, you know, they're, they're talking about having a street-level villain, you know, for, like, your Spider-Man characters, stuff like that, right? And then, yeah. and then have a cosmic villain for everybody else. So... We'll see. We'll see. I mean, where the, we'll see where they put Doctor Doom. And because uh, did you see Noah Hawley talk to Kevin Feige or Feige? I've got did that. You see in, that article. It's in Marvel News this week. All right, I'll shut up then. It's fine. No, I, we're talking about Doctor Doom, and yeah, we've got that in Marvel News. So, but um, yeah, we haven't even got through the iTunes reviews. What the? <laughs> That's my fault. I, I forgot we were with that stuff. I know. <laughs> oh, wow. Last one here comes from Travis L1. Um, 
Travis, is he a fan of that button on the PlayStation, Jake? The L1 button, huh? Yeah. Is he a big fan of the L1 button on the PlayStation? Yeah, maybe, possibly. It's an interesting way to go about having your unique iTunes nickname. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Travis L1, I respect you, sir, and I respect your love for the fucking L1 button. I like it, too. It's my favorite as well. All right. Let's see here. Uh, it's titled, This Show Should Go Primetime. It's a five-star. Hey, PCL crew, I've been listening for well over a year now, and I'm ashamed it's taken me this long to write a review. Your podcast is the epitome of everything a podcast should be. The host, Brian, and Jake have an amazing chemistry, and the guest hosts fit in like they were always part of the cast. This show is my go-to listening while on patrol, and I'm sure people have a lot of questions when they look at me audibly laughing hysterically while stopped at a light. Sometimes life gets me a little behind on the shows, but always catch I always catch up before moving on to the next. I'm always recommending and referencing PCL, so keep up the great work. Jake, man, we got a guy here on patrol, and he's recommending the show. Yeah, that's awesome. That was that was a great review. Hard to hard to find something to nitpick about that other uh, than the L1 thing. I love the fact that he loves the L1 button, dude. It, it's got a nice contour, Jake. <laughs> I know you can you can make the argument that the whole remote control feels the same and has the same contour. There's something about that L1 button, though, Jake. I'm not a fan of the L1 button. It, it, typically, it's one of the buttons that's the first to get accidentally fucking broken on one of my controllers, just because of its placement. Oh man, it's just because it's like it's a, it's a go to, it's a G spot on that controller. Yeah, that's what that's why I don't like it because it once it starts like you don't feel that click anymore. It's like I don't even want to mess with it. It's just an indicator that you need a new controller. That's just the love that the L one it sacrifices itself. It's like Iron Man in fucking Endgame that L one button. It just <laughs> it's like I am L one and then it's dead. Right? I mean that's I love you three thousand. I love you three thousand L one. God, that fucking L1 button on the PlayStation controller. Rest in peace, you son of a bitch. We love you. Um, Rebecca, we're ridiculous. This show's stupid. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I'm here, too, so it's, I'm ridiculous, then, I guess. <laughs> hey, um, I, want everybody, I am drinking vodka this week, so I don't know where the show's going to go. Uh, we've gone uh, 43 fucking minutes, haven't talked about anything other than maybe a little bit of Marvel shit. So, uh, but those are all At the, the beginning of the show. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, let me just burn through Marvel news. Yeah, well, yeah, here we go. Here's this. Here's the thing I want to talk about. What about, what about this uh, on Facebook? We got our uh, pop culture leftovers Facebook page. What what is this this new top fans thing? Uh, Rebecca, are you a fan? Are, are you a fan of the top fans thing? I mean, all, all the pages do it. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm not a fan only because I feel like what happens then is it makes people think like if i comment yes. way more yes i'll become a top fan so then like now you just got people like replying with like an octopus emoji and easter island stonehead emoji yeah. and a slice of pizza <laughs> and they're a fucking top fan that's exactly it because facebook counts how many comments how many interactions yeah. and then you get that badge of a top fan and then it, I, I mean people are i'm a top fan and it's like oh okay. <laughs> i'm a, Hooray! I don't know what to say. I don't. Facebook thinks you're a top fan because you posted 800 emojis. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's whatever. I'm. I don't. I think it's silly. Like, sometimes I'll get a badge. Like, in the, for another group I'm in, like, you're a conversation starter, and I'm like, 
okay, if you think I am, sure, why not? Here's but my, I, I, I don't get it. Here's, <laughs> here's, <to> me. <laughs> here's my thing. Here's my thing. You know, should I basically, like, for people that are doing that, just leaving, like, bullshit replies, like, little emoji replies. Like, here's, you know, here's fucking 14 sailboats on a post about fucking, you know, Captain Marvel 2 rumors. You know, it's like, what the, f- what are you talking about, a sailboat? What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing with this sailboat? 14 of them. What the fuck is wrong with you? Just to get a top fan, little fucking diamond next to your name? What if I, what if, what if I give them like a little warning? Like, hey, cause Jake, uh, Jake, Rebecca, Ryan, I can strip people of their top fan. Oh, emblem. you can? Oh, oh yeah. I did not know that. Should I? Th- That's awesome. Yeah, I can strip yeah. them. I can strip them of their top fan privileges. They have privileges like it's a fucking, like they're a part of the players club or some shit. Like, like they're, <laughs> like they're a Costco member or something. You get no privileges. That's yeah. Yeah, I agree with you guys on this whole thing though. Like, I love the idea of the top fan, but the algorithm is completely fucked. It's quantity over quality. Yeah. So, yeah, if you can actually go in there and say, fuck 13 sailboat emojis, dude, you're not a top fan anymore. <laughs> yeah. Then I say do it. You're done. You're done, ice cream cone emoji guy. You're fucking out of here. <laughs> um, and the one that drives me crazy is when they're like, top fan here. It's like, well, you're continuing being a top fan by constantly reminding people you're a top fan. That's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> we just alienate everyone, don't we, Jake? <laughs> yeah, we're awesome. I've been I've been trying to become a planners top fan for about three weeks now and, and failing. I don't know what it takes. Oh, fucking planners, the peanut people. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it takes. Mm. I've done peanut emojis. I've done it all. Selling out to the peanut company. Yeah. Did you know they brought back the cheese puffs, the cheese balls? Oh yeah, they're fucking delicious. They you know are. what people fucking oh. go nuts for on the planners? Yeah, I like how you said they go nuts for planners. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking hilarious, Jake. <laughs> fucking PB Crisp. It's just nonstop people wanting PB Crisp to come back. Oh my god, I haven't thought about PB Crisp in a long time. Yeah, me too. I didn't know they had such a cult following. Doesn't PB Crisp sound like a shitty rapper? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that they brought the cheese balls back. I haven't, yeah. I haven't seen those in in years. It literally oh, says man. it says on the yeah the planters cheese balls are back in stores. They did a trial run like uh, two three months ago at uh, at Walmart or something like that, and they sold out immediately. And they were like, oh my god, there's a demand for this. So now they've brought back the the cheese, the, like the cheese sticks or whatever the fuck. They look like the Cheetos. Yeah, and yeah, they, they, the balls they look like Kate Moss Cheetos. They're a little bit thinner. And uh, <laughs> oh man, my fucking uh, roof of my mouth hasn't been that fucked up since I ate Captain Crunch after eating that. Oh, <laughs> oh man, Captain Captain Crunch is the worst. I, I never even liked the way it tasted. Oh, I love it. Oh god, I, I love it too. I love I, it too. I never, Favorite. Oh man, you guys are weird. I never liked Captain Crunch. Lucky Charms. Why? Though. Why are you? Oh, why are you cereal shaming all the time? I'm not, well, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One time I say it. No, I get awesome. fucking. I get Facebook messages from you all the time. That say like Cookie Crisp. <laughs> you're like you're like Cookie Crisp, bitch. And I'm like, what the fuck? 
I like that too. Just leave me alone. Stop harassing me, Rebecca. It's true. I, I am cyberbullying you. It, it's totally true. <laughs> it's fucking t- cinnamon. You call me a cinnamon toast bitch one time. Ah, <laughs> Rebecca, it's just cereal. I know. I wish it was true because those are all clever things I could have said to you at some point. I wish I had thought of it. She's like, she sent me, she sent me a recording one time and it was like, Brian's a cinnamon toast cunt. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> She's going to apple jack your shit up. <laughs> oh, man. Fuck, man. Just let people like what cereal they like. I know. It's fuck. fucked up. She's oh, always. Cereal trigger! Oh my god! No, I've had enough. I've fucking had enough with it, Rebecca. I'm standing up for myself. You're like that fucking asshole in the sandwich shop, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Ryan, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers. (laughs) I love the passion. (laughs) <laughs> for Captain Crunch. All right, fine. Mm. Oh, yeah, but God. those cheese balls, they fuck your mouth up. Yeah, I do. forgot about that part. It's true. They yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, we do have an email here. Uh, it comes from uh, Jake Johnston, uh, a guy I actually went to uh, grade school, uh, junior high, and high school with. So, um, Jake, actually, I it's like I never asked my friends to listen to the show ever. That's... He just happened to find us, and he's been a listener since very early on in the podcast, Jake. So, But Jake Johnson says, guys, just wanted to drop a few lines. The show still kicks ass. I haven't quite finished 289 yet, but I had to stop and write this. First, Rebecca nailed it with the Red Sonia casting. Uh, <gasps> Hooray! <laughs> Rebecca, I, I really Sorry. do think that you nailed it there. I really do. I, I, I agree 100% with Jake. Um, he goes, I was yelling it at you from the minute you started talking about it. Second, the rat tail. I had to tell you a story. Uh, I had said rat tail, and my uncle would constantly give me shit about it. Uh, the one thing I remember about it was he would always tell me that under the rat tail, I had an asshole on the back of my neck. <laughs> and I probably, <laughs> and I, and I probably shit on the desk of the kids sitting behind me. <laughs> I would get so pissed. It lasted at least a year, and finally I had enough. I cut that fucking thing off and sent it to him in the mail in a card. Just thought you'd get a kick out of that. Keep up the good work. That comes from Jake Johnston. Thank you. That fucking cracked my shit up. Yeah, that's hilarious. I didn't expect to get more rat tail stories. I love it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, guys, send your rat tail emails and stories <laughs> to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com. Is subject line rat tail stories? Rat tail stories. <laughs> isn't that, isn't, uh, isn't that uh, Guillermo del Toro's next anthology series? <laughs> Coming to TNT this fall. <laughs> Academy Award winning Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> Oh man, uh, let's see here. You guys, I don't know. You guys want to take a break, or do you want to jump in a good pop band pop? Jake, you're probably wanting to take a break, aren't you, Chief? Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> 50, that was the most sincere I've ever been. <laughs> fifty-two minutes. Fifty-two minutes. I think this is a new record before we got the good pop band pop, Jake. You're probably right. I. I <laughs> We'll have to fact check that. We'll have to get Johannes on it. Yeah, we'll have to check that. Maybe we went 54 minutes one time. You want to stretch this out a couple more? You want to vamp a little bit more, Rebecca? You want to ask Ryan what he's into again? No, because I'm forgetting to <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. 
right, hey, we are back. It is now time for Good Pop, Bad Pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. Uh, The guy that looks up the stuff for Joe Rogan, his name's Josh, I believe. (laughs) Josh. All right. You're going to put him out of a fucking job, Ryan. <laughs> That's my goal. Yeah, he's going to be in the unemployment line. He's going to be, fuck you, Ryan. You're going to be his Newman. <laughs> Man, is Ryan going to leave us for Rogan? Never, guys. You guys got me first. Oh, I would. I'd leave us for Rogan. <laughs> yeah, in a heartbeat, right? <laughs> I'm gone. Ryan, you can take over You can take over this dumpster fire of a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, guys, I want to give us uh, we haven't talked. We didn't talk about it last week, but I want to give an update on my experience with watching Perpetual Grace Limited on Epics. So, Ryan, I know that you've been watching this as well. Rebecca, I know you're watching it. Jake, you need to get on it. I'm telling you, it's fantastic. But Perpetual Grace Limited. Uh, Rebecca, I know. Are you are you through the four episodes now? Yeah, I caught up uh Thursday night, I believe. Yeah, I, I caught up on Thursday, so I've seen all four. Nice, Ryan. Are you through the four? No, I'm at three. At three, I uh, I'm in love with the show, Rebecca. Oh, me too. Oh my god, this character New Leaf is amazing. Um, the the levels that we are getting from all of these characters, the depth, um, the twists and turns that it's taking. Is just and the way that it's shot and the dialogue. Mm. I love the kid who's the pawn shop kid. Oh God! I put this kid in everything. Oh my God, he's amazing! And like the way that his story is starting to go, like I'm, so, I'm like so worried for him now. Like I'm so worried for his character. Like, I is this kid gonna be okay? Yeah. Like. Uh, it's it's he and I, I don't want to spoil too much because you know people might might still watch but like he's kind of something's happened to him and he's not doing great like health wise and like for sure like Jimmy Simpson's character is exploiting that like mm-hmm. he's exploiting this kid to make him do stuff for him but this kid is in no shape to do it and um and the 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 the, the father uh, Pa who's the preacher. Oh my god, this guy is such a fucking badass. Well, it's Ben Kingsley, everybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ben <clears throat> Kingsley in like a role that I'm just I I would never in a million years have thought he would do something like this, but he's so good in it and I don't know. I love this show. I can't I'm like I'm obsessed with it. I can't stop watching it. Yeah. And I, I love it. I just love it. Epics like literally for just the price of five ninety nine a month, uh it's worth it just for this one show. And and I I think that's crazy for me to say that. I, but for me, the quality of this show is just I'll see if I'll stick around. once Pennyworth hits, I'll see if I stick around and keep the epic subscription. But right now satiating my viewing enjoyment is perpetual grace limited. This show is absolutely fantastic. And, uh, 
I, I want to get Ryan's thoughts here in a second, but here's the thing. Like, do you think that Jimmy, Sim- and I'm just talking about stuff from the first episode. Do you think that Jimmy Simpson's goal in getting his hands on this $2 million is to give it over to the family of the firemen with the 11 kids? I think so. Because he's no other thing has been presented to us in this guy's life that he is even remotely focused on. It's it's all that he. It's the like the first thing we learn about him is this thing from the first episode where the firefighter he's supposed to be training dies and leaving leaves behind eleven children, mm-hmm. and it's like all he can think about. It keeps coming back in yeah. like flashbacks. So. The, the show has told us that this is the thing that's uppermost in his mind. So I think he wants to give that $2 million, um to the kids. And the actual son that he's impersonating, Ma and Pa's son, Paul yeah. Allen Brown, that guy is so shady. Yes. He's got so much stuff going on. And, um, yeah, there's just... There's, I mean, there's depth. These characters are not one-dimensional. They have so much happening. And each episode, you learn more about them. Uh, and yeah. I, I love it. Jackie Weaver in the train. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Oh, my I, God. I just I, mentioned that on a previous uh, podcast of mine, and I thought that that blew my mind. Yeah, let's get your thoughts, Ryan. Talk to me about uh, Perpetual Grace Limited. No, I mean, I, I share very similar, uh, you know, feelings towards it. I, I think the obviously the cast is sensational. Uh, before, you know, this came on and I actually listened to you guys. And the reason I started listening was because of you. Um, I, I didn't even know Epix really came out with really anything halfway decent. I mean, mm. there was no reason for me to sign up. So for them to get a cast, you know, with Ben Kingsley and Jimmy Simpson and Jackie Weaver was just astounding to me to begin with, um, yeah. just the, the budget, you know, alone. Um, but no, it, it's, it's definitely one of those shows where you got to pay attention. Uh, they, they throw a lot at you. Uh, if you leave the room just for a couple minutes and then come back, I, I don't recommend doing that cause you will be thrown off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like every part is very important. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun and I, I can't wait to see where the, uh, are they just getting to episode five now? Is that what it is? Yeah, it'll be episode five coming out tomorrow, Sunday. So, yeah. The, and there's only ten, correct? Yeah, only ten episodes. And that's my next question. Is this going to continue or is this just a one-season thing? Like, is Epic's going to continue with this show? I I don't know what Steve Conrad, the showrunner, had intended for this show. So I feel like it's going to leave us on a cliffhanger, that this is going to come back. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I kind of. Um, but 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 I mean, do you get Ben Kingsley coming back for a second season? You know that that's my number one question right there because I feel like Jimmy Simpson would. Oh sure. But I don't know about Ben Kingsley coming back for a second season. And to be honest, I mean, obviously, it's going to all depend on what the next you know six episodes show us, but. I'm wondering if this might just be a one season complete story. I, um, it could I be. And the Ben Kingsley argument, I will also throw it there. And I know these are com- two completely different actors, but like I never expected that Anthony Hopkins would come back for Westworld season two, but I think that he just loved working with that cast. And I, mm-hmm. Ben Kingsley, like a lot, it, it depends on like what the set feels like, what the reception is. And the critics are loving it. 
the people that are subscribing to Epics and actually watching this show are loving it. And it's is it one of those things where Ben Kingsley would come back and do a second season? Will he pull an Anthony Hopkins here like Anthony Hopkins did with Westworld and come back and do the, do season two? Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. I, I can't predict this. But if they want to give me a second season with this cast and with these characters, I am there. And I will also say this. The opening theme the intro song, like the opening theme song to this, and just the visuals that you get in the opening are my favorite right now in all of TV. I think it is the coolest fucking opener ever. I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, what's great is that the show is is so dark, um, and it's so, but it, but also like in its own way, like very funny and weird. So, like, the opening theme is, like, this light-hearted, sitcom-y, <laughs> like, like, whimsical thing with this astronaut in space. And you're like, what the fuck? And then we, we're starting, like, in episode either three or four, um, I'm not sure which one, we start to get astronaut stuff happening. No, it, that happens from episode one. Yeah, just walking around well, the town. Yeah. Well, no, no, that, but I felt like... Oh, no, 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 I know, I know what you're, you're talking you know about. I'm talking about. Fucking uh, Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite. Yes, that actor yes. is in this um, as... Uh, Efren Martinez, I think his name is. Oh, my um, gosh. Yeah. He is, he plays like, he plays the, um, the county, um, he, he works in the, in the morgue, but in, in Mexico where the parents supposedly, you know, died. And he's the one who like did the d- death certificates. And, and Jimmy Simpson has to track him down to help him with something. And that whole exchange was heartbreaking mm. to me. Mm-hmm. I, I, some of the just great acting, yeah. great storytelling. And I mean, my, my heart was breaking for this guy. And I was just like, he's really going to do this thing to him? Like, yeah. Yeah. And I know I'm being so vague, but I just feel like these are things, these are beats that I feel like I want people to experience for the first time. Yeah. When they, when they watch it, like I want to spoil just enough to get you to watch this show. Right. And like, seriously, I mean, who would have ever thought I'd be, I'd be watching epics. I used to make the same joke. Nobody's watching epics. Who cares? And this show is amazing. Well, I mean, it's the same thing. It's like, who's watching uh, YouTube for original programming other than, like, you know, YouTube stars? And, like, then we get shows like Impulse. We get shows like Cobra Kai. We get shows like Wayne. And, like, now it's like, now they've started something. And I feel like this is the start of something for Epics. And hopefully that'll carry over into Pennyworth because like I'll be honest with you the trailer did not look bad it didn't it didn't look bad I don't necessarily think that it has to be set in the Batman universe like this could have been a completely separate thing but like epics is a young up-and-comer they've got to get something on there to get people to subscribe to this service and hopefully while they're there uh, you know, watching and hopefully enjoying Pennyworth, they're also going to be like, oh, well, what is, what else does this, uh, this uh, station have to offer this network? Oh, they've got, they've got a show here, uh, with Ben Kingsley and Jimmy Simpson and Jackie Weaver and Luis Guzman. Oh, and they've got a show with Walton Goggins. I, I haven't even started that one. So, you know, there's a, there's a whole show with Walton Goggins who I fucking love and he's on an Epics original. So we'll see. I, I am, uh, I am, Every week, Rebecca, like this is at the top of my list of things to watch. Perpetual Grace LTD. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I I couldn't agree more. I had to catch up because I had a couple of weeks where I was just super busy on the weekends, and then like Thursday, I came home from work and I was like, I am gonna catch up because I am I I, I do not want to fall behind you know, too much on the show. I don't want to hear your bullshit. <laughs> All right, my friend. <laughs> I'm, I'm Rebecca. I'm I drinking know. vodka. Forgive I me. Know. Forgive me. I'm I'm no. No, I get it. Life, <laughs> life gets in the way. You know what? Life gets in the way sometimes. There's been times where I've raved about a show and then I will not watch it for weeks. And then, then, you know what? It's almost satisfying watching like two, three episodes in a row sometimes. It's very fun. Oh yeah, I, I totally agree. I totally yeah. agree. Uh, let's see, uh, I, uh, finished, uh, Too Old to Die Young, the, uh, uh, Nicholas Winding Refn. Amazon Prime show written by Nicholas Winding Refn of Drive fame, of the Neon uh, Demon fame, of uh, Brian has a speech impediment, can't get words out correctly, fame. God, I'm fucking up everything. Use your words, Brian. I know. I'm like all over the place. But um, And then also uh, Ed Brubaker, comic book writer Ed Brubaker helped uh, write this. Uh, This is one, I finished it. It all... All fucking ten episodes. This is a wild, fucking weird show. Has anybody else started this? No, this was the one you could watch in any order, supposedly. Yeah, yeah. yeah nobody, I, I have not yet. Me I, neither. But it's it's on the list. It, yeah, yep. I don't know, guys. I mean, like, I this is going to be a very divisive show as far as like people watching and enjoying it. And, um, I absolutely loved this show. This, like, it was just made for me. I, I, I absolutely loved it. And, um, some crazy elements are introduced into the end of episode eight. And then that is explored more in episode nine. And, um, stuff that I would never have dreamed would show up in these episodes. And then the final episode is like 30 minutes and, um, very satisfying ending to this series. If it, if it, if it is, if it ends, if they don't come back with a season two, it was a very satisfying ending for me. But, uh, yeah, Miles Teller stars in this one. Billy Baldwin. He goes by William now. Remember when he was young, young and spunky? Oh, he's all grown up now. All grows up. He's all grown up and he goes by William. But he, well, back, <laughs> I, yeah, he's Billy to me. You're Billy to me. You're Billy Baldwin. He's- Always Billy Baldwin, You're, William, whatever. Did, remember, <laughs> uh, did you remember Backdraft? Remember Billy Baldwin and Backdraft? Yeah, I remember. That's a that's a great movie. Did you know I they just they just came out with Backdraft too? Oh, was that direct to video BS? I think it is, man. I oh. saw it. I, I saw it like somewhere. <laughs> I saw, I think I was checking out the Just Watch app, and I was like, "Best." I was like, "Backdraft two? What the fuck?" And then I was at Walmart, and I was looking at some of the new releases, and. Uh, they had it on the shelves there, uh, Backdraft Two. I was like, oh, and you could buy it with the, with Backdraft. So it was like they, you know, they, like but they give you the two movies, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Does it have William Baldwin in it? That was that was my question. Is in Backdraft Two, I don't know. In yeah, Backdraft Two, did he die in the first one? I mean, I that doesn't stop him in a direct video sequel. No, Actually, he is in it. Just to let you know. Oh wow! <laughs> Thank you, Josh. I'm going to start calling you Josh from the Rogan podcast. <laughs> yeah, playing Brian McCaffrey. Brian McCaffrey. Yeah, I think, what, wasn't it Kurt Russell's character who died in that movie? Probably. Correct. Yeah. Does, it, does Backdraft 2 have like a tagline? 
Uh, no, as far as like, yeah, Backdraft 2, uh, even hotter or something, you know what I mean? Yeah, back to the fire. Back to the fire. <laughs> back, so it's not Backdraft 2, Electric Boogaloo? That's a, that's a missed opportunity. <laughs> Big time. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, I, I used to think it was so cool, the firemen sliding down those poles when I was a kid. You know? Why don't you think it's cool anymore? It's, it's, I don't know. Like, it's, uh... Do they do that? Do, is that a thing that happens in firehouses now? Is that a thing? Do people do yeah, they right. do that? I think Ghostbusters helped with that a bit too, right? They made it kind of cool as well. Well, yeah, of course. They, you know, Dan Aykroyd's character had child childlike wonderment when it came to that fucking pole. Can you, <laughs> can you imagine Dan Aykroyd now trying to go down one of those poles? <laughs> yeah, fucking. Just wait for the new Ghostbusters. Movie. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I he would hurt himself. He might even hurt the pole. <laughs> just be all around hurt, hurt yeah. for everybody. I know. I just I want to see that video and then have somebody like fucking like uh, loop uh, uh, Johnny Cash's hurt or Nine Inch Nails or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> just keep replaying the moment where he hits the ground. Exactly like that. Uh, like that Scarlett Johansson falling on the ground picture. <laughs> you guys seen that? That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, it's hilarious. I wanted to, I wanted to throw that picture up on Facebook and say, yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> behind the scenes photo from Black Widow movie, and just like, <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen that picture, uh, maybe Wednesday on the on the uh, Pop Culture Leftovers Facebook page, I'll post it on there. So, um, let's talk about uh, the Midway trailer. This trailer. Uh, recently just came out this week. Uh, Lionsgate, AGC Studios, and Centropolis Entertainment have released the first trailer for the Day After Tomorrow and Independence Day director Roland Emmerich's upcoming war movie, Midway, opening in theaters on November 8th. Uh, the true story deals with the Battle of Midway, a turning point in the Pacific theater of World War II and follows the heroic and harrowing exploits of the soldiers and aviators who achieved the unbelievable to turn the tide of the war. Uh, it stars Patrick Wilson, Woody Harrelson, Luke Evans, Mandy Moore, Aaron Eckhart, Darren Chris, uh, Nick Jonas, Dennis Quaid, Alexander Ludwig, Kian Johnson, and Tadanobu Asano. Uh, the screenplay was by uh, Wes Took, who... Uh, uh, did some writing for the uh, USA show Colony, a show that I really enjoyed. Um, I'm going to start off here real quick, and I love these kind of movies. Um, I understand that it's Roland Emmerich, but I'll be honest with you, as far as like my excitement level for what I saw in this trailer, the visuals, the just just the um, the way the, the sound of the planes. Uh, just this just looks incredible to me like this is a theater experience like this is what you go to the theater for like this is what IMAX is made for everything here looked gorgeous like from the beginning scene like Emmerich does great trailers in my opinion the movies not, not always are great he's done some great movies but the movies aren't always great but like as far as like trailers go I think it, it, Roland Emmerich made some great trailer had some great trailers coming out and uh, I don't know about this movie in the long run how it's going to be like cuz I thought Pearl Harbor was a shit movie. I did not like Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor came hot off the heels of uh 
Titanic. I felt like they were trying to do kind of like the same kind of like formula as Titanic. And uh, it just did not work for me. This trailer, though, like it worked for me. The action is just looks incredible. These planes look gorgeous. Um, it just made me want to see this in the theater more. Now, whether the movie itself is going to be, you know, a Tupperware at the end of the day, I, I have no idea. But this trailer really got me excited, and uh, it sold me a ticket. So I'm going to give it a Tupperware. I, I am hoping and praying that this is a great movie. I do I think that it's going to be like the next fucking, you know, Band of Brothers on HBO or the next like Saving Private Ryan? No, I don't. But man, I hope it. I hope it comes close because it looks really good. Rebecca, what did you think about Midway? Yeah, I also do uh, love World War II films. Um, it's one of my favorite genres to watch. Um, and yeah, I, I get it. Like Roland Emmerich, who, who knows? I, I thought the first Independence Day movie, though, I, I think it's enjoyable. I, I mean, I don't think it's like, you know, I don't think it's like, you know, cr- Criterion Collection or anything. But I think it's a fun movie to watch. Even today, I would watch it and enjoy it. Um this this definitely did get me excited. I'm not going to lie. I watched this trailer and I was like, oh, my God. And the cast is like mm. insanely stacked. Like pa- Patrick Wilson looks like he is like fucking in command of like all these situations. He's like, Washington is wrong. Like, it's I know it's all this his rank, stuff. his rank in the military should be king shit of fuck mountain. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And I, I I enjoy Patrick Wilson. I think he's mm, a really good I actor. I like uh, pretty much all of his stuff that he's done overall. Um, yeah, I'm also going to Tupperware this trailer. I don't know, again, as you said, the movie could be shit and the trailer could be amazing. Mm-hmm. But just the trailer itself, I Tupperware it. I think it's, it got me very excited. And I had the same thought. I said, oh, man, I, I got to watch this movie in IMAX. Yeah. Like, because I, it just looks like an IMAX experience to me. You got you to understand, like, I'm the guy that, like, supported Lucas with the movie Red Tails. And I walked, I, I walked out of Red Tails actually enjoying the film because that's... I I love these types of movies. I love aviation films. I, I there's something about hearing these these old World War Two, you know, the, uh, these fighter pilots and these and these. It's just you you don't get these types of movies every day. And so I, I don't know. I have a soft spot for it. And um, but uh, Jake, what did you think? Yeah, um, I was nodding my head a lot for what you guys were saying. I, I also Tupperware this trailer. I was pretty blown away by it. Um, the sights and sound and it just looked absolutely visually stunning um the first time i watched it i watched it on my phone and right after it finished i went to my tv Mm. and watched it on the big screen because i just needed to see it just blown up and see if it was you know sometimes you watch something on your phone and you're like ah these special effects look really good and then you see them in the theater and you're like oh that looks way shittier than i thought it did and no this looked just as good on my tv as it did on my phone and yeah just such great sound mixing in this trailer um i love a quick snappy trailer I, this this thing came in under two minutes um yeah i mean it's a roland emmerich movie so jury's out if the yeah. final product is going to be a tupperware but i mean this is i agree this is basically a perfect trailer yeah, it's a great trailer um ryan if you don't agree i mean what's no i'm kidding ryan what, <laughs> <laughs> ryan uh no honestly like like i i love it when pe- don't don't feel peer pressure like like, uh, 
That's I, I love. I just love genuine opinions. That's I think that's Jake. That's why I think you're like the perfect co-host. I really do. Like me and you, we'll just we we don't fucking try to bend over backwards for each other. We, you know what I mean? Oh, I I agree. If I if I love something and you hate it, it's it, we're not trying to hurt, help someone out and right. vice versa. Yeah, Ryan, what did you? Uh, so here we go. Moment of truth, <laughs> Ryan. What did you think, man? Well, uh, you know what? I'm going to give it a high taste it just right off the bat. Um, I agree with everything you guys were saying. I love aviation movies. I think they are, you know, a huge um, uh, they're definitely one of those movies that you want to see in the, you know, on the big screen. You want to get the surround sound. You mm. you not only want to hear the planes fly by, you want to hear the, you know, the, the planes firing and, you know, whizzing by you to get that full experience. But you know, I'm going to be very interested to see how you get all these big name actors to coexist with each other. And, and so within that realm, that's the only reason I'm not Tupperwareing it. Um, there's very little, you know, directors that could take that many stars and really make it organic and make it feel, uh, you know, unique and, and special. So I'm really going to have to wait until I actually go and see it um, to give, you know, a full rating. I, I think the trailer was beautifully done. I mean, it, it was it was great. It was very entertaining. Uh, I do love the actors. But, yeah, I, I think I'm going to just stick with a high taste it. That's fair. That's fair. You know, it's one of those things, though. Roland Emmerich has worked with ensemble cast before. Uh, Independence Day, I know, Rebecca, you're not, like, uh, revering it. You're not uh, – but that movie, it – it had legs and it, it, and, and people still talk about it. And it's, uh, for me watching it the first time, I, I loved it. I thought it was great, but it wasn't like my favorite movie ever. It wasn't like in the nineties, there's movies that like, there's movies in the nineties that fucking just changed me. Like in the way that I view film and the way that I enjoy, you know, movies coming out even today and like, you know, Terminator two and I would throw, uh, the matrix into that as well. But, oh, yeah. uh, Independence mm-hmm. Day, I wouldn't put quite on that level, but it was, it made its impact. So we'll see. I mean, that's a fair point, Ryan. We'll see how he works with this ensemble cast. It's gonna be, I'm telling you though, it's, when you got a name like Woody Harrelson in your movie, it's hard to, I, I, I guess it's hard to fuck up. You know, I guess, uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, post-credit scene in Venom, he wasn't the best, but, <laughs> but other than, like, 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 uh, the, th- I thought, Jake, I'm telling you, I, th- I think he was a fantastic villain in that, uh, third Matt Reeves, um, Planet of the Apes film. He was really good in oh, that. He was amazing in that film. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he could do it. I was excited to see Mandy Moore in here, too. And she hasn't been doing yeah. much work. It's well, cool. she, she's back. Yeah, Mandy Moore. Yeah. Well, she, she's doing TV right now. She's, oh, she's um, on the This Is Us. Train, the, the, this right? Is Us, yeah, which is like incredibly hugely popular. So, I mean, I think she's, I, I think film wise, she hasn't done a ton, but mm. she is steady on TV. All right. I forgot about that show. I kind of gave up after three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Jake was like, that was us. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hey, I, I would I would read a Wikipedia page on that show. That's where I'm at with it. You know what I what I just wanted to say about um, Independence Day, real quick. For me, like that's the movie that if I'm home mm. and I'm channel surfing and Independence Day is on, I'm 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 putting down the remote and I'm gonna watch it. Like I I I may not run out and buy it. Like I may not like buy the physical copy or buy the download. But if it's on, I'm gonna watch it and I'm gonna enjoy it. And I think like 
Will Smith is very like he's he's great in that movie. Judd Hirsch. You know, Will, Judd oh, yeah, fucking Hirsch. Hirsch. Judd Hirsch yeah. is awesome in that movie. Uh, you know, small role, but like Brent Spiner is great in that movie. Like and and like the stuff that happened. The Goldblum. Huh? The Goldblum. Yes. Harvey Firestein. <laughs> Harvey Firestein Harvey, yeah. Harvey, Harvey, Harvey Harvey or Harry Firestein? Harvey Firestein. That, that was Harvey. Yeah, okay. Um, wow, Rebecca I, I almost like, said Harvey Weinstein there. Oh, God, no. <laughs> didn't say. Fuck that guy. He's permanently canceled. Um, <laughs> you know what? The, the best thing about the, the, the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, one of the great things about the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood trailers is that it doesn't have the Weinstein company uh, in the trailer at all anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Damn. nice to see that gone from the yeah. Tarantino library. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Rebecca. I cut you off there. Oh, no, no. I mean, just like all the people that are in that movie, like, give really great performances. Mm-hmm. Harry Connick Jr. is in it. He's, he's very, I think him and Will Smith had great chemistry as best friends. Um, yeah, like, that's an enjoyable movie. And, like, when, when Bill Pullman gives that speech, like, I wanted to run out and join the yes. fucking army and be like, yeah, I'm fighting for my country. Like, I was, yeah, like, that, that movie is a, fun movie to watch and it's fun to watch on independence day obviously and i'm sure somebody will be running it and i'll watch it you know so yeah it's i I think it's an enjoyable movie i I also did not care for pearl harbor terribly oh god it was terrible okay but i didn't there are people who like love that movie like revere it i don't think it's that yeah it's uh people (laughs) that love like looking at you know young baby face affleck yeah, I I like that movie was like all about the that bullshit love story yeah, and not enough yeah. about like the actual events, which is what I was more interested in. So Agreed yeah, like completely. yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Like like this trailer, at least from what I can see, it's got like the love interest stuff, which you have to have some of that, especially World War Two, like all those guys who had sweethearts back home, kind of stuff. But I feel like there seems to be, at least in the trailer, focusing more on the action of, like, what happened at Pearl Harbor and what happened at the Battle of Midway. And that, to me, is more interesting than whatever bullshit love story Affleck was having. With a movie like Titanic, you have to have that love story in there, in my opinion. If you don't have the love story in there, you're just... It doesn't work. Well, let's just watch a documentary about the Titanic. Exactly. The the, the love story makes makes that movie... Like on another level, right. because you're you're making it such a huge tragedy, so personal. Mm-hmm. And but like World War Two stuff is like, if you're not focusing on those epic battles, why are we even watching this movie mm-hmm. then? Because that was the whole point. Like, why why did they set Captain America in in World War Two? Because it's it's epic. This was epic battles, fighting. You know, uh, even in like the. Especially like 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 the aerial stuff and the hand to hand stuff, but like th- this movie looks like it's going to do it right. I hope it does. I hope it, it does too. So it's still awesome. Roland Emmerich though, so it's like I yeah. I think this trailer it got me fucking excited. I thought, in, in my honest opinion, I thought it was a perfect trailer as far as like getting my excitement level up there. If I'm a casual viewer, just seeing this trailer, a casual viewer that uh, enjoys a good World War Two movie. And uh, not knowing anything about Roland Emmerich, I'm seeing this trailer and saying, wow, they, you know, I'm, I'm turning to somebody and saying, yeah, we should come back and see this. This looks like this looks like a damn good. Oh, it's got Woody Harrelson in it, too. All right. I'm there. So I, I thought it looked really fucking good. Yeah, best part. One of the best scenes in Independence Day is uh, Will Smith 
pulling that alien out of his ship, punching him in the face, and then proceeding to smoke a cigar Scott Shooty style. Yeah, great. <laughs> oh man, you guys revere Independence Day way more than me. I Jake, think it's mostly garbage. It's it's there's something. It's not when I first watched it, I didn't think it was the best movie I've ever seen. It's just the impact that it had on everybody, and it's it. I, I put it up there with Armageddon. Like it's it's an Armageddon type movie where yeah. you know I put it up there kind of like with Armageddon. That's kind of like where it is for me. It's 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 Will Smith '90s at his best. You know, Will Smith made that fucking movie. He had so much charm, so much personality. Like Rebecca said, I agree with her wholeheartedly. Bill Paxton's speech, absolutely incredible. And um, not Bill Paxton. What's his name? Bill I always, Pullman. Bill Pullman. Bill I can, Pullman. I always yeah. confuse those two. Um, so, yeah, I... Uh, I I don't it's like I said it's not my upper echelon but it's 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 one of those movies from the 90s that I think had a cultural impact that people still talk about that that people oh, have, no argument there have tried to replicate yeah. I understand that it, but for me it's not like one of those movies that I revere and love but there's things that I do love about it I even enjoyed Randy Quaid's stupid fucking character you know what I no. mean? Yeah. And I, no, I, I, get I don't it. know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did. Like the he's whole. Like, eh, he's the like whole, okay for me. I'm not. I'm not big on. He's the a fucking lunatic in real life. I get it. But the character himself, being a drunk and getting the redemption for like he was the guy that believed in aliens that saw him, and here he finally gets his redemption, and now he's like this one fucking drunk. He, like everybody, like, he turned into a drunk because of like the treatment that he got from people and him. You know, he was the, they viewed him as the town lunatic. And just the fact that he was the one that, uh, that saved, that sacrificed, sacrificed himself to save everybody. I just thought was, was good. I thought, I thought he played the part well. Like I, I enjoyed him also in the National Lampoon's movies. Like this is back when I liked Randy Quaid. I, the guy's fucking nut. He's a fucking oh, nut. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed yeah. him in the National Lampoon's yeah. movies for sure. Cousin Eddie. Yeah, definitely. But I, I, you know, I, I thought he was, I thought he was fun in these movies too. I liked his character, but I mean, you know, that was, I was looking through it at a, uh, fucking, how old was I? Eight, 17, 18, 19? I was looking through that, through that lens, you know? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, I remember. I remember seeing this thing opening night. Yeah. All right. Rebecca, I want to talk to you about what your good pop, bad pop is this week. Okay, cool. Um, I've got a few quick things, and then I know there's some stuff that uh, you watch, too. Um, I watched two stand-up specials on Netflix. I watched Adam Devine has a Netflix special right now. Yeah. Uh, I, I best need time to, of our lives. I need to get on that one. I've been it's, – it's, it's, I clicked it on my list, and I still haven't watched it. I, I need to watch that one. Oh, man. It is – Hilarious! I I I Tupperware it. It is so funny. Um, he talks a lot about you know being on Pitch Perfect and being on Workaholics and um, and he he tells like really silly jokes and then he's like stupid. Yeah, that's stupid. Like it, it's he's like so self aware of how silly he is. I, I love that. He's very self deprecating in that way. Um, he's got some really funny stories about puberty. Like boy, how, boys, how they handle it, and girls, how they handle it. Um, it's about like his dad being like totally not PC. It's mm -hmm. it's very funny. It's hilarious. I Tupperware that one. Um, I also watched Joe Coy's Netflix special, Coming in Hot. Um, 
that's another Tupperware. I, I love Joe Coy. I think he's very, very funny. His, his comedy, um, cause he's half Filipino, half white. His comedy is mostly about his Filipino mom. So he's got like some really great accents that he does. Um, I feel like, and, and you don't have to be like, I'm not saying his comedy is so specific that if you're not familiar with the culture, like you, you just won't get these jokes. I think that they're incredibly broad spanning in the sense of like, he talks about stuff that a lot of people can relate to. Um, but he, I mean, he like makes the joke that how he's like all the Filipinos in the audience, they're probably all nurses. Like he, he makes like those kind of jokes <laughs> about his own culture. Um, and he, he talks a lot about stereotypes about how like there's always a kernel of truth to a stereotype, but he does it in a very like loving, um, funny way. And he like starts making jokes about like stereotypes for like, black guys about how like how big they are and then like right in the front row there's some black guy and he's like oh my god i'm so sorry like i he just and then he kind of comes back to the guy several times in the special but like it's never done like you know maliciously or anything um if, if you're a fan of joe coy like if you know his stuff um this is like more of what he's uh really done and um he's I don't know. I, I love his comedy. I, that, that's also a Tupperware for me. Um, and then I watched, uh, also on Netflix, I watched the first episode of Mr. Iglesias. That's the new show from Gabriel Iglesias. Anybody else check it out? No. no I hadn't even heard of this. Yeah, uh -huh. and I haven't gotten a chance. Yeah, um, so this is, if you know who he is, he's a, a stand-up comedian. He is Mexican-American. Um, he's kind of a bigger dude, and he calls himself fluffy rather than, like, fat or... or it's, like, his thing. Um, I, uh, so he, it's his show. He's the main character. He's a high school teacher. Sherry Shepard is in this. She's the, she's the principal. Um... I got to be totally honest with you. Um, I watched 10 minutes of this and I could not watch any more. It is, it was terrible. They have this, um, they have this like fake laugh track in it and it is so annoying. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's fake canned laughter. It is terrible. And the jokes are for me. I, I'm not a huge fan of the comedy here. Um, he made one joke that I really laughed at, and then that was it. All the characters on the show are very, you know, here's the hot young teacher who all the other teachers are after. Here's the jaded teacher who uh, gambles at the racetrack. Here's the tough but loving principal. You know, here's the really smart girl, but she's got a dark secret. And it's like, uh, it's, it's not for me. I've seen people uh, rave about it online. Uh, for me, though, it's it, I toss it. Hey, it's not funny. Can we just watch old reruns of Head of the Class? You should w watch Head of the Class. Watch Saved by the Bell. It's going to be funnier than this was for me. Who was your who, who was your favorite on Head of the Class? Oh, um. I forget the character's name, but the actress's name was Ioni Sky. Tall, thin, redhead, long hair. Nah, Simone? I like Simone. Oh, give me a fucking break. <laughs> oh, sorry. You asked me a question. I told you an answer. I love fucking Captain Simone. Simone. I gave you an answer. Get out of here. <laughs> 
fucking Simone. Eric, her, Eric, her boyfriend was badass. No, if you're gonna go with the uh, with the with the girl on that show, you got to go with Richard Pryor's daughter. I don't remember her character. Is that Darlene? Yeah. Uh, what was her character's fucking name? Yeah. <laughs> Josh, look it up. <laughs> Oh man, I haven't seen Head of the Class in forever. Is that the, streaming anywhere? Head of the Class, did you like it with the uh, WKRP guy or the uh, fucking guy from Scotland? I like WKRP guy better. You know, I was a fan of the second teacher, the Scottish guy, a little bit more than the WKRP. Howard Hesteman, that's the actor's name, I think. You know what's funny then, is I, I go to IMDb and I look this up and I've already given the show a 10 out of 10. <laughs> somewhere somewhere in my <laughs> somewhere in my life I'm not surprised I have gone to the head of the class IFDP page and given it a 10 out of 10 it currently sits at a 6.6 guys oh and I also loved uh, let's see here what was it the the nerdy guy Dan Frischman he played Arvid yeah he was great oh Arvid was great okay Rain Pryor it was the was Richard yeah. Pryor's daughter, who was on that show. I thought she was really good. When the show got her, she was fantastic. When she was fantastic on that show. Fucking Simone. Sorry. I mean, that's what Billy Connolly was the second teacher. He was the, he was the Scottish guy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is stupid. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca, what else you got for us? I, I got, uh, let's see here. I did watch. The first episode of Euphoria on I, HBO. Yeah, I watched uh, the first two episodes of this show, Rebecca. Oh, I thought you weren't going to. Okay. Well, here's okay. the thing. Can I explain why I watched this show? Um, I saw who the uh, showrunner was. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and then you were intrigued? I could not like not watch this like it's fucking sam levinson the director and uh writer for assassination nation like which was one of my favorite movies from 2018 and i was just like because the content the subject matter was really kind of like am i who how can i watch this these young kids doing all these bad things. How can I watch this? Like, how can I, how can I watch this? And then, then I looked, you told me you were going to watch it. And so I, I looked into it a little bit and I saw this fucking Sam Levinson from Assassination Nation. Am I the only one who's seen Assassination Nation on this podcast? I have not, I have seen, not it. seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Rebecca? I don't think I have. Guys, get on Hulu. You can get on Hulu right now. No, don't leave him right now. I, I got a podcast with you guys for the next. Yeah, few I'll hours. see you in two hours. Man. <laughs> but <laughs> it's called Assassination Nation. Sam Levinson did it last year. This is one of my favorite movies of 2018. So Rebecca, I had to watch this, but I want to hear about your experience with this show. Yeah, I um, I watched it. I I mean, I knew about it. I'd heard a lot of controversy about it. Um, you know, I talked to uh, Melissa, who you've had on, of course, several times from the Wild Pretty Things podcast. We had a whole conversation about it. Um, yeah, so, like, this show uh, is about teenagers who are drinking, taking drugs. They are fucking each other like crazy, um, which in of itself, I guess, like, you could make the argument that, like, well, teenagers will do those things. Like, what's 
so shocking, quote unquote, about it. Um, Teenagers gonna fuck. I mean, they do, right? I mean, that's what they kind of do. Um, I will say this. I mean, Zendaya is like the big name in this. Um, she plays the main character, Rue. Um, but also uh, the girl who plays her younger sister, Storm Reed, she was Meg mm-hmm. in A Wrinkle in Time. Yeah, the who I, David yeah. DuVernay movie. Yeah. I loved her in that. Um, Eric Dane is in this show. He was on Grey's Anatomy. He played McSteamy for those that watch Grey's Anatomy. Um, and the cast is very diverse. I will give them that. Like, there's a lot, there's a lot of like, um, there's a people of different, there's lots of people of, of different colors, which I think is, can we talk, oh my God, can we talk about Hunter Schaefer a little bit? The Jules. Oh, she's, um, she's great. She's like, in my opinion, the breakout star of this fucking show. I, I have to agree with you. She, um, her performance was very compelling in in this first episode. So in, in this first episode, real quick, Rue, who's played by Zendaya, we meet her that she's coming out of rehab, right? And she's 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 a teenager. I think she's a junior or senior. Um basically like we get this backstory on her where like her parents took her like to these all these doctors because she like was fidgety and like didn't do well in school and acted out and um, she had, she was, uh, what was she, bipolar? She well, they, was, they said that she might be bipolar, ADHD. I mean, the, the, the doctor is spitting out all of these, like, diagnoses, but like, oh, but we're not sure because she's so young. Mm-hmm. But then they, they have her on this regimen of pills from a very young age. Uh, and she's taking, like, you know, a bunch of pills a day to help her. When it's like we saw early on that it might be that this kid could be just a freaking genius or at least focused on other things. And now they're just medicating her right away. So she grows up taking all these pills. Then she becomes a drug addict. Then she's, you know, alcoholic and she does all of this stuff. She goes to rehab to, like, please her parents. But then she comes out. And she has no intention of remaining clean. Like, the first thing she does is, is go and buy drugs. Like, she's like, yeah, I went to rehab, but, like, whatever. She's right away, right back in that world. Um, and then there is a lot, there is an excessive amount of toxic masculinity in this show. It is very disturbing. It's very hard for Rebecca, me to watch. Rebecca, Sam Levinson is 100% against toxic masculinity. That's, the show has not played out enough for in my opinion, no, no. to like, that's that like when you watch Assassination Nation, like that's the movie that you need. It's like, that's what sold me on this fucking show is Assassination Nation. Like this guy is the guy who, in my opinion, I'm I'm sorry, I'm gonna let you finish and 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 everything. I apologize, but um, this is he introduced that trans a, trans um actor uh, Hari Naf in uh, Assassination Nation, and he's doing it again here with uh, Hunter Schaefer playing Jules, and um, like. Yeah, it's 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 gonna show a lot of toxic masculinity, and this may be where you're going with it, but it's gonna show it in a negative light in in the end. Like that's this. Oh God, I oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm gonna shut the fuck up. But. No, no, it's totally fine. Like, and and certainly, like, I'm not familiar enough with this with this showrunner's work for me to say anything about like, oh, well, his previous stuff. You know, blah blah blah. But I mean, in the sense of, and I'm, I'm imagining that as the show goes on, um, we will see 
consequences to this toxic masculinity or we will see some sort of comeuppance. Mm. I hope so. But like just from watching the first episode and it's, it's just uncomfortable to watch because you have these boys who are basically are like the, the definition of toxic masculinity of where they're like, all girls are sluts. All girls are, you know, all girls fucking want it. Um, you know, no can easily be a maybe or a yes. And, um, all girls are porn stars at heart. Like they just all want you to shove their dick in them. What and is that clicking so, noise? You hear that clicking noise? What the fuck is I that? Hear it. Yeah, uh, sh- somebody's shuffling some- a deck of cards. We got a fucking uh, blackjack dealer over there. What's going on? I, all I know is that there's uh, fireworks happening. Oh, okay. Oh. That, that that could be it. <laughs> all right, uh, celebrate. We talked about Independence Day. Go ahead and celebrate. I suppose. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going on too long about this, but I, I just in, in the first episode, and I'm not saying that, like, there won't be, like, a full circle of stuff here. I'm just saying that it's hard to watch because you're watching these boys talk about girls and women and treating them certain ways, and it's very hard to watch. Um, it made me uncomfortable, but that also, I think, is probably the point of it, to make you uncomfortable and to show you things that are going to um, make you feel a certain way. There is also full frontal male nudity in this show, which is pretty surprising. Like, we see Eric Dane, like, totally erect in the first episode. And I was like, oh, this is a thing that's happening? Okay. It's a, come on. Um, it's a natural yeah. thing. All right. I, I know it's natural. <laughs> I'm just... You're not, you know, there's always that, it's always the other way around. Uh, like, yeah. No one's got problems showing full frontal female nudity, but. I know. Male nudity is like, whoa. Hey, it's our, it's our fucking time, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> it's our fucking time. You've I'm had taking it. taking away your happy time. Be happy. Be no. It's fine. You guys have, you, you guys have been able to, you know, flaunt, you know, your body parts and your genitalia and look, we're gonna, you know, even those are, ours look more disgusting, we're gonna, it's our time now. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not stopping you, Just by like, the way. Just uh, like Sean Astin and Goonies, it's our time down here, as uh, he points down to his penis. Fine. It's our Whatever. time. But, yeah, I mean, like, what what, what did you – I mean, you, you've seen more than I have. I only watched the first episode. Yeah. And, like, after the first episode, I, like, had to turn it off and, like, watch a cartoon because it was, it was deep, heavy stuff. <laughs> Like, I needed like a break. <laughs> I think I think you're at a disadvantage going into this show, and like everything I had heard about this show, I was like, oh my god, I do not want to watch this. The subject matter it just it makes me cringe. And then when I read that it was Sam Levinson that was doing this show, I was like, okay, this has now piqued my interest. This guy is. You've got to understand. This guy is very, in my opinion, very involved in LGBT. Writes um, because he hires LGBTQ uh, actors in in his projects, like, and he gives, in my opinion, gives them a voice. Like, I know this is very like this show is very amplified and very crazy, and like all these people are doing like really horrible things, Rebecca. But like in Assassination Nation, like all these people do horrible things, and you see all this horrible shit, but they all get their comeuppance. All the people that have done these bad horrible things, um, he gave hard enough like 
a trans actor like this really meaty role in that movie. And he's done it again here with uh, Hunter Schaefer, who I think, in my opinion, this trans actor is like the breakout star of this fucking show in the second episode. Mm-hmm. Once you get to the second episode, you get introduced. I, I, I had, I, as I was talking about this, I, ha- I realized that you haven't gotten to the second episode where, where uh, Hunter Schaefer character of Jules Vaughn is introduced. And um, yes, this sh- this show is no, fucked up. This show's fucked up, Rebecca. It's fucked up. There's kids. No, it is. There's kids but doing is, fucked that, up isn't shit. Jules introduced in the first episode. Isn't that the girl who comes to town? Like she's like the new girl. Yeah, is she in the first episode? I, well, I watched. Yeah, I, okay. she, she features heavily. She's the Fair one enough. who meets up with Eric Dane. <sighs> and they have yeah the, that happened in the first. See, I watched these back to back, so yeah, I, I that, that happened in the first episode okay. where they had the encounter in the hotel room. Oh, it's not until the second episode where she really becomes friends with um, Zendaya's character. Okay, okay, my bad. I apologize, but yeah, I'm mixing up. My, I, I watched them back to back, so they kind of just blend. But um, Sam Levinson, in my opinion, in, like I, Assassination Nation for me was. Yeah, it's gonna trigger fucking people. It's gonna fucking trigger them. But man, I, I there's something about that movie. I I fucking loved it. And like again, in this movie, in this show, this is just it takes like a lot of like what Sam Levinson did in Assassination Nation. But it's so far, it's taken out like the hyper violence. Like there is violence in the second episode, but it's taken out a lot of the hyper violence. It might go that way as the series progresses. But, um, and there, there are things that happen in this that make me very uncomfortable, Rebecca, but I have faith in Sam Levinson to shine a light on, on this kind of shit. Cause <laughs> I, I have faith in this guy. I, I really fucking do. And, um, uh, I don't think that there's not a lot of, um, there's not a lot of showrunners out there that are casting trans actors. Right. And you got a guy like Sam Levinson that's had making the effort to do that, making yeah. the effort and in, in doing that. And then also in this show, showing you how fucked up it is for a person, a, a trans person to to try to make a connection with somebody because they feel like they have to do it underground and like they never know what they're getting into and like who could hurt them. It's like, why can't people just be open and not be so why do they have to like that's the thing it's like the way society treats people because of like how they want to live their life or like who they want to love or how they want to be or how they want to look or like there's a major group of society that treats them like shit and then they're scared to come out and be open and it puts them in dangerous situations like we see in episode one yeah. And it's like if if people could just come out and just say, "Hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm looking for." And people just be accepting of that. Like it doesn't affect you. When you're mm-hmm. fucking sitting down watching your fucking stupid Tim Allen sitcom and watching fucking whatever the fuck you watch on your TV and you're you're spending time with your family, it doesn't affect you what the person across the street is doing. It does not affect you who they come home with or what they do. It doesn't affect you one iota. They're not doing anything to you. And so, like, I think that he's kind of shining a light on this stuff. And I think it's going to grab your attention here at first, Rebecca. And it really did with me, too. But I know it's Sam Levinson, and I'm I'm really hoping 
that by the end of, I, I Tupperware this. I Tupperware Sam Levinson's. It's bold. It's a bold. These mm-hmm. are, these are, this is a bold show. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, there, there, there are moments in this that are hard to watch. Absolutely. But I don't think he's glorifying these people. No, I I don't think he's glorifying them. And and I do understand that there is a difference. Like, you can watch a movie or a show where certain behaviors are glorified. And that to me is like, you know, like that's unacceptable. But then Mm -hmm. you can watch a show that will present things to you, not in a glorifying, glamorizing way, but just be like, hey, these are things that are happening I'm isn't this fucked up? Like, yeah, like showing like, isn't yeah, yeah. this fucked up? Exactly. I, I have to be honest. I am going to, I'm so glad that you talked about it. I'm going to taste the first mm. episode. Um, I'm not going to lie. Again, like I said, it was very hard for me to watch it. Mm. There are, there are two scenes in particular where I like curled up into myself because I thought I was about to watch a girl get raped. And I was like, Oh God. Oh my God. And then, and then the sh- the show will you'll you'll see if you watch it. Um, yeah. So I I I'm gonna taste the first episode. This for me is not something that I can binge. So I uh, it's a lot. I will try to watch the second episode and like take it from there. But I will definitely take your advice and watch Sam Levinson's film Assassination Nation yes. and try to get like a, a a feel for his filmmaking and his the way that he's presenting things. Um, if, if you feel like that's going to help me understand this show better, then I'm, I will definitely do that. I do. I um, really do. And I don't know yeah. if you're going to like that movie or not, but I feel like this guy, I feel like this guy, he wants to expose like he, I, I feel like Sam Levinson wants to expose like how fucked up it is that a not a majority, uh, maybe a majority, yeah, a majority of people, how we make another sect of people feel like and and like what people have to fucking go through. And so I, I, I applaud Sam Levinson for hiring trans actors in his project. I applaud him for doing it again here in Euphoria and uh, kind of, you know, I think he's showing a darker side, but I think he's trying. I think he's tr- trying to show you how fucked up it is. Like it yeah. should not be this way. Yeah, that um, yeah, I I totally get that. Again, I don't feel like the show is glamorizing any of these things. I think it's more just presented for you to watch, um, and see what is happening. So mm. I, I am gonna I am gonna try to watch the next episode. Um, uh, again, like after watch it, please the- watch Assassination Nation first. I will, I will, I promise you, I will watch it. I I will say like after the first episode, like I did need to talk to somebody about what I watched, yeah. like. As I said, like I started texting Melissa. We we texted for like a good ten minutes about because she's seen further than I have too, and we we kind of talked about like what we were feeling, et cetera. And so I, I definitely think th- this is a show that if you do watch it, you probably will want to talk to somebody about it because it is it will invoke those things in you. Well, I'm glad um, that you said that you were going to watch this. I'm glad that I did some searching and saw yeah, that it was Sam Levinson. Absolutely. And here's another I, thing: like this show, like watching. The way Jules is going through tra- Jules, I can just tell like this trans actor in the show just wants to find love, find somebody that loves her. And throughout the whole show, just watching this, it's like I want s- 
just I just want her to like I'm begging for her to find a friend and somebody to just hug her and I feel like she has found a friend now with Zendaya's character and it's like I you know I think good things are going to start happening hopefully to these characters I know other did you, oh did you know that uh Judd Apatow's oldest daughter is in this I did know that yeah. yes she plays she is in this movie in the show excuse me her, um, name, her name's in real life she plays Lexi but her real name is Maud who the fuck names her kid Maud in like the two thousands or whatever? Such an old oh, lady, thing, right? Is, was, um, was it wasn't Maud like was it that was a fucking show? Did you ever watch Maud? Yeah, oh yeah. I did B. too. Arthur. B. Arthur, yeah. That was a good show. That, that was a groundbreaking show because B. Arthur was on that show in the seventies and she played uh, she was already kind of older in the seventies and she there was a whole episode where she got pregnant. Like later in life, yeah. She, she and her husband, she and her husband had a whole talk about it because she already had a grown child, Mm -hmm. and she decided to have an abortion. Yeah, and it was one of the first shows that uh, talked about that in the Mm seventies that Maud had an abortion because she felt like she it was too late in her life to start over raising a kid again and this was like an accident that she got pregnant a mis- like a, a an accident yeah. yeah and so she decided to have an abortion after she and her husband discussed it and it was it's a it's a really good episode like it's i think today it's still worth watching and talking about yeah it's a good episode it's weird like how you go back in the 70s and there was like uh, things that had never been done before on TV and like groundbreaking shit. Do you remember? I think it was, and don't quote me here, but like all in the family when, uh, Sally Struthers and, uh, fuck, what was her? He's a director. Um, Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner. Thank you. Sally Struthers and Rob Reiner when their character had, uh, characters had a child, that baby, that baby came out. It was so popular, that show. That they came out with a baby doll of that baby for kids to play with, like toys. It was oh, wow. the first doll, I think, that was anatomically correct, and that was like a huge deal. Wow. It was the first doll that had like, yeah, that was anatomically correct. And that was like a huge deal back in the day. Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't think it like looked like, you know, I don't know. I never looked at it. I never Hey, Josh. Was it, boy, was it a boy or a girl? Ryan, you want to Google that? Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> it was a girl. It was a girl. It was a girl. You know, the part in Superman where like the, the, the little baby kid lifts up the car and his whole penis is sticking out. Yeah. That's, a, that's, yeah. a, that's a weird thing today, isn't it? <laughs> it's so jarring, right? To like, oh. <laughs> but can you, can you imagine being that kid like today? You know? Oh, that's so embarrassing. It's like when grandma takes out the pictures. How? Oh, yeah. See, that's kind of, it's exactly, Jake. It's, it's, it's like the, here's a, you know, little Johnny, uh, McFucknuts in the tub with his little penis. Those are (laughs) fucked up pictures. That's a fucked up thing. It's like that kid doesn't have like the, the mental awareness at that time to realize that like, by the time he's like 50 or something, millions of people have looked at his juvenile penis. <laughs> <laughs> Million, no, seriously. It's Jake, true, though. I think more people have probably seen that kid's penis than the statue of David's penis. <laughs> you're, yeah, probably, you're probably right. right. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, this is fucked up. Rebecca. <laughs> 
It's this is fucked up conversation. I apologize. Oh. It is. I've, got, I've got one last thing that I saw today. I can do, go right now or, or wait. Let, let someone else go. Fuck want. it. Just go. Okay. La- last thing I watched today is uh, I watched the movie last the, the last black man in San Francisco. Ah, that's you. You people out in New York get everything good first. You really do. It kills me because this I, is a, I know. it's a movie. I've seen the trailer. I saw the trailer for this one uh, at a theater uh, a few months ago. I'm not going to get this one for like two more weeks. It'll finally hit here at the art theater. And I've seen the trailer multiple times now and it looks really good. I want to know what you thought. Yeah, this, this is definitely was on my radar for a good part of this year. And, you know, we might get movies first, but we pay double at the theater to watch them. Believe me. That's true. Um, yeah. So uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco, uh, a young man searches for home in the changing city that seems to have left him behind. And it's written and directed by Joe Talbot, who has not done a ton of stuff. And it's also co-written by Jimmy Fails who stars in the movie as well, who plays a character of the same name, Jimmy Fails. Um, and th- That's kind of like uh, like uh, Tony Danza, always playing exactly, Tony. Exactly, playing mm, a character. Kind of lazy. Tony. And Joey, Joey uh, Lawrence always <laughs> Joey played. Lawrence, Joey yeah. Lawrence, yeah. He always, always played a Joey, Joey, didn't he? Yeah. He was a Joey in Give Me a Break. He was a Joey in Blossom. Mm-hmm. And he was on, uh, he was a Joey well, Melissa and Joey. Joey. Yeah. Probably doesn't yeah. respond to anything else. Like they tried naming him something else. But he, <laughs> he won't even look at the person. Well, that's what happened with uh, Tony Danza. Like when he first started coming up, people like, like casting directors and, and pe- people thought he was too dumb. Like they really thought he was too stupid to respond to not his name. So they always named him Tony because they thought he was like just some dumb guy. It's a true story. He talks about it. That makes me think the Joey Lawrence thing is 100% what's going I, on then. I think they think Joey Lawrence is too dumb to not respond to not Joey. So. I, you know, the yeah. first, I think it's like the first two or three seasons of Who's the Boss are on uh, Crackle for free. Oh, really? Yeah. Angela, oh. Samantha, Mona, <laughs> Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan, <laughs> Angela. <laughs> Samantha, <laughs> Mona, <laughs> Jonathan. <laughs> the Jonathan is killing me. Jonathan. <laughs> Angela, <laughs> Samantha, <laughs> Mona, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. What are you? Uh, 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 oh my God! It's so good. Okay. Tony Danza is not in this movie, by the way, mm, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, uh, Jimmy Fails plays an actor. With the, he plays the character's same name. Um, Jonathan Majors is in this movie as his best friend, Montgomery. He's been in a ton of stuff. He has been in Captive State. He was in White Boy Rick. He was in Hostels. Yeah. Danny, Glo- Danny Glover is in this movie. Yep. He's a very small role as, as a... Um, Montgomery's grandfather. Um, and yeah, do, have- do you remember? Do you remember Montgomery Ward? You remember that story? Oh, sure, the Montgomery Ward catalog. You Montgomery Ward? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, do you, Ryan. Do you remember Montgomery Ward? I do not. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> do you remember Sears Roebuck when it used to be called? Sears oh, Roebuck? fuck! Mm-hmm. That's, 
That's... Again, again, no. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Brian, where'd you find this guy? Do you remember? Uh, <laughs> did you guys? Did you guys have uh, venture stores? Not me. I don't know what that is. I, I've never had that here. Jake, you remember venture? Oh yeah, of course, of course. I got my first fucking futon at venture. That's where I. Uh, it did a, it did a lot of sex in on that food time. Go ahead, Rebecca. Power <laughs> <laughs> to get through this. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I'm drinking vodka tonight. Okay. Listen, I I'm I'm pro vodka, Brian, always. But let me just finish this. I apologize. I I, um, I really do want to hear about this film. So uh, the other actor who's in this, uh, Ross Morgan, plays. Um, Jimmy's father, James Sr., he has been in a lot of stuff. He plays Turk in the Marvel Netflix series. Um, he's in This Is Us. He's been in Stranger Things. What, what uh, Marvel Netflix series? Say, say that again. I'm sorry. You said he plays Turk in the Marvel Netflix series. Which Marvel Netflix series? All, all of them. You know how Turk is like a character that like is weaved throughout all the episodes, really? all the all the series, excuse me. So uh, Jessica Jones, uh, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Daredevil. Oh, my he's like the, God. He's like the mugger guy, right? Yeah. He, like, he supplies weapons and all the underground yeah, stuff. Yeah, that, that, That's him. It's Turk. Yeah, the guy who, like, shows up, like, in one or two episodes of each of the Marvel Netflix. Okay. Uh, all right. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I was like, I was like, maybe she's leaving out which series. And I'm wasting everyone's time. <laughs> Rebecca is on her Jonathan. game tonight, so Jonathan, Jonathan, <laughs> Angela, Samantha, Mona, Jonathan. That's oh my gosh! Okay, okay, that's it. Okay. So- so, okay, in this movie, we're basically presented with these two guys who are best friends, Jimmy and Montgomery. Um, Montgomery is kind of played for, and he's, maybe he could be on the spectrum. That's how the actor plays him. Mm. And this is an A24 film, so, like, y- you, like, kind of never know what you're going to get, like, how it's going to be shot, how it's going to be cut together. A lot of it is cut together in a very almost comical way as the, as the movie starts. Um, so, like, we're introduced to these two guys who, like, every day, um, like, after they've, like, gone to work or before they go to work, they take the bus into San Francisco from, like, the outer area where they live, and they go to this one house, and they go to this house, and, like, they they don't break into the house, but they like come into like the the outside of the house so that they can like repair it. So like he's like painting the house, and you're like, what is this guy doing? Like the people who own it come home and they're like, stop doing this! Like stop coming and painting our house and fixing it! Like leave our house alone! And as the story unfolds, we find out that Jimmy used to live in that house. Um, his, him, his father, his mother. And they had always he's telling everybody that his grandfather built that house in 1946. His grandfather was the first black man in San Francisco. Oh, wow. uh, that's that's the story that he's telling that everybody in the family. knows. Oh, my God. And he's the last black man in San Francisco. And, well, yeah, the, the name of the movie is in reference to a play that they put on mm-hmm. at the end of this movie, which is called. 
the last black man. I'm reacting to that because I've seen the trailer because I, I, cause I've seen the trailer to this multiple times and it's clicking now. So I'm, I'm not, I wasn't saying that to be funny. I was saying that because I've seen the trailer and it makes sense now. Gotcha. Yeah, it, when he said the same thing in the movie that his his grandfather was the first black man in San Francisco, I was like, oh, okay, this is, mm-hmm. okay, I got it. Um, in this movie, though, you know, him, he, he, he no longer lives in this house. They've lost the house ages ago. This guy has just basically been surviving. Um, and he's, like, sleeping on the floor of his best friend's house. Um, we're introduced to this gang of guys and they're like they're meant to be like you know thug gangsters who like hang out in front of where his best friend lives and this movie although it starts out in almost a very comical way and you and you're like where is this all going by the end of the movie the themes that it's dealing with the themes of gentrification in a large city that is pushing out people that have lived there forever they can no longer afford the rent Hmm. and the mortgage the idea of feeling displaced and disenfranchised in a city that you grew up in and not feeling like you have there's a place for you anymore the different ways that black men are shown and how they present their masculinity is so incredibly well explored like, this is the kind of movie that you'll go and watch it, and halfway through you'll be like, I'm not quite sure if I like this movie or not. <laughs> and by the end of it, I walked out of there, and I I couldn't stop thinking about it all the way home. Mm. And when I got home, and I started to write notes, I just said to myself, this, this movie is a Tupperware. And it totally is a Tupperware. This movie may not be for everybody, though. It is a little long. It, it could be... They could have shaved off 20 minutes. It would have been better. It's a little over two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that they explore all of these themes about race, about gentrification, masculinity, especially within the black community, I think is so well done. I think this is a movie everybody should see. Um I would encourage you to support it in your local theater if you can, because this is a little independent feeling film by two guys who basically have been working on this project for 10 years and they finally got it together and I think you will be quite surprised at the performance, especially by Jimmy Fails as the main character I thought he was so outstanding, but even his friend um, um, Jonathan Majors who plays Montgomery, I thought his performance, these are two men that love each other not sexually, not romantically, but as family, as brothers. And they communicate that so well on screen. It is so well. It's a beautiful film. It's, it's, it's really beautiful. And I, I even felt myself getting a little emotional at parts, getting kind of choked up. Um, and I just think it's really worth seeing. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to Tupperware this movie. Wow. Finally, we got the fucking rating. Um, no, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca, I've, I've been dying to see this movie. Um, I'm getting it here in a couple weeks. That makes me so excited to see this movie. So I cannot yeah, I, wait to I, watch I'm, it. I'm excited to hear what you think about it, to see if yeah. you felt the same way or, or similarly anyway. Have you seen Blind Spotting yet? Blind Spotting? Yeah. Um, Blind Spotting. No, I haven't. 
That's Ooh. the one with Tay Diggs, right? Uh, it is, yes. Well, it's David Diggs. David Diggs, yeah, yeah. yeah um, I haven't seen that one yet either. You need to get on that shit. I do. I'm behind on that. <laughs> I felt like I needed to sing that to get the point across. <laughs> it was very, it was very lovely. It was, it was very nice. I know. It's like, uh, you know, I was like, Brian, you are a wordsmith, but you're also great at fucking lyrics and hooks. Let's do this shit. <laughs> I hate myself. Hey, um <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> you know, um we are going we, we've been uh, this is the longest most drawn out episode I think we've ever done. Rebecca, did you ever did you think that I would in your notes anywhere when you were doing your notes for this movie, did you ever think that I was going to bring up Tony Danza? No. But, you know, you often bring up things that I never think you would. Um, but I, I enjoy the Tony Danza, and I will be giggling over that for quite a while. Oh, my God. I, <laughs> Same. There's something, there is something about young baby-faced Tony Danza in Taxi that is just so lovable and adorable. Wait, remember in Friends when Phoebe says that she thinks Tiny Dancer it's Elton John singing Hold Me Close, Young Tony Danza. <laughs> <laughs> Hold me close, now Tony Danza. I still prefer those lyrics. <laughs> Hold me close, young Tony Danza. Like, it works. Oh, man, that's good. Angela. <laughs> Samantha. Mona. Jonathan. <laughs> All right, guys. We're, we are going to take a quick break. <laughs> oh, my God. This is the longest drawing out, most drawn out. It is. Ever. Guys, I apologize. I don't, you know what? Fuck it, Jake. You know what I mean? Fuck it, right? Oh, no, I wasn't complaining. I just, <laughs> once you put it in the context of our of another break and I realized where we were, I was like, oh. We're not even like, <laughs> dude, I haven't even really gotten to like the movies that I saw this week, the shows that I watched this week. Haven't even gotten to your good pop, bad pop. Haven't gotten to Ryan's good pop, bad pop. It's just, just, it's just asinine bullshit we're talking about this week. Just this, I don't know, the, the show has gone off the tracks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have that. It's, it make it, it, it makes me ask the question: What's the focus? <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely not the what's the focus. No. Podcast. <laughs> they yes yeah they have a they have a vision they have a focus. I like I like the uh, I like what you're doing on your podcast, Ryan. It's really cool. Like each of the each of the hosts have like. They, they bring their own focus to the show. They have like their thing that they're going to talk about. Like we just go off, like, and we just start talking <laughs> about just random bullshit. Just like, like Rebecca's trying to talk about like this important fucking movie, The Last Black Man in San Francisco, and I start talking about fucking Tony Danza. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. It's pretty fun. I enjoy it. <laughs> We should rename our podcast. What What's the thing we were just talking about? <laughs> we usually just have to say what's the focus just to get ourselves back into what we were saying. You know? I love your fucking. Okay, here's the thing. I love your I love your fucking logo because what's the focus spells out WTF, which is brilliant. <laughs> that's you. that's fucking brilliant. No, I'm not gonna lie. That's that's fucking brilliant. And then you also have a fantastic theme song. Like, who did you get to do that? 
Yeah, actually, no, that's that's all thanks to you, Brian. Uh, that's when I communicated with you and uh, I asked you, you know, who who would I go through to, you know, meet somebody that can help me not only with a logo design, but somebody who can help me with an intro song. Yeah. And I, I found somebody on that. Uh, on the app. That? Yeah. Yeah. Fiverr. Yeah, on, Fiverr. And uh, yeah. they were great. Then they were got back to me within a week and <laughs> they designed it themselves. I gave them a little bit of uh, inspiration of where I wanted to go. And yeah, nice. it came out really well. Fantastic, man. That's fucking awesome. Like, I don't know. I, I'll be honest with you, Ryan. I have so many interactions with different people on social media. I think all kind of like get blended and mixed. And now, now that you're on the show, I'm definitely going to remember you. So it's, <laughs> well, I appreciate it. And if we have a second, you know, just to kind of touch base on that, yeah. uh, I, I wanted to say thank you to both you uh, and, and Jake and really to Rebecca and Melissa and everybody who comes on because uh, I was definitely just a fan um, obviously before I started my podcast mm. and, uh, I always really enjoyed it to the point where I was really inspired by you guys. I, I really, uh, wanted what you guys had where you guys got together and got to talk about things you love, appreciated mm. and, you know, had fun, mm. uh, doing it. And it was really the push I needed. So, uh, a big thanks to you guys really without, you know, without you knowing, without you guys actually doing what you guys do best. Uh, that was the motivator for me to kind of stop making my own excuses and, and do something that I'm really passionate about and what I love. So, uh, it was, it was a huge, uh, push in the right direction for us. Ryan. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to do a Tony there, but you know, that makes me feel, that makes me feel really good. Like I, we have, uh, we've, Jake, we've done that. We've inspired other people to start podcasts and stuff like that. And here's Ryan telling us that, that we did it. And that makes me feel good. And I'll be honest with you. It's like we didn't, uh, inspire him to do a shitty show because you do, you guys do a great job. Like I listen to you guys. You have great chemistry. Um, I really, I, cause I listened to you talk about perpetual grace and I was like, Oh, oh my God, we got this guy on and he's going to be he's going to be able to talk to us about this and stuff like you you guys do a fantastic job you're really good at the at the podcast our listeners should hit the subscribe button for what's the focus and give you guys a shot like what episode what episode are you telling people to go to like what's the episode like that you're most proud of like seriously like what's the like what's yeah what's the viagra episode for what's the focus (laughs) like what's the what's the episode that's gonna get us hard you know, uh, one of the episodes that I think uh, people got drawn to is we did a, a full breakdown from um, the first movie of X-Men all the way through. And we mm. went through every single movie. And uh, when we look at listenership and the numbers attached to it, that's definitely one that uh, out of out of nowhere just peaked big time. So mm. I'd say if you're going to start with us and, and that's kind of when we started doing uh, different bumpers and getting our intro in and kind of cleaning it up a little bit. Yeah, I, I would definitely start with our, our X-Men series breakdown. Ah, uh, the evolution of a podcast, Jake. Isn't it isn't it crazy to look back at the early days of PCL and like where we are now? Yeah, it, it is wild. Like those the first like 20 episodes are pretty <laughs> cringy, like listening to them from our perspective. <laughs> Uh, it's so true. It's so true. It's so true. Like, I, I honestly think that uh, um, Ryan's off to a better start than we were. Oh, I don't we know were... about that, man. I listened to uh, my first and second episode, and it was just me at the time before I actually got anybody else. And it is pretty bad. It's pretty uh, bad. It's, so. it's, 
Yeah. I have to start yeah. somewhere though, I guess. It's, it, it's like, uh, you know, it's just uh, doing podcasting. It's just like going to the gym, you know, uh, you got to keep going to get results. And, uh, it's, I think sometimes people just think it's going to be like this easy thing. Like you're just going to do it and, you know, people are going to start listening and, and, um, you just got to keep doing it. You just got to keep doing it and you got to keep putting yourself out there and you, I'm telling you, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't, I can't tell you like what the, the secret is. Cause like I, Jake, we haven't even, we haven't even hit like the, you know, this fucking upper, we haven't hit the, uh, mountains crest as some people call it, <laughs> but you know, like we do have a listenership, but we're not at like the top 1% of all podcasts. Um, you know, so it's, it's, but it's, it's one of those things where you just, you got to keep doing it. You got to keep putting out episodes, even if it's, even if it's just like 30 minutes, if, even if you're just like, if you can't get together that week, you got to let people know that you're not going to be there that week. I, there's something about just people knowing that every Sunday or Monday, they're going to get a new PCL. They just, they know. And Jake, like when we don't have a new episode, the week before, we gotta let them know. We gotta let them know. There's, there's so many people that like want oh, to yeah, listen to this. bombardment. Right. Like, where's the new episode? Where's the new episode? You gotta let people know. You gotta have a regular schedule. That's the biggest thing, guys. Because like, even if, it doesn't matter if you have five fans or 500,000 fans. You, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta let these people know. They rely on you. They're listening to you. They wanna hear you. And, um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not the advice guy for podcasts though, Jake. What do I know? What do I know? I don't know anything. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've learned nothing. <laughs> That's not we're, true. I appreciate it all. I'm the Jon Snow. I know nothing. I'm the Jon Snow of podcasting. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Should, it's I, pretty awkward those first episodes. It was those. And Jake, I barely knew you. I, I, yeah, I yeah. treated you like shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was never even then it, I would never really got too worked up about it yeah. honestly I swear Jay sitting next to me would get more upset oh about I bet me. I bet yeah absolutely okay. <laughs> I, am, I am definitely a hard person to work with and deal with I get it I <laughs> <laughs> it's, but it's crazy because like the the longer this has gone on like the more like i think like you get me you know what i mean oh like, yeah definitely which, definitely i i think it goes both ways yeah i don't think a lot of people get me and jake gets me and i get you like like the things the things that used to like about you that used to i used to fucking hate and drive me crazy i kind of love now so it's yeah it's 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 the perfect relationship it, it hasn't really they don't annoy you even more now it's yeah it's good yeah. all right this uh, this tangent needs to end we're gonna take a quick break come back with more good pop bad pop probably another two hours worth of this shit before we get to anything else you know i think we should verbally blow ourselves some more for 90 more minutes <laughs> yeah Hey, Ryan, what else do you love about us? <laughs> Calm down, guys. I want you to sing The Way You Look Tonight, all right? <laughs> all right we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back, you stupid pieces of poop. I said, <laughs> did I just call our listeners poop? 
<laughs> yeah. I, yeah, that was very odd. I got baby talk with the listeners there for oh some reason. God. Oh, I know. Like, unsubscribe. One star. He called me a piece of poop. I am, <laughs> I am done with this show. I have listened to you guys since Infinity War, and then Brian called me a piece of poop. What's going on over there, Jake? Whoa. What are you doing? What do you got going on over there? Huh? Dick's having a party. Yeah, they're watching movies out here. Uh, Dick Clark counting down to fucking 2020? What's going on? He's supposed to be dead. Aw, I wish. All right, guys, uh, we'll be right back. Listen, group, it's simple. If you want to help the pop culture leftovers, go to thepopcultureleftovers.com and do all your shopping from the Amazon link. I am Groot. It doesn't cost you extra, and it helps the leftovers. Got it? I am Groot. Yeah, people can buy hats at Amazon. Are you still hung up on that hats thing? I am Groot. Yeah, okay, I got it. You don't have to buy your hats there. I am Groot. You're impossible. For anyone else who doesn't have a strange or borderline psychotic hatred for hats, please head over to popcultureleftovers.com and use the Amazon link already. I am Groot. And now you're wearing a hat. Not freaking give up. Attention, the following is an important consumer warning. Listening to PCO might be harmful to your health. I'm Eden Palm. You might know me as Sturdy, but after years of listening to PCO, I might have developed a multiple personality syndrome. At first, I didn't quite buy into it until... <laughs> the cynical laughter of the Joker popped into my head, but things got really weird when my wife found me in the dark closet saying, The power of the darkness, and I will let nothing stand in our way. At which point, I jumped up and said to her, Well, there, honey, I didn't know you're sitting there watching me. Then it dawned on me, I don't even have a wife. It was Ollie Williams with the Blackie Report. It's gonna rain! Get your umbrella! All in all, the condition isn't that bad, because I have the PCL. Ohana means family. For more of my voices, search me on social media, Y-E-A-D-O-N, Paul Vio. Hey, welcome back. You know what I have going on right now? The best feeling in the world. My cat, he he, rubbing up against my fucking legs. I love you, you son of a bitch. Oh, my God. Aww. I love this guy. I love him. He wants loving right now, and I'm giving him pets and pats, and I love him because he's a beautiful kitty cat, and I love you. Guys, I watched um, a new show. It premieres uh, on ABC, I believe, on Thursday nights, but I watch it on Hulu the next day. Uh, and it's called Holy Moly. It's, uh, 12 contestants put their miniature golf skills and, uh, miniature golf and physical skills to the test and face off in never before seen challenges on a larger than life course. Uh, this show is produced by Golden State Warrior basketball player Stephen Curry, uh, and it's hosted by Joe Tessitore and Rob Riggle. Uh, it's a <laughs> miniature golf Summer fucking, it's extreme miniature golf. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, when I, I first saw like the, uh, uh, this show, uh, somewhere, I think I saw it like on Hulu, they were advertising it and I was like, you know what? It's got Rob Riggle. I'm a huge Rob Riggle fan. I raved about Crackle's original series, Rob Riggle's Ski Master Academy, which I Tupperware the fuck out of that show. It's free. You should watch it. It's incredible and it's hilarious. And so I wanted to watch Holy Moly on ABC 
uh, but not watch it on ABC. I wanted to watch it on Hulu. And, uh, <laughs> but I did. I watched the first two episodes. Uh, Rebecca, did you get a chance to watch this? I watched the first episode. Uh, Ryan, did you see this? Yeah, first episode as well. Hey, Jake, have you heard about this, seen this? No, I haven't. Like the entire time you've been talking about it, I've been like, why have I not watched all of this show? <laughs> um, it's, it's, uh, it's actually something that I'm really enjoying. I it, th- th- there's parts of it that I don't like. It's you've got like uh you know contestants, 12 contestants that they uh have compete against each other and uh one of them's going to be the winner winner at the end of the day and uh they are competing against each other in very unique miniature golf courses. Uh these are kind of like your standard miniature golf courses as far as like you know uh the windmill course and and uh you know like uh courses where your ball can end up in the water and stuff like that but on the flip side like this course can actually punish you physically and in the first episode one of the contestants does the windmill and not only do you have to hit the ball through the windmill but you yourself have to walk through the windmill and not get <laughs> hit by the windmill <laughs> blades that are and the woman the woman that tries to go through the first windmill she gets fucking tossed around like a rag doll like this windmill wow the windmill blades hit her jake and send her flying and it is fucking hilarious there's also kind of a slow motion replays yes absolutely like mxc style um there's an ice slope where in order to get the best position for the next putt you have to climb up an ice slope and people are slipping and falling and it's pretty hilarious. You have contestants that are dressing up in different kind of outfits. You've got like a lumberjack contestant. You've got a contestant <laughs> that's dressed up in a unicorn suit. Um, they have uh, this one segment, short segment, where you get to choose who's going to kind of like uh, slice the ball, hit the ball uh, a long range shot onto the green for you. Either Steph Curry himself, who is a avid miniature golfer and golfer, or a robot. They have an actual robot that has been designed to hit like a long shot and get the ball on the green. So you get to choose between Steph Curry, uh, or the robot to, to take the, take the swing for you. And then in one of the final challenges, they have someone try to distract you. As you're trying to put the ball in <laughs> the first episode, they had Kenny G playing his, uh, what was what he, was he playing a sousaphone or a, what's he? <laughs> an alto sax. Alto sax. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> All I can think of is like a marching band. Da, 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 da. Yeah. The second episode, they, they have a uh, drill sergeant put on trying to distract you, a drill sergeant yelling at you. Um, I, I absolutely, I, I absolutely love this show. I think it's charming. I think it's great. Um, I love it when Rob Riggle just reacts with natural comedy as opposed to what feels like the scripted stuff that he's doing. I hate the scripted stuff that he's doing, but I absolutely love it when he's reacting to things that are actually happening while they're watching it. That's so fucking Rob Riggle, and I love that. <laughs> but you know what? I am hooked on Holy Moly. I am going to give this show a Tupperware. This is a fun summer 
watch. And uh, I'm glad that Steph Curry is involved in this. Uh, I think he's a fantastic NBA player and a good role model. I'm going to Tupperware. I, I, I've been having a blast with this, and these courses are a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. Uh, Ryan, what are you thinking about Holy Moly on uh, on ABC and Hulu? I I have to agree. I loved it. Uh, I thought it was, uh, well, like you said, it's very like American Ninja Warrior. Yes. Like, within, you know, the courses, uh, with that old kind of nostalgia of going to the, you know, the putting green and doing, you know, putt-putt as a kid. So that combo was just awesome to see. But, yeah, Rob Riggle makes the show. I mean, I love the platform. Uh, I think, you know, the way they do it is great. My one complaint is they do jump around a lot. Yeah, They don't show you everything, Thank which you. bugged me. Yeah, I um, 100% agree with that. Yeah, I mean, they show you, you know, two or three of the uh, contestants, and they go all the way through with them, but then the other ones kind of get kind of skipped over. The and- two female contestants in the first episode, they, like, talk about, like, what amazing golf golfers they are and then we don't get to see any of it but the highlights yeah that bugged me i yeah. wanted to, i wanted to see that so right um but again that's me nitpicking um i i could definitely see past it i thought when they brought in kenny g i was gonna piss my pants <laughs> laughing um that that for me was just again so funny but the thing that made it was rob riggle yeah. uh, i knew one of the younger women who was content you know one of the contestants wasn't gonna know who that was and i was i told my wife i said you know, she's not going to know who this is. And then sure as shit, she goes, who was that? And then Rob Riggle goes, and sorry, spoiler, but Rob Riggle goes, well, obviously she has never made love in her entire life. <laughs> and I I had to pause because I was rolling. I thought it was so, so funny. Uh, it's just it's just a lot of fun. It's just a really, really fun show. Yeah. I, I think it's something that, you know, a lot of people should just go check out if they're looking for something entertaining and goofy and, uh, you know, everything you want in a summer show. So I'm going to also Tupperware this. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. That one. There are some really good Rob Riggle moments in this, and that was one of them. I 100 <laughs> percent agree. Rebecca, holy moly. I, I love this show. I'm also going to Tupperware it. Um, I think definitely you could tell, as you said, when Rob Riggle goes off script, because the other guy, the other announcer with him, yeah. like his reactions are very organic. Like his reactions are just like, oh, God, what is he doing now? Kind of a thing. Um I also agree. I really dislike how they like yada yada past a lot of stuff. And I'm just like. Oh, but I wanted to see that. Mm-hmm. Like, like what, one of the great things about like, you know, MXC you know, elimination is that they, they show you so many of the challenges and they show you so many people going through them. Um, and like here, it's like they, they just showed you like, I guess what they thought was most interesting. Yeah. But then, but then there was stuff where I was like, well, I would have liked to see how that worked out. So I, I don't care for that aspect of it. I mean, it's not enough for me, like, to lower my rating and say, "Well, I'm just going to taste it or whatever." But I, I do think it's it's just, it's it's a nitpick. I wish they would show more of that. Uh, um, did you guys watch Pros versus Joes? Yes, yes. They didn't. Oh, oh, they didn't. That was on Spike Network, and they didn't yada yada pass shit. As no. far as I remember, it was uh, uh, Ryan. It was uh, it was a show where you had regular Joes that thought like. Oh, you know, I, if, if, uh, I didn't get injured or if this didn't happen or whatever, or like, 
I was so great at high school in this one sport that I could take on the professionals and beat them. And so that's what they had them do. They had, they had basically like regular Joes taking on professionals. So you'd have an episode where like a regular guy who thought he was like the shit at basketball would be playing one on one against Dominique Wilkins in like, (laughs) yeah, like, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, so they'd have like, you know, like, Older, I remember seeing like, uh, they, Goldberg, the wrestler, they had him on, they had him on, uh, uh, Joe's, uh, pros versus Joe's, and, uh, he was doing like a golfing kind of challenge. And like one of the guys that was going up against him was like, oh, Goldberg's so big, he won't be able to get his arms around. He won't be able to swing. Because, because, and, uh, fucking Goldberg, damn good golfer! And fucking, fucking hits that fucking ball, hits it on the green, and then yells at the guy. Oh yeah, I can't get my fucking arms around, huh? Oh my! It was a great show. It was a great show because you had fucking Joe's talking trash. You had pros talking trash. If that's streaming anywhere, people need to watch that. Pros versus Joe's was fucking fantastic. I think it says it's actually on uh, Prime Video. Fucking Amazon Prime. Pros versus Joe's. Watch it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to it's, check that out for sure. You'll enjoy it. It's got a lot of people that you probably grew up watching that were in sports and stuff like that. So, uh, going up against regular people, it's, it's really good. Like, you know, I always enjoyed shows like American Gladiators and stuff like that, but this was like, this is one of those shows where, you know, you do have people out there that are like, yeah, I was so good at, in high school at this. I wonder how I, and that they're going against guys that are like, over the hill in their sport, like guys that have retired, you know, like Dominique Wilkins and like his mid forties and shit. And Domin, you know, these guys just—it's—it's it, it's fucking cool. Watch it; it's really good. I definitely will. That <laughs> seems like something up my alley. But holy moly, people! I, Jake, this is. I Does think someone you, get eliminated every week? And holy moly. Yeah. Uh, it's 12 contestants and it all, it goes all the way down to one who's like the winner. So I would imagine at the end of this season, they'll probably have like a champions kind of like episode where like all the champions from each episode will go head to head. Totally. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. It's like a whole new cast of people every episode. Then. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, they do it within a bracket. So you yes. know, the two people who win, the winner plays the other, you know, group of people who was the winner of that. So. Okay, I dig. Yeah, and uh, I enjoy it, and I love Rob Riggle. Just let Rob Riggle do Rob Riggle. Don't give him the scripted shit. You, Rebecca, you can totally tell what's scripted and what's not, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, and that's where Rob Riggle really shines, right? Like, Yes. When, yeah, I mean, scripted is fine, but, <clears throat> excuse me, with the, the natural reactions, that's where you get, like, the best Rob Riggle, as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, it's great. Like, this hit all the sweet spots of stuff that I love. Like, I love the whole, like, MXC elimination stuff. I love how silly it is. I love how goofy it is. I love these contestants take it so seriously. Um, but I have to say, when that windmill hit that lady, oh. and when it <laughs> checked her, and it smacked her into the water, I about died mm-hmm. laughing. The guy dressed like a lumberjack slayed me. I thought that was... <laughs> and they trash talk each other so much. It is hilarious. 
it's almost like watching, like, in a way, it's almost like watching wrestling in the sense of, like, everybody's playing a character. Like, they show up in these costumes, and they're yeah. like, I'm this lumberjack, and I'm going to chop down the competition. <laughs> and then they, like, like show up, and then they, like, like, play this round of miniature golf. It's hilarious. It's so so good yeah. totally worth watching and it's not like these are amateur miniature golfers like everybody here has a background in either golf itself or miniature golfing it's it's a really cool fucking show yeah that sounds really awesome I, I, and I've always loved miniature golf you know myself so yeah. I, I'm excited to see that check it out Jake hey yeah hundo Ryan what do you got for good pop bad pop uh, I got a couple things. Uh, one of them's pretty brief, and then I'll get into the kind of the bigger one. The first one's going to be uh, a Netflix original uh, stand-up. It's going to be by Nate Bergatsky. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of him. He goes by the Tennessee Kid. So this is a hour-long stand-up, and it is just brilliant. It, he is one of those comedians that does not need to be raunchy uh, to be funny. He is just a excellent storyteller mm. who has a very dry sense of humor, but he delivers it so perfect uh, in a way that just is a little unique and different. And uh, kind of like a like a Jim Gaffigan. Yeah, yeah, very comparable. Also, like a almost like a Jerry Seinfeld. Also, yeah, too. Yeah, um, somebody who you know can keep a straight face, but say something kind of you know goofy and, and keep it together, keep themselves composed. Uh, but I was such a huge fan of this. Uh, I found out that he had a live showing coming up in Los Angeles in a few months, and I immediately bought tickets to go see him. So, oh, nice. Uh, I, I definitely Tupperware this because it is a sixty minutes. It's a very easy watch. But if there was just any point in time where you just wanted to have, uh, you know, and just a, an hour long program where you just wanted something to be a little lighthearted and just fun and funny, uh, I definitely highly, highly suggest Nate Bergatsky, the Tennessee kid. Um, have you guys actually seen him before at all? No, I've never heard of him. Never even heard okay. of him. The no, Tennessee, either. the Tennessee kid. It sounds like, uh, what is that? Jake, is that, is that, is that a, uh, is, is that a bank robber from the 1920s or is that a cowboy from the 1890s? <laughs> yeah, Jesse James and the Tennessee Kid. Genesis, I know, I don't know, but apparently it's a fucking comedian from the 2019s. <laughs> yeah. And he's been around for a hot minute too, um, but really? he's been on just, you know, very, very underground kind of stand up. And then he's been on late night shows with Jimmy Fallon a few times, but uh, mm. yeah, just got his own original and he, he, he crushed it. He and really it's well, on so. fucking Netflix. It doesn't seem like Netflix, Jake, it's fucking crazy. Netflix is the comedy destination now. It's not HBO. It's not Showtime. Time. It's fucking Netflix. Yeah, Netflix has been killing it on the stand-up comedy special front for a good like five years now. What the fuck, Jake? This is yeah. crazy. It used to be HBO, and then like if you couldn't make it to HBO, you're going to be on Showtime. Now it's fucking Netflix. You want to get your fucking you want to get your stand-up special on Netflix. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, I mean all those ones that Rebecca was talking about, those were on Netflix as well too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and, and they have a ton of really, like, diverse stuff. And I was just thinking, uh, Ryan, if if the the comedian that you're talking about is really your speed, um, do you know who Mike Birbiglia is? I have heard of him, but I actually have not dove into his material. Mike Birbiglia is – he's pretty um, – I think 
he he drops a curse here and there, uh, but not like a ton. He's not raunchy whatsoever. He's his comedy is very storytelling. So if you enjoy that type of comedy, I I recommend you search out Mike Birbiglia. His, his I've seen him live a couple of times. His stand up is very funny. Jake. And it's like that, that sort of storytelling, like he's telling you this story over half an hour and he always kind of brings it back to the main topic. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Definitely Jake. check that out. Jake, I got a question for you. Does Berbiglia sound like a European bread or does it sound like <laughs> kind of like a, uh, like a, like a, like a strand, like a type of tapeworm? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think the first, uh, the first, the bread. I, but I prefer a ciabatta to a berbiglia. Ah, uh, ciabatta over a berbiglia? Yeah, yeah. all day, every day. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Which one's? <laughs> which one is rocking sesame seeds? Mm, I don't not, know. Not ciabatta. Ciabatta doesn't have sesame seeds. Yeah, no. No, it's going to be a flat artisanal. Well, fuck it. Then I'm definitely going ciabatta because those fucking sesame seeds get everywhere, don't they? Oh, it's the worst. Like, the next day, they're still everywhere. Speaking of Sesame, Sesame Street, did you know, and I'm being serious, Jake, you remember, Rebecca, you remember, uh, I don't know how old you are, Ryan, so I don't know if you remember this, but Sesame Street back in the day, the character of Snuffleupagus, uh, the only character that was aware of this uh, woolly mammoth uh, Muppet, uh, it was actually kind of just like a... Uh, two men in a fucking uh, woolly mammoth suit, and uh, it was a character called Snuffleupagus. And the only character mm-hmm. in the Sesame Street universe that saw this character was Big Bird. And Big Bird mm-hmm. would try to tell everybody else that uh, Snuffleupagus was a oh, there's a there's this fucking elephant guy that I'm friends with, this hairy elephant that I'm fr- friends with, and his name's Mister Snuffleupagus. And nobody else had ever seen him in Sesame Street, so nobody would believe him. You remember that? Remember that growing up? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I'll never forget. They had an event episode when all the characters finally did see him. Yeah, they sure did. Because every time, like, people would show up, like, Snuffy would leave. He would just like, mm-hmm. oh, I gotta go. And yeah. Just, like, <laughs> yeah, Big Bird like, would turn around. Yeah. yeah, and then Big Bird would be like, hey, look at my friend. And they're like, there's nobody there, you dumb do you, bird. Do, no. you know, do you know why they revealed, do you know why they had that big episode and let everybody else within Sesame Street be aware of Snuffleupagus? No, why? The producers noticed that, not because of the show, but the producers noticed that there was a, uh, an upswing, there was a, there was more child abuse happening in the world, and they wanted, uh, for the character to be revealed to everybody else within Sesame Street to show kids that if you tell people something that's happening, like child abuse that other people will believe you. Wow. I had no idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It makes wow. me want to watch the episode again with that context. Right. Yeah. That's kind of the subliminal message. That's like, or that's, maybe I don't know how overtly they're telling that message. Cause I watched that as a child, you know, that's fucking children's programming. What? That's the children's programming we grew up with. Like, Fucking Mr. Rogers fucking tackling racism and tackling divorce and, and, and Sesame Street tackling child abuse. And now we've got fucking like, what is it? I don't know. What do we, what do we got on uh, TV right now? I mean, Sesame Street itself still does awesome stuff. Yes. Um, it's on HBO new, though. It's not new like. New episodes are on HBO. They yeah. still show, um, 
they still show them on the public access. They're just six months delayed from being new, mm. which it's not like that really matters with Sesame sure. Street. Yeah, yeah I can tell you, though, from what I've seen over the last year, because I've just been flooded with children's shows, uh, in comparison to what we had as kids, mm. it's nowhere close. Uh, we, yeah. we definitely had more material uh, than, than what they're giving kids nowadays. Yeah, 321 Contact, the Electric Company. Like, those were, mm-hmm. those were, fu- that's children's fucking programming. Like, to na- now it's just fucking, like, it's just bullshit. Something yep. some guy made on his computer in fucking 45 seconds. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's very mm-hmm. little live action children's television anymore these days with an actual human being in it. I agree. Yeah. Um, Ryan. Yes. Did you have anything else for us? Sir? Yes, I got one more. Uh, this one I am super, super excited for. Uh, right now, there's only a trailer, but that is going to be uh, Dr. Sleep. Oh, I saw the trailer in theaters today before watching Annabelle uh, Comes Home. Yeah, what- I am a huge one Stephen King fan. I've read a lot of his uh, novels, huge, yeah. huge fan, but I am a huge Shining fan. So, uh, you know, the the rendition that's coming in now, Dr. Sleep was, you know, written and brought out to us in 2013. Mm -hmm. And now this is the sequel from the 1977 novel, The Shining. Um, Man, I I am just over the top about what I've seen just in the trailer. Uh, It's going to be interesting because I did find out that Stephen King himself was very disappointed and didn't really care for how The Shining movie went. Um, but he was very much more affiliated with the writing and the filming of this movie. So that's not think- always a good thing. I, I, I'll, yeah. I'm just going to say that right now. And I, I know like you would think like that would be a good thing to have Stephen King involved <laughs> in this. But I'll be honest with you, Stephen King and in, more involved in this does not mean it's going to make it a great movie. No, I agree. But I'm hoping they pull certain things out of the book. Not necessarily giving, you know, Stephen King giving direction, but using more of his material from the book Dr. and then putting is, it in the movie. Doctor Sleep is not a beloved book. I no, thoroughly, no, I, I enjoyed it though. Yeah. I mean, I gotta say that that was that was still. I think maybe because of the nostalgia of me loving The Shining so much, I was just ready for something new and something yeah. to come out that you know continued that story. Sure. Um, but I am excited for what I've seen so far in the trailer. When you saw it today, I'm guessing it was during the Annabelle movie. Yeah, um, it was uh, during uh, the Annabelle Hallmark film where she's a mouse and uh, <laughs> she comes home after li- living out east and being a secretary. And then she comes back and then she got the other mouse boy and he's like seeing somebody else. And she's like, why are you with her? She's a cunt. And she's like, eh. <laughs> no, yeah. So, yeah, I, I saw that. And the, the tri- I mean, it's Ewan McGregor for crying out loud, right? Yep, Ewan McGregor, uh, directed by Mike Flanagan. Um, if you know him from anything, he he's done quite a few uh, mm. horror films. He, he did The Haunting of Hill House, yes, um, Hush, Oculus. I mean, he he definitely likes and prefers that genre from his uh, filmography history. Um, so you know, I, I, I haven't seen a ton of stuff having to do with him, but again, I'm I'm being optimistic and I'm hoping for a good movie. But it's definitely one that. Uh, I'm I'm pretty excited to see. What did you think about the trailer, Brian? I thought the trailer looked really, really good. I'm going to give it a high taste it. I want to Tupperware it. I really want to Tupperware it. I'm going to give it a high taste it. I'll be honest with you. But see, that's the thing. It's like um, 
Stephen King movies are either going to be really great or really bad in my I opinion. agree. So no, I, I agree. And, I agree. And, and I'm actually in the same. I give it I give it a high taste. It. I, I'm not Tupperwareing it uh, yeah. within the realm of the same thing. I, I'm awaiting a, a trailer. You can always make a trailer look somewhat decent, but I am going to wait and see how the story and the plot actually goes and seeing, you know, how close and sure. similar it is to the book. Um, I, when I read about it, just for anybody who doesn't know, it says years following the events of The Shining, a now adult Dan Torrance meets a young girl with similar powers as his and tries to protect her from a cult known as the True Knot, who prey on children with powers to remain immortal. So that's, I mean, that's pretty and pretty intense description of what we're going to be seeing in this movie. Again, things having to do with kids and uh, a pretty serious cult that's coming after them. So, yeah, should be interesting. Jake, I know you got thoughts. Talk to me. Yeah, please. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm... I'm super excited to see this. I didn't even know this movie had a trailer yet. Um, yeah, I was. I thought you and McGregor as adult um, Danny was really good casting. Can't wait to see what that looks like. Um, I didn't hate this book, but it's definitely like not in my top twenty King books by any means whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So it, it was okay, you know, a comparable enough sequel to The Shining. I could see if The Shining, or if you just read The Shining, this this is definitely a great like after dinner mint to that, but. Yeah, I I don't know. When's this come out? This year? November 8th, I believe. So production, I think it says updated is, it's in post-production, but saying, yeah, November 8th. Yep. Boom! Damn, right off the top of the head. Who's good? You are, sir. I read a few articles about this movie. I guess Mm. they're really trying to push the fact that this is not a sequel to the Stanley Kubrick version. Well, of course, because Stanley, because... Because Stephen King's highly involved in this, and he hates the original fucking Shining. Correct. Yeah, I've always thought that was ludicrous, especially with some of the movies that have come out since then that he's put his stamp on. Yeah. You kind of alluded to that too, Brian, earlier. It's yeah. to hate The Shining and then give like The Dark Tower the thumbs up. It's like fuck you, Stephen King. Exactly. I mean, I mean, he- like I love Stephen King. I do. Like I love Stephen King. I love his work. I love reading his books. But like, and that's the thing. Ryan, like, the more he's involved in this movie, kind of, like, scares me a little bit. Like, <laughs> because what was the what was the movie uh, that he was 100% involved in with the fucking, uh, the Green Goblin cameo? Maximum Overdrive. Thank you. And, yeah. like, I mean, yeah, nostalgically looking back, it's a fun movie, but it's not a good movie. No. Agreed. Yeah, and like I said, it'll be very interesting to see how much of his, you know, print is actually on this movie or if it's just, you know, they're just putting his name in there just to get more attention or, or what the deal actually is. So, yeah. but it's definitely something I'm looking forward to and uh, excited to talk about it when it comes out. Absolutely. Um, it's Ewan McGregor and uh, I was excited by the trailer. I thought the trailer looks really good and I can't wait to see this when it comes out. I'll be in the theaters November 8th to watch this one. The Shining is one of my favorite movies. I love The Shining. I, it's actually one of those movies where I recently, Jake, I just recently learned this um, within this year that my dad is a huge fan of that movie. Like, I never knew. It's nothing we watched together growing up. Because, like, growing up as a kid, it's not like my dad is going to sit down and watch some horror movies with me. There were certain things that me and my dad didn't watch. And we were talking over dinner when he was in town one time, and we're, I was talking about... It was the documentary that you watched on Hulu. 
Oh, yeah, that documentary was so crazy. It and was good. I had just watched it, and I brought it up over a dinner conversation because my niece and nephew are really big into horror films right now. And we were talking about Halloween. We were talking about the upcoming Pet Cemetery, And um, and then all of a sudden I brought up The Shining, which they hadn't seen, and I found out that my dad was a huge fan of The Shining, and we started talking about that. And so, yeah, um, I'm really looking forward to this movie. Uh, I hope it does well, and uh, I hope it's better than the book, like you said, Jake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, book book not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. Best. It's not, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. So, uh, let's see here. I, uh, ah, fuck. I watched, uh, Ryan, did you have anything else? I didn't mean to. No, no, it. my friend, that, that was it. That, that finishes it up. Jake, uh, Rebecca, I, I'm digging Ryan. We need to have this guy back on. There's a wealth <laughs> of information when you yeah. need him, man. <laughs> he is. Hey, Greg. He's fucking quick on the trigger when it comes to Google. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I could be used for. Then hey, no, I'm in. no, you're 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 way more than that. We like you more than your search engine skills, sir. <laughs> well, I yeah, I like it. his lack of background noises too. <laughs> as, <laughs> I've been trying as, to keep him down. As opposed to Rebecca, sounded like she's fuck fucking... you, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> How did I get in trouble here? <laughs> Rebecca sounds like she's pop rock. Yeah, no shit. Like I wasn't either. Rebecca's fucking, fucking Orville Redenbacher over there. <laughs> oh my God. I live in a loud city. <laughs> I went and saw a movie called Plus One. Uh, Plus One is a romantic comedy. It's written, directed, and produced by Jeff Chan and Andrew Reimer. Uh, this is their directorial debuts. This one stars Maya Erskine. If you guys uh, remember, uh, she was in the Hulu series Pen15, and she's also in the last two seasons of Hulu's Casual. Uh, I loved her. I thought, I'm a huge fan of Maya Erskine. Like, I loved her in Casual, and then when Pen15 came out, I loved her in that. Um, this one also has Jack Quaid, who is in real life the son of Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, also has Jake Beck Bennett from SNL is in this I'll one. I love him. Uh, Rosalind Chow, uh, Perry Reeves, and oh my God, Ed Begley Jr.'s in this fucking movie. Oh my God. Jeez, blast from the past there. Wow. Well, if you're a Tim and Eric fan, Ed Begley Jr., Oh my god, some of the fucking sketches that they had him in were fantastic. Anyway, this movie, in order to survive a summer of wedding fever, longtime single friends Ben and Alice agree to be each other's plus one at every wedding they've been invited to. There's ten weddings that they're going to. So you've got two friends here from college, Ben and Alice. They've known each other for ten years, and they have a uh, a very funny friendship like they're very sarcastic they can be very open with one another and talk shit with one another um they've uh you know alice has been in a relationship with uh, with a guy for for many years and they recently just broke up but she's always kind of been friends with ben and uh ben is really picky has not been in a relationship in a long time because he's like looking for the one he knows what he wants uh so ben has six weddings that he has to go to and alice has four weddings that they, that she has to go to um you've got alice 
played by Maya Erskine, and she's very, she's really witty and sarcastic, and I love her dialogue in this movie. Um, but um, they they keep going. They as they they do this thing where they go to one wedding together. And she's like, you know what? We should go to all the weddings together to be each other's plus one. And I'll be your wingman. I'll find you somebody to be with. And he's like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. No, 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 no. And he finally breaks and says, yeah, okay, we'll do that. Well, you can be my plus one at every wedding and I'll be your plus one at your weddings that you go to. That way we always have a wingman and blah, blah, blah. And... The reason he does that is because, like, the first wedding that he goes to, he has his eyes on somebody that he'd had his eyes on for a long time, and he makes his move on her. And when he goes in for the kiss, he finds out that she's engaged. She throws up the fucking hand, and she's got the engagement ring on. And it just, it really hits him. Like, oh, my God. Ah, you know, like. He was like, is that, has that been there the whole time? Yeah, he did say that. That, that's a line in the movie. He's like, have you had that on the whole time? And she's like, (laughs) she's like, yes, I've had it on the whole time. Uh, this movie, uh, is, I, I saw this at the art theater. This is not like a wide release. It just came out on June 14th. So it's only been out a couple weeks. And I, I actually saw it on the first day that the art theater had it, which, uh, this movie is fucking hilarious, in my opinion. It's got uh, smart, snappy dialogue. I loved it. Maya Erskine is absolutely fantastic in this movie. I loved her. Um, there's a scene where she's at the first wedding, and and she's drunk as shit. And <laughs> she, she, like, Ben is trying to get with that girl that, is engaged. He's like dancing with her and talking and catching up. And all of a sudden they get a shot of Maya Erskine rubbing this young child's arm and yelling <laughs> at Ben, you got to feel this kid's arm. It's so soft. <laughs> and she's just going on about how soft this kid's arm is. Each wedding that they go to uh, has its own title card. And it shows the date of the wedding. And then each title card is then preceded with a, like the, the speech that's given by the maid of honor or the best man. And some of them are really touching and, and some of them are cringeworthy and funny. Um, but as you can imagine in like a romance comedy, like the more that these two spend time together, which they've been friend for, friends for 10 years, but they're not spending every living, waking moment with each other within those 10 years. But as they spend more time together at these weddings, they end up having feelings for each other. And um, it is, this movie is fantastic. I loved it. It's a, it's a romantic comedy. It's uh, got rated R humor and it's got some great drama. I've never seen Maya Erskine pull out this much drama in a film. She's always been kind of funny to me, like even like in casual and in uh, pen 15, it's always been funny. It's never been like really dramatic stuff. And she pulls out the dramatic stuff here and it really works. I fucking love plus one. This is a fantastic (laughs) film. And, um, I don't know. It's not a wide release. Uh, Rebecca, I'm going to put this like right up there with like, you know, book smart, and 
God. Uh, yeah, I'm going to put it up there with Booksmart as far as comedies wow. go this year. This is this is really fantastic. This is plus one is one of those movies that like in three four months when it's when you're able to like rent it on like YouTube or fucking Redbox or whatever. This is one you've got to pick up. You've got to watch this one. And if you're a fan of Pen15 or Casual and you love Maya Erskine, you're going to really love her in this one. And I fell in love with fucking, uh, what's his name? This Jack Quaid guy. This, uh, the son of, uh, fucking Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid. He looks like, he looks like Rain Wilson and Topher Grace just fucking like started fucking each other and they just turn into one person <laughs> he looks like he looks like rain wilson and topher grace but you know what he's much more than that he's not just rain wilson he's not he's not just topher grace he's fucking jack quaid and he's really good and i liked him in this movie and plus one is a fantastic movie guys like i'm so glad that i made the trek out to see this one because i really enjoyed it it's really good. Maya Erskine is hilarious. This movie will have you cracking up. There were Jake, I went opening night at the art theater. Three fucking people, dude, in the theater, dude. jeez. Oh, I hate this. Like, I love the art theater, and I'm worried about it fucking shutting its doors one day because people aren't showing up. It's a co-op theater, so they it's like it's like, you know, fucking like back in the day when PBS was trying to do fundraisers and shit and try to keep the doors open. Like I, you know, I'm I'm at the art theater at least once or twice a month. I was getting ready to say, gosh, it'll like affect this podcast if they freaking close it down. Yeah, like it will. You see so much good material there. I do. That's where I saw Shadow. That's where, I've seen a ton of. That's where I saw the Babadook. That's where I saw the Room. I've seen a lot of great movies over the over the years at uh, at the art theater in Champaign. You know, so if it goes away, I mean, that Jay, uh, Rebecca, that's where in two weeks, that's where I'm going to go to see, uh, the last black man in San Francisco. That's the only theater oh, that's going right. to be playing it. So cool. Cool. Yeah. We've got one of those art theaters not far from where I live. Um, they've had to like, uh, kind of break down and start showing like a blockbuster here and they, there because yep. it's just not enough people that are mm-hmm. going to it to, justify keeping it open that's what's happened at the art theater in champagne too like uh they've started the show like some like not so much blockbusters but they've been they showed late night they've showed book smart and i remember they showed uh happy death day to you the sequel to happy death oh, day wow yeah yeah it's like one of those things i mean if that's what it takes though i don't think that's like selling out you know I don't like, take. I want them to stay open. Like I don't give a fuck what they have to do. I don't care if they fucking like blow people at the goddamn door. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't get people to go to the theater. <laughs> I don't know. I would feel awkward getting a blowjob at the door. <laughs> yeah, and the, in the public and everything. It's like, can we go behind a booth or something? But like, <laughs> right. I, I feel like if they offered it to you at the door, and then you were like. Yeah, sure. Like, then they take you somewhere. Yeah, but then, like, so I would feel, like, I would Mm -hmm. feel inclined to get said blowjob. But, like, what if I felt uncomfortable? Like, because, like, then I would be, like, what if I said, like, no, I'm good. Like, then it would feel like I've turned down (laughs) that. Like, what if they really wanted to give it to me? (laughs) You know what I mean? And I've said Uh no. I've said, no, I'm good. But it's like, it's like, it's like part of that service that they're offering there. You know what I mean? 
Right. And I'm turning what, it what's down. What's the name of this theater again? <laughs> <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> you dirty birdie. Uh, that's None another that on this podcast. <laughs> dirty birdie is another Stephen King reference from Misery, if you aren't aware. <laughs> All right. So plus one, everybody check it out. If you can, I've already gotten on IMDb and given it a 10. So guys, you got to do little things for movies that you love and let people know that you love them. Get on IMDb. Give those movies a 10. Get on fucking Rotten Tomatoes. Give a uh, user review and let people know that you love these movies. All right. Make a difference in some of these smaller movies. Um, Oh, Rebecca, uh, Anna Conkle from Pen15, the other girl. That mm-hmm. she also makes a cameo in this film. Oh, nice! Yeah, so this movie sounds great. I'm gonna have to check it out. Please do, please it's do. It's so funny. It's you, so funny. You saw it? I did. Talk to me about it. God damn it, Ryan! Speak <laughs> up. No, you, you were you were honestly speaking on all the points I was gonna bring up. It's just one of those ones that it's just fast, witty yes. banter that I just thoroughly enjoyed. I mean, it was. It was just fun all the way through. I was laughing. The drama was spot on. It was yeah. appropriate. Uh, no, it was, it was just a great movie. Uh, it was. I was cracking up, man. It had me. It had me going pretty good. I love that. I my Erskine like. Oh, she was hysterical so when good. she went out in the dance floor in the beginning, and she just started <gasps> dancing by herself. Oh, when she, she went, doing, she went full Elaine from Seinfeld. Elaine, yes, thank you. Yes, full Dreyfus. Yes, yeah. yes. It was hilarious. I couldn't stop laughing. It looked like she was having some spastic seizure out there on the dance floor. Oh, my God. She just didn't give a fuck about it. It was hilarious. When Ben talked about her going to a diner, eating eating diner tilapia. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Who who orders tilapia at a diner? This is horrible. Such a great movie. Oh my god. You people are missing out. It's like, that's the thing. We're gonna talk about it later, but it feels, it feels like these little independent movies are just getting killed by movies like Endgame, and I love Endgame. Don't get me wrong, but it feels like the little man. It feels like the little man's getting knocked out. Guys, a fucking juggernaut was just defeated last year, and that juggernaut was Toys R Us, and it got fucking killed by Amazon and Walmart. <laughs> We're seeing that happen, Jake. Yeah, yeah. There's, I, I saw articles saying they're going to come back with like Toys R Us. I know, but will it ever be the same? we're rebooting toy stores now <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure they can recapture the magic. It's four walls and shelves with toys. I suppose, man. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, let's see here. Annabelle comes home. Let, we've, I've, I've, I've uh, talked about, teased it long enough. Ryan, I know you saw this, correct? I did indeed. Yes, yeah. I did. Annabelle comes home is a supernatural horror film based on the legend of the Annabelle doll. It serves as a sequel to 2014's Annabelle and 2017's Annabelle Creation which is actually a prequel to the 2014 film. It's the seventh installment in the Conjuring universe. Uh, and the film is written and directed by Gary Doberman. This is his directorial debut from a story co-written with James Wan. Wan also produced the film with Peter Safran. Uh, the film stars McKenna Grace, uh, Madison Iceman, 
uh, Katie Sreef, along with Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga, who reprised their roles as Ed and Lorraine Warren from the Conjuring Universe. The film is dedicated to Lorraine Warren, who actually died this year in April of 2019. Determined to keep Annabelle from wreaking more havoc, demonologists... Well, that's a profession, isn't it? Demonologists. Like, can you imagine, like, handing out your card to somebody? Like, hey, can I get your card? You're at a fucking, you're at a fucking, like, LinkedIn event where people are, like, you know, trying to, like, you know, like, connect and, uh, reach out and you hand them your card and it says, uh, Jake Elliott, demonologist. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would fucking hand my card to everybody. Oh you could fuck God. with a lot of people doing that too, and then shake their hand, and then start it, you know, shaking it, and then like looking at it and quiver, and be like, oh. Give oh. my card, and you just start pouring salt all over the fucking place. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, your name is in flames. <laughs> Jake Elliott, demonologist. I like it. I like it. It's like I'm role playing though at this point. Oh my god, demonologist. Uh, Ed, demonologist Ed and Lorraine Warren bring possessed doll to the locked artifacts room in their home, placing her safely behind sacred glass and enlisting a priest's holy blessing. But an unholy night of horror awaits as Annabelle awakens the evil spirits in the room who all set their sights on a new target, the Warren's 10-year-old daughter, Judy, and her friends. So I saw this today, as a matter of fact. Uh, Ryan... You saw this. What did you think about Annabelle Comes Home? You know, when you when you first posted what we were going to be talking about, this is one of those ones where I kind of just was like, God damn it. <laughs> because I love I, I, <laughs> I got to be on the week where they talk about this girl from out east coming home, ta- <laughs> meeting up with her boyfriend down south. Who? Oh, go ahead. No, no. All I was going to say is, you know, horror films can easily like for whatever reason, I'm very critical about them because I feel like they're very predictable. Yeah. So I'm very picky when it comes to my horror films. And there were certain parts in this that were exactly that. They were just very predictable. I knew what was going to happen before it did. Um, I I, I really like the story. I, I think it's cool when it comes from something that's true. Like this is an actual doll that exists that is actually in a case in that room. So within that aspect, I think that's very cool. I'm a, I'm a religious person too. So, you know, within spirits or whatever dark entity you want to call it, like for me, that, that always freaks me out just uh, a little more on a personal level. Mm. Um, but yeah, all in all, it, it was an okay movie. I, I would give it, a, I would just say a taste it for me. Um, again, the parts that bugged me were just, you know, certain things that they actually pulled in the film where I'm like, oh, great. So she's going to look under the bed now. And, you know, two seconds later, she's looking under the bed and the doll's looking right at her. And I'm like, okay, how many times have we seen that in a horror film? Or, you know, oh, the parents just so happen to not be in this movie throughout this whole entire thing. And it happens to be the little girl's birthday. You know, and I'm like, how realistic is that? I don't know. There was just certain things that I nitpicked that kind of bugged me a little bit that didn't give me, you know, the full joy. I I also had, truth be told, a very poor theater experience. I had Mm -hmm. about five under the age of six-year-old kids sitting directly behind me. And there were points where they were screaming. There were points where they were crying. The parents didn't want to take them out of the theater. And, you know, 
I'm a pretty calm person, but it was definitely getting to the point for me, too, where I was very close to turning around and saying something and just, you know, asking them to take their kids out of the theater. Um, so I kind of had a lot of that going on at the same time. Uh, all in all, I think it would be a better home rental. I think it might be even scarier coming from your home than it is going to a theater. So I think it might do better as a rental or a purchase. Um, but all in all, um, like I said, I taste it and it was entertaining enough. Yeah. Um, so I, okay. First off, it's, you know, happens in the seventies, which I love when a horror movie is like based in the seventies or the eighties, because I feel like that's when horror movies kind of like had their heyday. It's like, let's have them there. And then it's like one more thing where you don't have to explain where like, you know, like cell phones, fuck cell phones, right? Yeah. Yeah lack of technology definitely makes it more scary. I agree with that. Yeah, but like even in these 70s movies, I realized watching this one that like flashlights don't work. So if it wasn't a cell phone, it's like a flashlight not working. But anyway, I uh, watching this movie, I uh, I was really enjoying the beginning of the movie. And then like in the middle of the movie, I'm like, okay, this is okay. That third act. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, you think I'm going to say it sucked. I fucking loved it! Oh, what? I fucking love the third act. It's like, it's so 80s and 90s horror to me. Like, fun horror for me. Like, just everything happening in that third act was just, for me, it was just a blast. I loved it. It reminded me of, like, horror movies that I loved as a kid. Like, the gate and stuff like that. Like I so like you had the fairy man, you had like the woman in the wedding dress, you had all like for me watching it, it remind. I wanted to go like, if there is a conjuring universe haunted house that they could bring to life at universal studios, that this movie is like presents <laughs> that in the way that I want to experience it. The girls in this movie, McKenna Grace, was fantastic. Uh, the two other girls, like her babysitter, like I want to call this Annabelle Adventures in Babysitting because uh, <laughs> this is like the worst babysitting gig ever because like this girl babysits uh, the, uh, you know, McKenna Grace, who is like the daughter of the Warrens who have, uh, you know, battled these supernatural forces and uh, they have a room that's dedicated to artifacts that are possessed or have demon uh yeah yeah like uh very evil qualities and uh annabelle is kind of like the catalyst of all these evil qualities Uh, they find out that annabelle is the beacon for the dead uh so they in case annabelle uh they bless her with holy water from a priest and then they encase her in a glass that comes from like this chapel and that's what contains the evil and um, the babysitter has a friend that comes over to the house and uh, is really curious about what the Warrens have done. And there's a reason that she's very curious about that. I'm not going to spoil it, but she kind of unleashes the evil within the house. And it's a really slow burn as far as, like, you know, the evil ramping up. But, like, once it does ramp up and they introduce, like, all the different, like, Conjuring Universe characters... Um, you know, like the fairy man and like the bride and all this, all this stuff. I, it reminded me of like eighties and nineties horror films that I grew up and really enjoyed Ryan. So like I 
kind of loved this movie. It is not as good as Annabelle Creation. I would say Annabelle Creation is the best, and then followed by Annabelle Comes Home, and then Annabelle, the original. Yeah. Like but, I said, I, I had the the distraction of, of the young kids behind me, too, and it may have just been that kind of dampening my experience. So I might, I might just have to go and see that again and see if ah, that actually changes. Sure. You might not have just liked it either. Like, this just, this just worked for me. I'm going to give it a Tupperware. And, like, I would say the first two acts of this are a high taste hit, and the final act for me was a Tupperware. I thought the final act was a blast. I loved the final act. I thought it was like it just reminded me of everything that I loved about watching horror movies in the 80s and the 90s. So uh, I'm going to give this movie a Tupperware because one of the hardest things in a horror movie, Jake, you'll probably agree with me here, is sticking the landing in a horror film. And I felt like this yeah. movie stuck the landing. How the fuck are there more Annabelle movies than Conjuring movies? Yeah, they're on Conjuring 2, right? Yeah, what the fuck's up with that? I... I just saw the trailer for this today for the first time, actually. Yeah. And I, I didn't know that it was the Warrens were actually going to be in this movie. So I'm kind of, they probably should have just Conjuring 3 this up, right? And kind of tied it all together, or is that yet to come? It's all part of the universe, man. Is there some in, like, end game payoff to the Conjuring universe, you think? Like, it seems like it's definitely still it's, steamrolling ahead. It's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. At all. Yeah. I need to see the Annabelle movies. I, I really like Conjuring 1 and Conjuring 2, and I've not, I've not watched any of the spinoff movies. Yeah, you need to watch some of the spinoff movies. Yeah, I, This was the seventh in the, in the franchise, so I would watch them. What was the sixth? The sixth I didn't even know was one of these movies until you reviewed it. The it was, Nun. Um, no, no, no. There's one between The Nun and this. Huh. Fuck. It's got a big wordy title. You hated it. Uh, Crash Bandicoot. Oh shit! I'm looking it up. <laughs> Why did I say Crash Bandicoot? <laughs> <laughs> I apologize, Jake. I'm not on my A game. I should have had that all looked up for you, man. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Should've, Somebody's should've out of just... a fucking job. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rebecca, how you doing over there? Oh, the curse of La Llorona. Oh, the curse of La Llorona was a pile of dirt. It's a poop. It's horrible. See, you've like forgotten about it. It's so bad. Yeah, let's uh, let's move on. So I I loved it. It sounds like you had a horrible experience with uh, with the film, Ryan. You know, and I honestly I don't. I think even if you watch it again, like the highest you might give it is a high tasted. I don't know. For yeah, me, no, I, I agree with that. Yeah. I, I probably wouldn't Tupperware just because it's not my cup of tea. But, yeah. uh, again, there's definitely certain parts that I was distracted on that I wish I wasn't that it maybe gave it a little higher rating. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Uh, went to the theater, watched a movie called Yesterday. Did everybody see this, Jake? I know you saw it. Rebecca, you saw it. Ryan, did you see Yesterday? I did not get a chance to. I wish I did. Oh, that's all right. A struggling musician realizes he's the only person on earth who can remember the Beatles after waking up in an alternate timeline where they never existed. This is directed by Danny Boyle. He's the director for Slumdog Millionaire. He did 28 Days Later. He did 127 Hours. Uh, it stars uh, Himesh Patel. He plays Jack. It stars Lily James. She plays Elle. 
Uh, we've got Kate McKinnon, Joel Fry. He plays the character of Rocky. Um, Rebecca, what did you think about yesterday? Yeah, I've been looking forward to this movie for quite a while. I'd seen the trailers and talk about it, and I, I'm I love the Beatles. Um, I love pretty much every song that they've put out. So the idea that something happens at the skies in a world where nobody knows who the Beatles are, and uh, you know, from the trailer, of course, we know that he kind of capitalizes on that to then pass off their music as his own. Um, and I'm also a big fan of Danny Boyle, especially his work on Slumdog Millionaire. I absolutely adore that film. Um, I love that movie. Oh, God, I love that movie so much. Um, and did, did you ever read the book? No, Slumdog no. Millionaire? The book is excellent. It's The, the movie's pretty close to the book, um, which is so rare to find. Um, I, I actually, if you loved Slumdog Millionaire, I highly recommend the book. It's absolutely worth the read. Um I uh, I loved this movie. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I absolutely adored this movie. This movie, I mean, in some aspects, it is very paint-by-numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much charm, and there's so much heart in this film. And Hanish Patel, as the main character, I just... This guy is just so genuine. Like, I say he's genuine as he's pulling off this big con, but, like, he's so earnest and genuine, and, like, he just wants to do something with his gift of music. Like, he just wants to to be somebody. And I love Lily James in this. I thought they had great chemistry. The guy who played Rocky was hilarious. Uh, that character fuck. was... He almost stole this movie. I love I mean, him. He, Adore. Uh, he was. He was wonderful. I'm actually going to Tupperware this movie again. Like, if this was like the perfect combination of stuff for me, you've got the Beatles, you've got Danny Boyle, you've got charming people in this film, and then you've got like a really just so much heart. And and I love that. Like, I, I love that. Uh, Ed Sheeran was so good in this too. He was adorable in this, and I, I know we'll break it down more. But that—that's my rating. Tupperware. Mm. Tupperware from Rebecca Jake. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll just skip right to it. This movie was was also a Tupperware for me. Um, I, I just absolutely loved it. Um, I thought Himesh was just so charismatic, and his singing voice was was so gorgeous in this movie. Um, yeah, and I thought the supporting cast was a lot of fun, too. And, you know, after this movie was over, I can kind of see it being a little bit paint-by-numbers. But while it was happening, I, I really didn't know what the, the end game of this movie was going to be. And I actually was was kind of surprised, like, kind of the thematics that were going on by the end of this movie. I, I really wasn't expecting for most of the movie. So, man, I, I really enjoyed this thing. I also thought... Ed Sheeran was hilarious. He played such like a bratty little prick mm-hmm. in this movie. <laughs> and when his phone rang and it was own, his oh, own song, I fucking died. That might have been the biggest laugh um, in this movie for me. Um, I, you know, I thought Kate McKinnon was kind of okay, a little bit too over the top. Thank for- you. Thank you, Jake. I fucking love you right now. Thank you. I was. Thank you. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, I, it didn't completely take me out of the movie, but she kind of gave it this a little bit of like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Oh, my God. Thank you. 
<laughs> yeah, and and I, it worked at the very end of the movie. It was like all that like it wasn't her performance. It, I, I kind of feel like it was the direction, you know. But it, I guess it paid off a bit at the end of the movie, which is like, and I don't want. I guess I don't want to spoil the end of the fucking. No, movie. don't spoil the but, end. But just like her, like overacting i hate to call it even overacting no it is oh god jay i don't know she's very cartoonish in this like we already had joel fry playing rocky which is like in my opinion the comedy relief like oh my god i I think (sighs) this movie works best when you're taking everything like super serious yes thank you And, and she was Kind of the super she felt like it. she was a record executive in a Wayne's World movie and not in fucking this Danny Boyle movie yesterday. Yeah, and I, I just didn't need that much focus, I guess, on that character in particular anyway. Uh, like, it, you know, it didn't need to be kind of that. I that love Kate McKinnon, and I know you yeah, love I love her, too. Thank God. I was like, that's one of those things where, like, that's like the major note that I have here about this movie is like my biggest gripe with this was Kate McKinnon. And I feel like you've got SNL alumni like Kate McKinnon and Kristen Wiig. And I feel like Kristen Wiig has gotten roles where she's been able to kind of like step out of like who she's been playing, like the character she's been playing on SNL and being able to do different stuff. And I feel like Kate McKinnon in every fucking movie that she's been in She's just been playing SNL Kate McKinnon characters. Yeah, super wackadoo Kate McKinnon. Yeah, and, like, Kristen Wiig has been able to, like, kind of, like, stretch her legs. And, like, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to play out for her career as far as, like, film. Yeah, I agree. But, yeah, I really love this thing. I, I thought there was definitely, like, during the, like, second act, there was definitely this, like, foreboding like paranoia factor to the movie that i really dug um Mm. they didn't really delve that too much into it and you kind of find out why it's going on by the end but it like gave the movie this like vibe that is really what kind of swerved me away from kind of seeing how things were going to end up and there were definitely a couple moments in that third act that i i kind of just straight up teared up at i so yeah i love this thing yeah uh i'm gonna echo your ratings, like I Tupperware this movie. I thought it was fantastic. I love the music in it. I loved um, this event that happened here where, like, all of a sudden the Beatles just don't exist, but the memory of the music and the songs lives on within one character who brings it to the world and the world reacts in kind of the same way, but also you have executives and record producers wanting to like change it and make it kind of like their own thing. It's kind of like bringing the Beatles music into our era, our time and uh, how different it would be. It's, it's, it's an amazing exploration. It's an exploration of like, a guy who's truly talented, but just doesn't have like the writing, the music writing ability of like a John Lennon or a Paul McCartney, you know? And, uh, here he is given the gifts, the, you know, the gift of, you know, um, writing beautiful music like those, like those guys. And, uh, 
taking that and and running with it and um it is good i i feel like we didn't get like that like uh, you know the the major concert moments I don't, you know, do you, do you, yeah. do you understand what I'm saying? Like, but there's so much in this movie that, that they explore that I did love. I Tupperware, I loved it. This is a movie I will watch over and over and over and over again. Same, same. Mm-hmm. And I like, I went to Spotify wanting to like hear Hamesh Patel's yeah, version. I was going to, I was going to bring that up too. Yeah. And like, they don't have, Jake, do they have his versions of like Eleanor Rigby? And like, um, they have a soundtrack to the movie. Yeah. Did you find that on Spotify? I didn't. Uh, yeah, I'll have to link it to you. It's pretty fucking fantastic. Okay. They have like, there's more music on the soundtrack than, than was in the movie. <gasps> there's like, and oh, there's wow. actually cuts from the albums, like on the soundtrack, it lists like where the songs are from and it'll yeah. be from the six track thing that they recorded in the studio or it'll be from the actual album. I forget what the album was called. Forgive me. Um, all of me, or something like that. Yeah, sure. Uh, I did this. All look, of hey, me or something. hey, Ryan, Ryan, look it up. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the the soundtrack is fantastic, um, and it's got like the interludes that they did of actual score, which were really interesting. I yeah. don't know if you guys noticed them, but they weren't Beatles songs in particular, but they were like almost like stuff all mixed together in a blender they were using for like the score. There were like little bits and pieces. It reminded me a lot of um, when they did the Cirque du Soleil Love album and some of some of the experiments they did on that with mm. kind of mixing up the music a bit. So it's a really good soundtrack. So definitely check that out. It, it was hard to find find on Spotify. Yeah, send me the link, dude. Because like I, it was actually this morning on my way to see Annabelle Comes Home, I was wanting to listen to music from from this film. And of course, like, I'm trying to listen to, like, you know, his, you know, Himesh Patel's version of yesterday, and I'm getting dialogue from the fucking movie. And it's like, okay, I, I've seen the movie. I, I just, I just want to hear this guy sing the fucking song, cause, you know, and so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. The soundtrack has both. The album is called One Man Only, is okay. the album that he, that he ends up making. But yeah, it's got the yesterday from the movie, and then it's got yesterday from the album One Man Only on the soundtrack. Nice. Okay. Hey! The version of, uh, the soundtrack version of, uh, something is just fucking, oof, goosebumps. When, when he sat down at the piano and played mm. The Long and Winding Road, I got all, like that, that's actually my favorite Beatles song. I absolutely adore that song. And he played, it was so beautifully played and he sung it so well. And there's a moment at, Toward the end of the movie, I don't want to spoil it. There's a moment toward the end where he makes that trek out to the country. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about? I yeah. straight up cried. Yeah, that was one of the two moments in the third act I was talking about. Yeah, I straight up. I'm getting like emotional now, but like I straight up cried at that scene. Rebecca. Yeah, it was great. I love the um, hard it, cuts to Google that happened throughout the whole movie. Yeah. What's it? Oh, God, yeah. Rebecca, like this, this movie also made me like tear up and misty eyed so many times oh man like <laughs> yeah and you know what there's a great oh man i i will spoil one tiny tiny little thing because uh, it's not like a terribly big spoiler but like of course it and, and this is revealed in the trailer that 
Lily James, who's his manager, like she's in love with him. And there's a scene where like he's in Liverpool, she's in Liverpool, they go out, they get totally drunk, they go back uh-huh. to his room, they're still drinking, and like, you know, their their emotions are running really high, and it's like, oh man, they're gonna they're gonna go for it. They're gonna have sex. They're gonna fuck! Yeah, they're gonna fuck <laughs> against the wall. And and she <laughs> She, and she, I mean, she wants this man, like she loves this man and she walks away from him. She says, no, because this is going to be a one night stand and that's not who I am and that's not what I want from you. I, my heart just like broke for her. I got all like misty eyed because I totally understood where she was coming from. Like, this would have been probably like an amazing night for her and him, but it's not what she, it wasn't enough. Like she wanted more from him and he wasn't ready to give that to her. And Oh my God. So many moments in this movie were so just beautiful and sweet and charming. And I'm telling you at the end, if you're not all teary eyed, I don't know what's wrong with you because there's just like, oh, there's just so many beautiful moments. I also, oh, there's like all, all the Google searches though, totally. Oh, God. So good. So all the Google searches are fucking hilarious. Love yeah. it. Yeah, that was super funny. That I don't want to even spoil the things that are missing besides exactly. the Beatles from this universe. But, yeah. Oh, man. My favorite musical moment was honestly at, at the end with the life goes on with the school children. Oh, that, that was so sweet. Oh my God. That uh, was so good. And when he does the laugh in that song, it was just so fucking good. My favorite musical moment is in this is trying to recall the lyrics from Eleanor Rigsby. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. And getting the lyrics wrong. And you keep, <laughs> <laughs> that was for me pretty funny. And, I thought pretty brilliant. Uh, I Tupperware this movie. It's one, it's one of those movies I will watch over and over and over again. I wish that they would have used Kate McKinnon a little bit better in this one because I love her and I think she's a talent. I think she's funny. I just, that was yeah. my biggest problem with this movie, Jake, because I, I think Kate McKinnon is, Dude, I, I feel like they just typecast her in some of these movies. Like that, like, oh, just give us that wacky, you know, character that you always give us on SNL instead of like, I don't know. She could have done something different in this movie. She just felt yeah. like it felt like she was in a Wayne's world movie. Like she was like, uh, it's a hard type of character to pull off. Yeah. Like, it, the, you know, the, well, the executive character, like I, I still to this day think one of my favorite versions of it is Paul Giamatti and thank you. Howard Stern. Movie. I was, I was dude the whole time. Oh my god, like, I was literally just gonna say that just right now. That's, it's Paul Giamatti yeah. in fucking, uh, private parts. Yeah, pig vomit, except that uh, was pig actually, fucker. like, it's, it's funny. Is it pig vomit? It's, it's pig he's vomit. Not playing yeah. it for laugh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, no, you're it's right. such, I don't know. But yeah, I love this fucking movie. I was, I actually just looked at the Rotten Tomatoes like about 10 minutes ago. 60 here. some percent, right? Yeah, I'm pretty shocked by that. Like 63 percent? I think that's way low. I don't know why it's so low. I think it should be way higher than that. Uh, I, yeah, think it's, I didn't want the, to get lost into reading while we're doing the podcast, but I do want to see the splats. Like, what's up with that? Well, there's got to be some controversial stuff with, like, 
Mm. I feel like the con- there's there's got to be some controversial stuff with like the big reveal at the end. It's a very quantum leap type thing that yeah. happens. That's true. That's true. I, 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 I get it. I that I can see people having an issue with. Yeah, I, I can. I appreciated that much like like lost and like the leftovers that like the science of the event is never really the focus here. Right. Yeah. Hey, uh Ryan, do you are are you good or do you gotta go? Let me know. You you know, I, I do have to split. I, I didn't want to miss that segment though, because yeah. I was already very excited to see this movie. I'm gonna be seeing it um this week sometime with my wife for so uh, now I'm even more excited, so I, I wanted to make sure I stuck around for it. Fan-fucking-tastic. One of those things that you're probably worried about right now is like, oh, my God, I'm leaving early. Will Brian ever invite me back for doing this? It's such a fucking horrible thing to leave early. I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm I'm dipping out early. I'm absolutely going to invite you back on the show, dude. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. And thank you, guys, everybody. I had a blast. We'll absolutely have yeah, you back. Yeah, Ryan, great having you. Yep, and Rebecca, it was a pleasure meeting you officially. Well, talking to you. <laughs> Same here. It was very nice to talk to you. You know what? All right. Ryan, how do people get in contact with you? How do people listen to you uh, on uh, the uh, on the old interwebs? <laughs> uh, well, we are on pretty much every major platform, so you can find us on Spotify, um, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, so we're on all those major ones, or you can look us up on Twitter, uh, slash what's the focus podcast. We have our own website at what's the focus.net. Um, so a ton of different ways for you guys to kind of check out the material that we're working with. And, uh, yeah, like we said, we're, we're a brand new podcast, but we're, we're growing every day and, uh, we're, we're very passionate people about what we do. So yeah, come check us out. You are, I can tell it by listening to the podcast. I'm not just saying that cause you're not on the show. Like, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have you on if you're just fucking like, like, uh, you know what I mean? Like Jake, like I wouldn't have somebody on. that's just like a fucking like a dead sack of shit. This guy, <laughs> like, no. no. Well, at least not more than once. Not more than once. <laughs> <laughs> so if I don't get a call back, that's why. You will definitely get a call back, dude. And you'll probably be annoyed by the fact that I'm calling you back on the show. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. I, I do appreciate it. Like I said, I had an absolute blast. So thank you all very, very much. Dude, you're, you're fucking fantastic. Everybody, uh, look up what's the focus podcast. The, the logo is a big WTF. You'll see it. You'll know it. And it's Ryan. So check out Ryan on the what's the focus. Ryan, thanks again, dude. You're awesome. Thank you all very, very much. All right. You have a great night, dude. You too. Bye-bye. Later. Greetings, Leftover Army. Pop Culture Leftovers is the people's podcast. They're always looking for new writers and YouTube reviewers to join the team because they themselves aren't talented enough to write them. In all honesty, they're not even sure Frank can read. But their listeners can. So send your reviews to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com, and if the leftovers like it, They'll contact you, and you could see your article featured on popcultureleftovers.com. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Leftover Army. You should follow the leftovers on Instagram at instagram.com slash popcultureleftovers and on Tumblr at popcultureleftovers2.tumblr.com. If you get a few shots of vodka in you, it's almost as sexy as my voice. That's gangster.
All right, we're back. Oh my god, this episode sucks. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. It's stupid. Hey, Rebecca, did you wa- get a chance to watch uh, Alternatino with Arturo? I, I did. I watched the first episode. Yeah, Alternatino with uh, Arturo Castro on uh, Comedy Central. Um, it's uh, it's a new Comedy Central show and. Uh, Arturo Castro, I guess he was on Narcos. I never watched Narcos. I haven't watched Narcos either. Um, I know of the show, of course, but I've, I've never yeah. watched it. What do you think about this? I, it's it's like a sketch comedy show. Um, what did you think about it? What did you? You know, I it's so unique because, um, okay, so like at least from the one episode I saw, he has like a main theme or a main topic that there are several sketches as you follow this story a thread but then around that thread there are other sketches that don't have really anything to do with it um so like in episode one it it was about how him as as a latino he meets this woman on like what's meant to be i think like a tinder type app and they they meet for like drinks and she's she's like a she she's like a white girl and she's really into like latin guys so it's why she like wanted to meet him but he's very americanized like he grew up in guatemala but he's he's very american and she's so turned off by that. Like she wants like the stereotypical latin lover machista guy and like that's how this thread starts and then he has several other sketches that like follow the story yeah Um, yeah i actually thought it was really interesting how instead of just like like a variety or a traditional sketch show where like all the sketches are just individual standalone nothing relates to anything i thought it was interesting to follow this thread in between other things. And I, I kind of liked it, I have to say. I thought it was really well done. Um, I thought, the, for me, the comedy I thought was hilarious. I thought it was very, very funny. <laughs> um, the scene at the dance club yeah. with him and the other guy, I thought was, like, hilarious. It was very, very funny. Um, I'm going to high taste it. I... I liked it a whole lot. I've only seen the one episode. I think I could Tupperware this by episode two, to be honest. Um, and there's that commercial for... Oh, God. Like, oh, God. The fucking... The Guatemala commercial is fucking hilarious. Oh, I about lost my shit. Uh, he's there, like, as, like, a travel agent, right? Like... I asked all of my white friends, why don't you come to Guatemala? Why do you go to Costa Rica? He says, he says, fuck Costa Rica. He says, fuck Costa Rica. <laughs> <laughs> we have coffee. We have, we have, oh my God. I, I, I have a piss my pants. It is very fun. I, I think this is a great show. Yeah. For like, especially if you are bilingual Spanish English, if you are a Latino who has uh, lived in both worlds. I think this is a great mm. show to really get into. I've, yeah, I'm gonna high taste it, but I, I I loved it. It was great. I think yeah, I agree with you. I also think it's a great show for anybody because like the the broken home hunters was. The, <gasps> oh my god, the broken home. <laughs> 
There is a the, like these home hunter shows, like on HGTV, where like uh you know like a, a couple goes into a home and they're looking for the home that's for them. Well, it's it's a broken home hunters where like this cus this this couple they are they are over each other, like they they have problems in their relationship and they're verbally like abusing each other throughout the entire episode of what looks and feels and sounds like one of these HGTV home hunting shows. And that is fucking hilarious. I lost my shit. I Tupperware the fuck out of that segment. I'll also give the whole show a high taste it, but I'm definitely going to be watching the second episode. I, I, I think this guy is, uh, pretty hysterical. And, uh, yeah, this is, a, this is a show people should be watching. It's called, uh, Alternatino with Arturo Castro. And it's on, uh, Comedy Central. And I highly recommend it. Same here. Yeah, I, I actually, that, that Broken House Hunters bit, I think that, that was my favorite of the yes. whole show. I, I love when he was like, you know that feeling when you meet somebody and you're like, well, I don't really like them that much, but do I really want to die alone? And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so good. Just want to die alone. So here we are. <laughs> there's, there's, there's comedy that we can all kind of relate to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Absolutely. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. But I think like there are going to be things that will speak more to certain people, but I do think that this is absolutely a show that anybody could sit down and watch and find the humor in it. Absolutely. 100% agree. I saw a uh, movie this week uh, called Fury, and uh, I didn't see it in the theater. This is one that I actually, you can watch it uh, through many of the apps where you can, you know, purchase a video on demand, but I watched it on video demand on Redbox. Uh, it's called Fury. Uh, that's spelled F-U-R-I-E. It uh, stars Veronica Ngo, stars as an ex-gangster who is lying low in the countryside after becoming a mother, but she can't escape her violent past when her daughter is kidnapped. Uh, it's directed by Lee Van Keet. Uh, it stars Ver- Veronica Ngo, who plays Hai Huang. Uh, also stars Gen- uh, Jennifer Alex, uh, Le Bin, Fam An Koa. Uh, this is a Vietnamese action film. Um, you've got Veronica No, who plays a former gangster. She's hiding in the countryside when she chooses to turn her life around after becoming a mother. And uh, a child, kidna- uh, child kidnapping syndicate abducts her daughter. And she goes after everyone who's involved and will do anything to get her child back. And uh, basically what they're doing is they're taking these kids and um, they are farming their organs out and selling them to people. And um, it's, it's, your, it's your standard action movie, but it sets up all the events very well. It's, it's a mix of um, like Taken and The Raid. Is the best way I can kind of describe it. I follow you. So it's got like a good, like good guy versus bad guy thing yeah. going on with good setup and good drama, but then you get all the, you know, insane action sequences too. Exactly, exactly. Um, 
even though like we're introduced to, to high and she's not a gangster anymore but she was a gangster in saigon and um this journey actually brings her back to saigon she finds out that her daughter is being taken to saigon it brings her back to saigon so she comes into contact to, with with people that she had in her past when she was a gangster um but even where she is now in her life, she's a, a debt collector. And she goes around beating up people who aren't paying on their debts, which kind of like reminded me of uh, Rocky Balboa in the first Rocky movie when we meet him. Like, that's what he did. That was his job. Um, people do not respect her. They do. They talk about her behind her back because these she's this mysterious woman who just kind of like showed up within the past decade and they know she's a debt collector and she doesn't have this respectable job this affects her child who gets picked on by the other kids at school because of her mom being like this uh, debt collector that goes around beating up people and and uh, collecting money for uh, for people she's a single mother and that also plays a big part into this movie um because it's Vietnam and I guess that's looked down upon in Vietnam that she's a single mother and you know the the kids at school call her a bastard um which I was kind of taken aback by like whoa oh, what the, ow. yeah I was like what the fuck um the daughter doesn't like how they live she doesn't like how her mother gets their money um there's this scene where the daughter's in town and the daughter actually uh, picks up a wallet that uh, is on the ground, and she's accused of stealing this wallet from a guy. And everybody's like, oh, my gosh, uh, this girl stole the wallet from the guy. And uh, what a horrible mother this high is. She's a horrible mother, and high is like, questioning her daughter did you steal it and she's like oh i can't believe that you're the daughter's like i can't believe you're even asking me this and um come to find out like this the guy that lost the wallet was completely drunk and dropped his wallet and the girl was just actually trying to return it and the girl runs off because she's upset at her mother she's upset at the the mob of people yelling at her and She's upset at her mother not believing her that she didn't steal the wallet. And uh, in the interim, she gets abducted by this syndicate who is going to put her on a train and uh, send her to Saigon where they're going to perform an operation and harvest her organs and sell her organs to the highest bidder. It's kind of like an international operation that's going on here. And um, you've got – it's like I said, like it's like Taken with Liam Neeson, like where – They've, they're kind of fucking with the wrong woman here. Like, this woman has a set of skills. And uh, this actor, Veronica No, she has a set of skills. She's a badass. There's a lot of great action in this movie. I, fuck, oh my god. Uh, I fucking loved this fucking movie. This is the, um, this was released in February in Vietnam. And was released on March 4th. First in 2019 in the United States. It's the first Vietnamese film ever to be released in the United States, which is a huge fucking deal. Wow. And, yeah. And it, 
this movie is so good. It's so good. Like, yeah, it sounds tropey as fuck. Like, oh, it's just Taken meets the Raid. But, like, it has all the heart. And I, I am not going to be lying to you. Like, I was emotionally wrecked by the end of this movie. Emotionally wrecked by the end of this movie. It's so good. Um, Brock, you know, like, if Hollywood is not looking at her for a role in an action film uh, in the future, I'm going to be highly surprised. Like, this is like... You had Eco Ues, who was like, you know, this actor doing the raid movies and didn't speak a lot of English. And now he's doing like a, that Dave Batista movie, Stuber, you know, and mm-hmm. he's doing mm-hmm. Woo Assassins for Netflix. Um, Hollywood would be stupid and ignorant not to try to get uh, this Veronica No into a uh, into an action film. Um, she is great. I absolutely love this movie. I thought that the final, the third, the third act of this movie was fantastic. There's a, um, an action scene that happens on a train, which is incredible. Uh, I really like this one. This is one that I did have to purchase. I, I went to Redbox, the app on Roku, and I dropped the $4.99 to watch this in HD. I'm glad I did. I, I highly recommend this one. It's called Fury, F-U-R-I-E. Please watch it. Please support this movie. Um, hopefully we'll get to see Veronica in more movies in the future. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I can't recommend this one enough. I thought it was, I, I thought it was great. I, it had all the action and all the heart that I was looking for. In a movie. Yeah, usually, usually you don't get both those things. Like in a lot of these movies that are known just for these like elaborate fight scenes and elaborate action scenes, usually what is missing is the drama and yes. the heart and the emotion. Yeah. Yeah. They, they set it up really well at the beginning of the movie. And by the end of the movie, you're just like, you're brought to fucking tears. You're just like, oh my God, a mother and a daughter reunited. Oh, it's beautiful. I loved it. The action's great. Veronica, no, she fucking takes a punch like a badass. There's a, there's a moment I'm like, oh my God, they fucking, I loved it because like she's taken on like, you know, criminals and, and, and mar- other martial artists that are like throwing her head into glass. And I'm just like, oh my God, she's taking it like a badass. Ah, it's a, it's a great movie. I highly recommend this one. Fury, Vietnamese action film. Veronica knows she should be a fucking star. She's really good. I highly recommend this one. Sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. You can uh, just uh, download the Just Watch app. Download Just Watch. Google this movie. uh, Google. Search this movie on the Just Watch app. It'll show you where you can rent it. I have a Roku. I have the Redbox app. I just dropped $4.99 on it, and I had a great time watching this film so i highly recommend this one so please check it out jake what do you got for good pop bad pop oh not much this week i did catch the uh season three premiere of legion did you get a chance to watch this i did not um i absolutely loved it this was a tupperware episode for me um it was you know classic Noah Holly Legion. You kind of really don't even know what's going on for a good fifteen twenty minutes until all of a sudden you do, and once you do, it's it's kind of shocking. And um, 
lots of crazy time travel stuff going on this season it seems like and uh yeah just i thought this was a lot of fun i didn't honestly know what i was going to think of the next episode after the season two finale it kind of could have gone either way for me and i was Mm. really surprised at how much i enjoyed this and just really felt like kind of the best of legion man there was like a really crazy musical moment lots of stunning visuals um yeah, this was top-notch Legion for me. Fuck, I gotta watch that. You know, since we're not doing the podcast this year, it's uh, it hasn't been the priority. And I've been trying to, like, watch stuff for PCL, so I'll have to get on this. Yeah, you know, when I watched it, before I watched it, I kind of thought, you know, I'm going to watch this episode and see if this is... I'm still going to watch this week to week, even though we're not doing any kind of a podcast for it or anything. And this episode told me that I was going to watch this show week to week with or without the podcast. There you go. There's your endorsement, people. Legion, season three. Fucking uh, Dan Stevens. Isn't he fucking great? I love that guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the whole cast is fantastic in this show. Great Aubrey Plaza stuff in this first Mm. episode. I love Aubrey Plaza. You know, Sid's back and... Mm -hmm. um, a character that you didn't think would be back is back and it's it's a wild opener man i can't wait for you to see it i will watch it there's no way in fuck that i'm not gonna watch legion legion season three i'm getting drunk i've been drinking vodka like a motherfucker Woo! (laughs) yeah that's real this is real shit like like you're listening to a man progressively get drunker on an episode this is fucking real shit people (laughs) <laughs> Won't be the first time for PCL. <laughs> I'm just we do have some new listeners, Jay. Just throwing that out. Oh there. yeah, good call, good call, good yeah. call. All right, new listeners. I'm getting drunk. Hey, uh, let's move on. In you guys ready to move on into the pop culture leftovers news? Yes. Yeah. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news, and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangsta as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. All right, so Disney. Disney did this fucking thing where they bought Fox, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they did? I had no clue. I wish they would have said something about it. We've got a lot of money, and we're going to buy you. And that's what they did. That's what they did. They took their money. They took their money, and they just fucking, you know what I mean? Like, you ever see a money, you ever see, like, a movie or a show where somebody fucking takes out, like, this fucking, like, wad of, like, this fucking big old wad of money with, with a rubber band around it and they're just they, they take off the rubber band like it's fucking like stockings like on a woman's leg and they take it off and then they just start <laughs> you know what I mean they just start flipping out like bills and they're like <laughs> we got well I mean it all started with Fox you know batting their eyelashes <laughs> and saying who wants to buy me oh Jake <laughs> stop it you're saying that Fox is asking for it Fox was definitely asking. Oh my god, I can't believe you're saying that. I'm more worried that you think women keep their pantyhose up with rubber bands. You know, Rebecca, (laughs) that's more upsetting to me. There's a lot of things that I don't know about women. Oh, okay. Rubber bands being one of them. Um, (laughs) 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 You know, did you guys see? Okay, so Disney has. Recently, the, the you know, they've done the whole purchasing of Fox thing. And did you guys see the uh, mouse guard footage that was released this week? Yes. Oh, my. 
Jake, I don't know what you fucking thought about it. That's the beauty of this podcast. I have no idea what you fucking thought about anything. I don't know what Rebecca thought about anything. Jake, that fucking mouse guard footage. Are you are you not dying to see that fucking? I I thought it was incredible. Yeah, it was it was really good. I was disappointed to read that it wasn't gonna be happening anytime soon. Mm. Oh my god! If you haven't seen this mouse guard footage, just uh, I don't know. Be like Ryan. Go to Google, type in mouse guard footage, and I'm sure you'll see it. Rebecca, did you see this? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. Mouse guard? Mouse guard, um, it's, uh, it's based on a comic book. Okay. And there was talk of a mouse guard movie coming from Fox. And of course, this is kind of like one of those things where, you know, like they hadn't really started production and, um, when Disney and bought, Disney just killed it. Like that, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Now. Exactly, but there, oh, I got you. there was a sizzle reel that they created, and so mm. the director of the original Fox Mouse Guard released said sizzle reel, which is what happened with uh, you know Tim Miller's Deadpool. Like you know that that mm-hmm. Deadpool was dead, and then Tim Miller. Or Ryan Reynolds, whoever you want to believe, released that footage, released it, and then people went fucking nuts for it. That's kind of like what's happening here. Um, I actually retweeted it on our Twitter page for Pop Culture Leftovers, at PC Leftovers, if you're wanting to follow us. But yeah, I, uh, Jake, I, I thought that this was fucking incredible. You had, um, mice fighting each other with swords, one jumping off the back of a crow and then jumping into battle and fighting each other with swords. And it just, I, 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 this is unfinished and it still looked great. It really looked good. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Some about the motion and the the way they captured it, they they did a really good job. And yeah, with the finished project and, you know, the last kind of layers of sheen on this thing, it it was probably going to be, Look very fantastic. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've never read this comic, but I'm very aware of this comic, and I've seen a lot yeah. of art and kind of know the synopsis and everything. And yeah, I was kind of excited to experience the story through this medium. Me too. Me too. It's a fucking shame. So hopefully, Jake, what if we find out in the next couple of weeks that uh, overwhelming response online? People love this. Disney's like, you know what? This is something we got to do. We got to do this. Like, yeah, it seems like right material for a, like a Disney Plus show. I, not a movie. So they're, they're abandoning the movie and it's going to Disney Plus as a series. Yeah, I could see that. That I think that's the way to go with this. It's unfortunate. I, I, I It's been a long day. I swear there was um, a lot of voice actors already attached to this, too. I'm sure there was. I'm sure there was. I, I, I don't know who those are. Yeah, at one point, I swear, there were some big names that I knew, but I'm brain farting on that. That's fine. Yeah, Rebecca, check out this footage. Check out this footage when you have a moment. It's fucking awesome. I will. I will. Yeah. Uh, news from Variety here. Can't Henry Cavill. Uh, to, is it Cavill or Cavill? I, I thought it was Cavill. Rebecca. I don't know, though. 
Don't ask me of all people. I'm it's, saying it's, Ca- I'm saying Cavill. I'm saying Cavill I now. I think it's Cavill. Fuck it, Henry Hank. Did people call him Hank? I'm pretty sure they do not call him. Oh, that's so old school. You call somebody <laughs> whose name is Henry and call them Hank. That's so old school. I love that. All right, Hank Cavill is going to play Sherlock. <laughs> that sounds like Hank Cavill. Sounds like Hank Cavill, private detective. Like it just sounds like yeah. a character. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Yeah, I don't film, like it. I don't like ending with the K and starting with the C yet. Those sounds clash. Frank Garman, male prostitute. <laughs> 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 Look at Dan Aykroyd. Look it up, people. Frank Garman, male prostitute. Frank Garman, male prostitute. That Jake millennials have no idea what I'm talking no. about right now. Oh, no. <laughs> they don't know about that or the bassomatic. <laughs> <laughs> Jane, you ignorant slut. Um, <laughs> you ignorant slut. Oh my god. Um, Henry Cavill to play Sherlock Holmes opposite Millie Bobby Brown in Enola Holmes. Uh, this news comes from Variety. Enola Holmes is based on the Nancy Springer book series, The Enola Holmes Mysteries, which follows Sherlock and Mycroft Holmes' much younger sister, Enola. Uh, Helena Bonham Carter is also on board to play Enola's mother. Uh, Killing Eve Helmer, Harry Bradbeer will direct with his Dark Materials writer Jack Thorne adapting the script. The book series began with the 2006 title, The Case of the Missing Marquess, and covered six novels which revolve around mysteries investigated by Enola. Um, this is weird. Sherlock Holmes is in the public domain, but does that make Enola Holmes in the public domain, Jake? This is weird to me. I don't no, know. I don't no, know. it does not. Okay. It's like it's the same thing as like Dracula, right? It's like Dracula's public domain, but if you do stories where you create other things and trademark them, then those things aren't public domain. You uh, know? Yeah, like Alucard. Exactly. That's right. owned by Konami. Right. Even yeah. though, you know, yada yada. So, yeah, yeah they, this is, you know, an interesting way to trademark some Sherlock Holmes stuff. Here we go. Here's the big question, though. Uh, you've got Henry Cavill or Cavill. I don't know. However the fuck you want to say this guy's name. You got him playing Sherlock Holmes, and you've got Stranger Things star slash Godzilla King of the Monsters star Millie Bobby Brown playing Enola Holmes. Thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I couldn't care less about this project. I completely toss it. I have no faith that Millie Bobby Brown can be a charismatic lead in a movie like this. I don't, I'll be honest with you. Like, I don't know what the big fuss about Millie Bobby Brown was to begin in the first place. Yeah. I mean, Godzilla kind of showed me that the reason she's so good at playing the kind of character she plays in Stranger Things is because she's not that great of an actress in the first place. I think that there are some wonderful child actors out there. And I'm talking about Jacob Tremley. I'm talking about McKenna Grace. I'm talking about Finn Wolfhard. Um, I just, 
I think Eleven is an interesting character. I just don't think that Millie Bobby Brown is. I think she's a I, like I love her rapping, and I love her like in her interviews with like you know uh, Graham Norton and Jimmy Fallon. I think she's a fun fucking little girl, and I don't need. I, I'm not even bashing her. I think she is talented, has talent, but as far as like like her being a rising star, and like when you're talking about like fucking uh, kids that are just like huge stars, I just don't see it in her. I just I don't I don't see her as like. Like one of these rising child actors, I I think my, Stranger Things was like a huge fucking show, and I think she had a huge fucking role in that show. I just I think that pretty much a lot of other people could have done what she did in Stranger Things. Am I yeah. off base I, here? I, 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 co- I completely agree with all of this. I mean. Yeah, I just don't know. I, I think this is going to prove that she's not going to be a lead in movies, at least for another five to ten years. And she better hope Stranger Things has a dozen seasons. Rebecca, are we crazy? No, I don't think you're crazy. I think I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I think she is. She, she does have talent. I think she's a really sweet, charming girl. Yeah. I think she's coming into her own as far as a person. I feel like Hollywood is telling us she's a rising star because we're telling you she's a rising star. Yeah. But I don't think she's been given... I don't think she has the chops to be that rising star just yet. Oh, I hope that I, she proves us wrong, though. Right? I, I do, too. Oh, yeah. I... I'm rooting for. <laughs> I I hope that she gets yeah. maybe. I I would love to see her, and it's such a dangerous thing to do in Hollywood. But I would love to see her step away from Hollywood for like maybe five years, and then come back as a little bit more mature, with a little bit more life experience, and see what she could do. That's a dangerous thing to do because. You know, then Hollywood. Uh, you got to strike while the iron's hot, though. I I know yeah. that. I I understand, but I'm just saying that if it, it in a perfect world, I'd love to have her take a five year break and like grow up a little bit and become more mature. Ah, in I, a I, perfect world, I would take a five year break and come back and do this <laughs> fucking piece of shit podcast. But that ain't happening. You're gonna hear well, me. Next week on 291, yammering on about some stupid <laughs> bullshit or whatever the fuck I do. Yeah, I know. I mean, like, I, I'm not really – I think these are based on some young yeah. adult books. I'm, I'm not they familiar – I'm not familiar with the source material at all. Um, I do think – I mean, I, I, I love Henry Cavill. He's very charming. I think to see him as Sherlock Holmes will be fun to see. Mm. As far as seeing her play her role, I have no connection to the – to the source material. I don't know how her character is supposed to be, but I think it would be fun to watch her play a character where she could use her British, her, her, her natural accent and kind of play this sleuthy character. And, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'll, I, for me, like I'll freeze this news. I don't really ha- feel any one way or the other about it. Like, I don't think it's shitty and I toss it and I don't think it's amazing. And I have Tupperware. I, I kind of like to see like 
maybe a, a, like a little trailer and see how it looks. I I can't argue with you. I think like you're looking at it from a, um, I think you're looking at it through a positive lens and a realistic lens. It's one of those things where we have to see that first trailer. I'm rooting for Millie Bobby Brown. I think she's great. I love her in interviews. I love seeing her on like, you know, Graham Norton and with the other Stranger Things kids. I think she's great. I just feel like she's gotten a lot of undeserving, um, kind of, uh, adoration. That mm-hmm. I think, I think Stranger Things deserves all the adoration, but I think like Millie Bobby Brown has gotten some undeserving adoration for her role as Eleven in Stranger Things, where you've got Finn Wolfhard, in my opinion, who is like, that kid is just fucking amazing. That kid is fucking amazing. I want to see her really... I want to see her push herself. I want to see her in something where I'm just like, I can't forget her performance. Her performance was fucking haunting. Her performance mm-hmm. was so amazing. It's so good. But like, I, I just, I, I don't think she's been given that opportunity though. Like nobody's going into a Godzilla movie yes, you're looking right. for a haunting performance. You're right. You're, you're right? fucking like, right. You're, you're showing up to watch Godzilla fight King Ghidorah. That's what you're showing up for. You don't care who the fuck is in that movie. You're fucking when, 100% right, Rebecca. Why even take that role, man? Yeah, no, I, well, like, yeah I, th- I think in her case, it's probably like exposure in the sense of like, let me just take the roles that are offered me. These are big movies. These are blockbuster movies. I'm going to get my exposure out there yeah. beyond the Stranger Things thing. Put her in something that's got meat, right? Like, you mentioned Jacob Tremblay, right? Yeah. Jacob Tremblay, we, we know him because of his work in a movie called Room, which is, you want to talk about a haunting performance? Yeah. That's a haunting performance. Fuck but yeah. the story is a character study in all of these different people who are in that movie. Like, there's no giant, you know, monsters to distract you. There's no explosions. This is a movie, an intimate story about a boy and his mother. So, Give give Millie Bobby Brown that same opportunity, and let's see what she can do. I don't think she's been given that opportunity. Well, I I agree. I'm I I I can only I can only base this off of what I've seen. What what you've seen of her, of yeah. course. Yeah, I want. I, I agree with that too. But this doesn't smell like that opportunity either. Kind of. No, it doesn't. From. No, it doesn't. You're absolutely but right. On the flip this side, not, like. This I mean, movie, role either. the movie's called the Nola Holmes and the movie, she's going to be playing this character. So like the movie kind of hinges on her performance. This is not like, this is not, you know, fucking room. Whereas, or Godzilla. Yeah. 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 So, I, I, I think we'll that see. if it's based on YA novels, I think they're going to absolutely gear this for a younger audience. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think that the way. And that's how I'll rate it. That's how exactly. I'll fucking rate it, Rebecca. You're not, right. You're absolutely I'm right. I'm not going to fucking rate it as in a goddamn adult saying like, the, the, oh, yeah. if this is a fucking PG movie, that's how I'm going to look at it. I'm exactly. not going to look at it like, oh my God, yeah. like, see that's, oh God. I, I, I don't want people to, I don't want people to confuse this with me knocking Millie Bobby Brown. 
I want this girl to succeed. She's a fucking little girl. She's acting and she's, she's doing something. She's doing something greater than I'll ever do in my entire life. And I want to see her fucking do this. And I want to see her inspire a whole generation of younger girls coming up. I want, I want this to be like, I want this to be like the babysitters club books for little girls. When they watch this fucking movie, that I want them to be inspired by her for by her performance. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like I haven't seen that from her so right. far. In um, she's not a young. Here, here's my thing. I'm telling you, if you take a young Christina Ricci and you put her in the role of Eleven in Stranger Things, she's fucking, she's killing it. She's fucking killing it. All right? right. That's what I'm saying. There's a difference between Chris, young Christina Ricci and Millie Bobby Brown. Jake, yep. Jake, can you hear me? Do you, do you, are you fucking picking up what I'm putting down right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I agree. I'm, you guys are even more higher in it than I, higher in her than I am. I, I'm kind of over the whole thing. If she just sticks to Stranger Things, I'm fine with that. Mm. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you know, I if I'm proven wrong, I'm proven wrong. I mean, it's definitely very young in her career and I do agree that she really hasn't had a role to kind of show her chops. Yeah. Yeah. Um we so need you know, that. I very well could be wrong, but I, I I don't know. It does seem very just meh to me so far. We need that. We need that role to show us what her range is, what she can do. Yeah, I mean half of her best stuff is Stranger Things season one where she like barely speaks. Mm-hmm. I know. That's it. Uh, it's yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, news from Dark Horizons. Uh, James and Dave Franco are set to produce a uh, pilot based on uh, the David Kushner novel Masters of Doom, which USA Network has ordered from U.S. Uh, Universal Content Productions. Uh, the true story tale follows two computer geniuses and best friends, John Carmack and John Romero, who, in an obscure corner of America, and with the help of a group of rebellious misfits, created the iconic 1990s video game Doom. They transform pop culture forever and becoming bitter rivals in the process. Should it be picked up to series, it will serve as the first installment in a planned anthology, and each subsequent season would then be based on seminal moments in the history of video games. Tom Bissell, who worked on the Uncharted and Battlefield game franchises, will serve as writer and executive producer on the series. Jake, I don't know about you, but man, I grew up playing Doom. I played it on the fucking computer, like with the space bar and the up and the down and the left mm. and the right arrow keys on my fucking computer. My fucking mom, my fucking mom played Doom. My mom was a huge Doom fan. I've mentioned this on the podcast before. My mom, who goes to Baptist church every Sunday, used to sit down at our fucking Tandy computer and destroy demons on the weekends. Like, I mean, my- who's more qualified to take demons down than your mom, honestly? Oh. Who's more qualified than you? <laughs> it's very true. My, <laughs> my mom loved the Doom video game 
And, uh, you know, if I get a series based on this uh, novel, Masters of Doom, talking about uh, these guys who created the Doom video game, it'll just be – it'll just – I need to connect more to this game and more to the 90s. I got to see this. I get, this has to happen. I know the pilot's been ordered, and if they continue with this and we continue to get, like uh, – Quake and shit like that. God damn it. I gotta see this. This sounds fantastic. Yeah, I agree. This sounds like a really cool show. Um, it is, it is interesting that it's like a planned anthology though. It's like, geez, how many interesting stories of video game developers of seminal games are there, you know? So, but yeah, I mean, just, you know, focus on the Doom thing first and go from there. Go from there. Jake, there's a lot of, uh, startup video game companies that came out with one game and then all of a sudden they got a hit game and that company became absorbed by a bigger company. So we'll see. We'll see where they go with this. Yeah, it's interesting. I It does sound like a cool premise, though, and I really don't know anything about the creation of Doom, so I am kind of fascinated. Yeah, so looking forward to that. Yeah, James and Dame uh, James and Dave Franco. Uh, Rebecca, uh, I got a, we got a story here. Taika Waititi, Flash Gordon, talk to me. Yeah, this was, uh, this was something that I read online and I was so excited about it. I, um, I'm a huge fan of the 1980 movie Flash Gordon, uh, starring Sam Jones featuring the music of Queen. Um, I absolutely love that movie. I mean, it's a cult classic, and I just, I love it. Um, I love Taika Waititi. I love what he did with Thor Ragnarok, especially. Um, what we do so, in the shadows. Yes. I am not watching that show, but I. The movie. I have seen the movie. Thank you. Uh, and he's, that, that movie is great. And, and Taika's so quirky. Yeah. And he's so out there. I, I love it. Um, so he has been tapped by Fox slash Disney to do an animated Flash Gordon film. And there's a couple of things here that I think is really interesting. Um, they're saying that he could potentially write and direct the film, but that's not confirmed, but he is attached to do something with this movie. And um, I kind of like that it's animated, like, because um, we've gotten the live action movie, which, you know, it's 1980, it's campy, and I love it for what it is. We had the sci-fi series in the early 2000s that was a live action. That, in my opinion, was not great, and... It's hard to get Flash Gordon right in live action without making it campy. It's hard. So I think animation is the way to go here because you can lean into that if you want to because it's animated and it's more forgiving. What, so Rebecca, here's the I, – I, I hate to cut you off. Where is this – is this theatrical? Now, that I don't know, but it, it might be theatrical. Yeah, but like – it's, it says, it says he, it's, it, it does talk about the big screen in the article I read from the playlist. Jake, are you, you're a millennial. Let's say you're a millennial. No knock on millennials. I can't, you know, I hate, it's a, why do we knock on millennials? They can't help it when they were born, right? Just cause we're like, you know what I mean, Jake? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I purposely try not to knock on millennials. I don't either. I, you know, I don't want to knock on them. They, you know, like, but you're a millennial, and like Flash Gordon might as well be fucking uh, Tarzan to you, or uh, shit, Tarzan's more relevant, right? I mean, like, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Like, there's been more Tarzan content that's come out. Does so they tell you that there's a fucking Flash Gordon animated movie and it's by Taika Waititi, are, and then you're a millennial. Are you are you dropping your coin on seeing this movie in the theater? Are you dropping? Mm, nine- probably not. I think it needs good promotion, good trailer. Um, as much as I love Taika Waititi, I don't think his name carries like that just yet, where you can just slap it on any property that hasn't well, had any life in it for a long time, and even, you're going to make a ton of money. Even Phil Lord and Chris Miller had the uh, luxury of making a animated movie with the character of Spider-Man, who is like, okay, if we're going to uh, weigh the... Uh, Importance of uh, pop culture characters, Flash Gordon versus Spider Man. Jake, who's 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 wearing? Yeah, I mean, I, I made arguments that Spider Man is the most recognizable <laughs> pop culture character in today's day and age. So yeah, I mean, it's you're looking. Okay, if you're going to talk about the most recognizable characters in pop culture, I mean, you're either looking at Spider Man, Batman, or Superman. Correct? Yeah, I think Darth Vader's in the mix. I, I would still say Spider Man, Superman, or Batman. Like, oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, my argument's always been Spider-Man, probably. I think yeah. at one point, you know, decades ago, it was probably Superman. Yeah. But but I think at this point, Spider-Man's the most recognizable pop culture character. Yeah, I like that. I mean, unless yeah. we're talking about, like, anything, then it's, like, Mickey Mouse. Yeah, I think, like, like even Batman has kind of eclipsed Superman at this point, which is crazy. But you're right. So... Yeah, but I mean, th- th- this article, and I'm not going to, de- I'm not disagreeing that if we're talking who's more relevant, who's more recognizable, I, I don't think Flash Gordon is more recognizable than, than Spider-Man, but I don't think that's the point of this, of this story. I think the point is that I, I said, when we reviewed Thor Ragnarok, mm. I said that Thor Ragnarok felt like Flash Gordon to me. Mm-hmm. That it had a Flash Gordon feel. And I saw a lot of people online say the same thing. That movie felt like Flash Gordon. Yeah, so but, when, is, when is, I, but the fact that Rebecca Daling said that Thor Ragnarok felt like Flash Gordon, is that going to be bring people out in droves to see an animated okay. movie about said Flash Gordon? That's my... I, I get that, but what I'm saying is this. What I'm saying is this. You've got Taika Waititi. I am not going to disagree that he's not like, you know, Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese presents. I'm not saying he's on that level or that Mm -hmm. recognizability. Mm -hmm. I think if we're talking about a pop culture audience to start with, and you throw out Taika Waititi, the director of Thor Ragnarok, and you... I'm just saying that this movie could have legs if it's done right. That's all I'm saying. I'm also saying that um, there have been great movies that have come out from great studios that are really good that people do not go and see. And I'm Kubo and the Two Strings. Nobody fucking went out to the theater and saw that, except for me and Jake. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's the thing. Like, it's a great fucking movie, but nobody went out to see it. The the luxury that Phil Lord and Chris Miller had is the fact, that, like, with Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, is that they ha- they're working with Spider-Man. Like... Right. W- w- would you be more on board with this if this was announced as a Disney Plus movie? Fuck. No, it, it's not even... I don't think he's not, not on that. board with I, it. It's not it's that I'm... That he doesn't... I don't, I don't have faith in this being a theatrical release and people coming out to see it, Rebecca. Okay. I but, don't. But, like, Booksmart. Booksmart. Every fucking... This is the problem. I'm not mad at... I'm not upset with you. I'm not... Trust me. My problem is with, like, fucking people that go out and see movies. If it's not Endgame, or if it's not fucking, um, like, this big, huge fucking movie, people aren't seeing it. If it's not the the new, uh, what is it, like that... Uh, Transylvania or whatever the fuck those movies are called with Adam Sandler playing Dracula or, you know, the Corral playing a minion guy. People aren't seeing these movies. Like, that's the thing. It's like people just aren't. Booksmart is a great comedy. It's funny. It's fucking funny. And are people going out to see Booksmart? Because You've got a commercial that says Booksmart is rated, you know, 90 plus percent or whatever on Rotten Tomatoes and it's, it's fucking hilarious. No, people are. Yeah, it's probably already gone from the theaters. Well, I mean, it's, it's in theaters, but you're going to be able to see it like at, you know, 9.15 on a Tuesday. You know, it's like nobody gives a shit about, it's a sad thing. I don't know if Taika Watiti, Rebecca, I think people remember Thor Ragnarok. But I I don't know if people are going to be like, I've got to see a Flash Gordon. and i got to take the kids to see a Flash Gordon animated series because of Taika Waititi. Kids are going to be like, I want to go see that new Dora Explorer movie because my kids know who that... Dora Explorer the uh, Dora Dora the Explorer is and Swiper the fucking foxes, but nobody knows who fucking Flash Gordon is anymore, and I, I I don't know I don't know Do you see what I'm saying I'm not trying I, No no I do see your point I I I get it I get that the movie if this is a theatrical release. As the this article hints that it it is, I think it has more than an uphill battle. It doesn't mean that it. I'm not say saying it? it's going to be a bad movie. This could be the best fucking movie ever. But I've right. seen a lot of great movies that did not do good theatrically. Number right. one, I, 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 I get it. Like I understand what you're saying. You're not down on the news. You just have doubts that it's going to do well. Did Office Space do good in the theater? No. It did not. Did Starship Troopers do gangbusters in the theater? No, it did not. There's been a lot of movies that they only did great after word of mouth. Pacific Rim, inter- like internationally, did pretty good. Domestically, did it do fantastic? Absolutely not. There's been some movies that have not done well in the box office. Fucking Hellboy. 
the first Hellboy, I'm not talking fucking David Harbour Hellboy, I'm talking Ron Perlman Hellboy, the only reason that movie got a sequel is it because it did good by word of mouth and people buying the Blu-rays and the DVDs. Why does that not count anymore? Because people aren't buying Blu-rays or DVDs. People aren't right. buying physical fucking media anymore. Everybody's yeah, doing yeah. everything digitally. And that's the one thing that I'm worried about here, Rebecca, is like, I don't feel like people would have the need to go out and see a Flash Gordon animated movie in the theater. They're going to wait for it. They're going to wait for it to hit HBO. They're going to wait for it to hit uh, Cinemax. Or they're going to, they're going to wait for it to hit a red box. They're not going to, they're not going to go out in droves in theaters to see a Flash Gordon movie. That's, I'm just being realistic here. Like, I'm not, at the end of the day, this could be the, fucking best animated movie of the year I felt like Kubo and the Two Strings was the best animated of the year the movie that came out the year that it came out but did it get people coming out to see it in droves no unfortunately it did what not what kind of animation oh sorry what kind of animation would they do for this yeah th- yeah what would you prefer I guess something very kind of like uh Taika Waititi something very like 80s kind of like I would think heavy metal style like, you know what I mean? Like, when you watch those heavy metal movies. Yeah, so some kind of hand-drawn? Hand-drawn American animation. Some kind of, you know, but not... Not quite anime, but not quite... Rebecca, I feel like I'm arguing with you, and I feel terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, it's... I, I don't disagree with a lot of what you're saying. I'm just, for me, though, and I think that there is an audience for this movie. I'm not saying it's going to do gangbusters. It doesn't diminish my excitement for the movie, though, to be honest. Like, I'm still excited to see whatever this is. I'm there with you. I am there with you. I want you to... Okay, here, here we go. I want you to separate your excitement and your attachment to Flash Gordon and Taika Waititi right now. Separate your excitement for no, both of I, those things. I get what you're... I don't disagree with you. Okay, okay. I'm just, I, I'm just saying that I think... Yeah, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I understand yeah. that this movie... It will, if it gets a theatrical release, if it does... It's probably not going to do great. And, and that would be a shame. Um, that being said, if it ends up being one of those things that it hits Netflix or it hits Disney Plus or wherever, wherever it goes and it catches on for streaming as like after the fact, people are like, Hey, this was a pretty good movie. Like that could also happen too, but. Yeah, I mean, again, like, I, I, I completely see your point. I don't disagree that this movie, if it does get released, it probably is not going to do great because it's not, it's, he's not a character that, you know, is as recognizable as most of the other ones that we see animated. Yeah, I, I want it to do great too. I would love to, like, I, I want this to be a jumping off point for like future Flash Gordon live action movies. That's what, that's like, when I, when I read, when I read the article, Rebecca, I was thinking to myself, like, oh my god, what if Taika Waititi 
could bring some cultural revel, re- relevance to Flash Gordon again. Right. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, I think in the 80s, you know, I think one of the reasons why the idea of the Flash Gordon movie in the 80s was such a uh, smart idea was because people still remembered the comics and people still remembered those old serials that they used to show. And there were enough people around that knew who Flash Gordon was. And then you throw in, you know, Queen, then you say, oh, my gosh, you know, Queen. And, and I get it. And then, of course, like the result so ridiculously campy, you know, that it wasn't taken seriously. And here we are in 2019 and there hasn't been a Flash Gordon movie since. Because it, it was so silly back in the the well, one that they did back in the Here's the thing, like, uh, the, uh, remember, uh, the Annie movie that came out just a few years ago with, uh, Cameron Diaz and Jamie Jay- Foxx? Jamie oh, yeah, Foxx. Yeah, yeah. Is anybody fucking talking about the Annie movie? No. It, 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 and it, it wasn't, in my opinion, I, I don't think it was very good. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I just, I feel like even if a movie is good, which I think Booksmart is the funniest comedy I've seen all year. Billy Lord had me cracking the fuck up. I loved Booksmart, but just because I think Booksmart is the funniest comedy all year, does that mean that, uh, you know, John Smith or, uh, Susie Johnson from, uh, bumfuck whatever the fuck state is gonna go to the theater and watch it over the hangover. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. the thing. That's the thing. Like, you can have any name attached to this. Taika Watiti. Honestly, Rebecca, I think like, we look at things differently. Jake, we look at things differently. We look at a movie and they're like, Taika Waititi is involved in the Akira movie. Taika Waititi is doing this Flash Gordon animated movie. To the casual viewer, to just the person that's sitting at home and they're watching their local news and they're watching CSI uh, Los Angeles and they're watching whatever the fuck show that they watch... They don't know who the fuck Taika Watiti is. They have no clue. And they don't care. And I don't know if that's gonna be, I don't know if that's gonna be, bring people to the theater at the end of the day. I don't know. Am I, am I being a dick? I don't know. No, I mean, you make a valid point. I mean, I, I, it's kind of what I said from the start too. Like, I just, it's, it's a thing. I mean, it's hard to push through. Um, you know, it could be done, but it seems like it's like the bigger studios that are really only able to do it as well, which is kind of ironic too. Yeah. Like, it's like Disney can make an original animated character and make a lot of money. Yeah. So, yeah, it's bizarre. I feel like I've just been beating up on you, Rebecca, this whole time, and I feel like a fucking asshole. It's okay. I'm totally used to it. Don't worry. <laughs> wow. Uh, you're killing you're me not, right now. You're so not. It's, no, you are so not. No, like, I want to jump over to your side of the fence and be like, Yeah, Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. Like, you know, like, like that's... 
<laughs> that's the uh that's the that's the war. Hold on, hold on, wait, I have an important question for you. Yeah. What if mm-hmm. they cast Tony Danza as Flash Gordon? Oh, <laughs> Do you have you changed your opinion? It makes all the monies. Rebecca, it makes all the monies in all the world. Right? The whole world's been waiting for the return of Tony Danza. I know. (laughs) Been on the cusp. I've had a lot of beer this evening. (laughs) Rebecca, I can't believe. Oh my God. god, Rebecca. I can't believe how much fucking like vodka I've drank tonight. It's insane. It's Drink a, a glass lot. of water now. Drink some water. Now. <laughs> now. <laughs> Never. You're so petulant. You're I'm so such a petulant son of a bitch. <laughs> Guys, I've got some Ghostbusters 3 news here from Variety. Paul Rudd joins Ghostbusters. What, what do you think about this title? This is what Variety is saying. The title is Ghostbusters 2020. Oh, please no. <laughs> they should call it Ghostbusters the 2020 Experience. That's oh, my title. Ghostbusters 2020. That's terrible. Paul Rudd is in <laughs> final, negotiations, uh, final negotiations to join Sony's latest installment of Ghostbusters. Uh, sources tell Variety Rudd will play a teacher. In the film, uh, Carrie Coon is also in talks for the not so secret project along with Stranger Things star Finn Wolfhard and, uh, gifted star McKenna Grace. Jason Reitman, whose father Ivan Reitman directed the original Ghostbusters will step into the director's chair. He co-wrote the screenplay with Gil Keenan and plans to shoot the film later this summer. Ghostbusters 2020 is expected to hit theaters in summer of next year. Uh, quote, I've been wanting to work with Paul Rudd since my short film opened for Wet Hot American Summer at Sundance. I'm thrilled to be joining this new chapter in the original Ghostbusters universe, said Jason Reitman. So it looks like, um, looks like Paul Rudd will be joining the, uh, Ghostbusters 3, uh, directed by Jason Reitman. My question to you is, this teacher character that he'll be playing, will it be a 100% original new character? Or will it possibly be Sigourney Weaver's child, Oscar, as a teacher? Hmm. I never even considered that possibility. I, I assumed that it would just be a brand new character. Sure. I think we all did. And then I posed the question. So. <laughs> I don't like it. I mean, it could be that, I guess. Uh, that sounds kind of bullshit. Uh, Jake, how many fucking rumors have you read over the years where Oscar could possibly be in a sequel to an updated Ghostbusters? Come on. I'm just no, I'm throwing no, it know, out I there. I'm not, I'm not saying it's against the realm of possibilities, but sure. I, it's whatever. Like, I don't need that. Oh, God. Like, I'm not dying for, like, I need Oscar grown up, and I'm like, been living with this fiction to be continued my entire life you know i have been it's my my whole life my whole life journey has led up to this moment where we get follow-up on oscar did you know that one of the the oscar babies from uh they used two it was twins from uh ghostbusters 2 to play the baby oscar 
Did you know one of them commit suicide? I did. It's terrible. Yeah, it is pretty messed up. It's sad. Did you know that, Rebecca? I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you need to check on that kid that peed on Superman. <laughs> Make sure he's okay. You know, I think I think I read that he like goes to cons still. The with, like su- pee on Superman kid. Yeah, the kid that was in Superman one that played like. Like very like like young Clark Kent, um, like like baby Clark Kent who like lifted the car and he had like no pants on. Do you think he signs? Do you think he signs headshots with his uh, penis head? Whoa! <laughs> I hope not. His baby child pornography. I think his baby <laughs> headshots on a head. He, uh, his, <laughs> his baby penis, and he's no. Like, I'm pretty sure that's child pornography. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you making me feel like a dirty well, son of I'm a bitch? I'm saying that if you have a picture of a kid and his dick is out, it's in the fucking movie. I know, but it's it's. I don't know. It's weird what you're saying. It's what I know. It's <laughs> weird. <laughs> it's weird that they have it in the movie. <laughs> but that's what. Rebecca, hold on, Rebecca. Down, what is he? What is he known for? Hold on. What is that fucking kid known for? I'm not. I, but that doesn't. Hey, here's my here's my dick, and I'm holding the car. <laughs> you here's my here's my fucking juvenile penis, and I'm holding the car. Like that's like like if 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 you had if you had if you had if you if you had to get an autograph, you want you don't want him to sign a picture of fucking like uh, here, uh oh the the uh, the kid who's holding the car with his dick uh, hanging out signed a picture of Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> that makes no sense. But if you're having him sign a picture of, of um you know. Uh, penis boy Clark. <laughs> that makes sense, correct? <laughs> right? Right? Oh, man. So, yeah, Ghostbusters 2020. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a big pile of shit, right? <laughs> Guys, I've been drinking vodka all night. Whatever. Fucking deal with it. If I'm saying, ooh, ooh he's so inappropriate. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Thank you. What do we got? Yeah, uh, so, uh, yeah, Sigourney Weaver might return. Uh, Carrie Coon's gonna be in the movie, it looks like. Um, let's see here. Let's move on into another segment. Jake, that made you really uncomfortable. I've never heard you transition into, like, something else. I, I was not uncomfortable at all. I was trying to save the both of you. <laughs> I'm the one who started the whole subject. How am I uncomfortable? It would be weird if there was like it, like the headshot was like not a picture of his actual head, but it, like his penis head from that movie. And that's what. They- <laughs> See, I this is what I, I wasn't. I was trying to stop it before this happened. Here's, I, I'm uh, yeah, I'm shining a. Uh, I'm shining up. I'm <laughs> I like threw you guys a fucking life preserver and you were like, slap. Uh, fuck that shit. I'm going to drown. 
I'm gonna drink. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. Isn't that, isn't that a weird scene, Rebecca? We're going back and thinking about it, right? How are we still talking? Yeah, we're talking. There's a scene in uh, 1978 Superman with a little boy with a little penis, and he's holding up a, a holding up a Chrysler or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm not uncomfortable, but uh, so marvelous. <laughs> Fuck it! You're, everybody's a fucking pussy that doesn't want to talk about this shit. No, we're talking about peen. It happened. <laughs> it fucking happened in a movie, Jake. There was a little boy in his hand. I know. Many people buy that movie over and over again every time a new digital medium comes out. I know. And everybody – like for oh, years, people have been seeing that penis. <laughs> <laughs> You'll believe a man can fly and see a bean. <laughs> oh, my God. It's crazy. What do we got there? What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Oh, did you hear about this news from Dark Horizons? Maddie Phillips, Maddie Phillips, and Angel Angelica Bet Fellini have scored the lead roles in the new Netflix comedy series. Rebecca, hold on, let me let me read this name. Let me read. <laughs> let me read this name. They have scored roles in the new Netflix comedy series, Slutty. Teenage Bounty Hunters. Oh, I've heard about this show. <laughs> I don't even know what to think about it. In the series, 16-year-old fraternal twins sisters Sterling and Blair dive into the world of bail-skipping baddies by joining up with a veteran bounty hunter, Kadeem Hardison. Jake. Oh, my God. Yeah. Kadeem Hardison. A different, uh, fuck, what was that? A different world? A different world? Yeah. He played it's Dwayne, he uh, played Dwayne, Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade. It's a different world. Where you kind of From where you kind of Remember that? <laughs> oh my god. It's a different world. From where you kind of Remember that? Did the song didn't, it didn't, a little bit. it didn't end like that. I kind of exaggerated <laughs> that a little bit. Yeah, just a touch. Just a touch. <laughs> a little bit. Just a touch. <laughs> Give it that bit of spice. Right. But they're what? Like, the little boy in Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Not with the baby. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh <my> God. <laughs> that did happen, though, right? Like, that's that thing. Um, okay, hold on. Hold on. So, Kadeem Hardison's in this. Uh, at the same time, they're still navigating the high stakes of teenage love and sex. Sterling and Blair plan to excel in an all aforementioned extracurriculars despite the watchful eye of their buttoned up community. Uh, Virginia Williams also stars while, uh, Genji Cohan, Tara Herman, and Blake McCormick executive produce. Uh, I'm sure those names mean a lot to you. They mean nothing to me. Uh, Kathleen Jordan created the series. Robert Suddeth will serve as a showrunner. And blah, blah, blah. 
Uh, so, yeah, basically, uh, it's a show called Slutty Teenage Bounty Hunters. Thoughts? I mean, it's, you know, it's a good title, I guess. <laughs> Netflix going for, you know, all those new properties. <laughs> Sounds interesting. I don't recognize too many people in it or the showrunners or anything. So, yeah, I mean, I'll watch a trailer for it. Rebecca, are you, are you like, uh, are you dying to see Slutty? Teenage Bounty Hunters on Netflix. This is a thing in your life. No. This sounds right up Rebecca's alley. Oh, this yeah. sounds... When I read this article, I was like, oh my god, Rebecca's gonna love this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've seen the title thrown around online. I, I don't know. This sounds terrible. This sounds just terrible. I'm not excited oh, for this god. The only thing I could think of is like how much I wanted to watch this with you. <laughs> <laughs> you want to watch this with me? Yeah, wasn't where I saw that go. I, it was like it's like one of those things where I was like, oh my god! Like as soon as like it starts, like I hit play on Netflix, and like we're like we're sitting on the couch, and like as soon as it starts playing, like I'm looking at you the whole time to see like your reaction to the show. <laughs> Which is mostly disgust, I imagine. I know, I know, but I'm waiting, I'm waiting for it to change, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, when is she gonna like this? She's gonna love it. She's gonna fall in love with it. It's called Slutty Teenage Bounty Hunters. Like, how could she not love this? Like, our resident feminist, Rebecca Daling, is gonna fall in love with Slutty Teenage Bounty Hunters. I lost you. I was. I, I thought that was Rebecca's cue. <laughs> well, if if you want to watch this with me, you're gonna have to come to New York because you could watch it in the living room, and then I'll go out and do other stuff, <laughs> and then you, I'll come back and you can tell me about it. No, That's no. Rude. He comes all the way out to New York, and then you don't even watch the show with them. You can. I'll. I'll. I'll you can sit with Clark. I am buying you the box. I am buying you the box set of slutty, <laughs> slutty teenaged bounty hunters. I Maybe have, a few film cells, right? I have gone to uh, I've gone to a convention and have the cast signed the fucking sleeve to the Blu-ray box set for. Slutty teenage bounty hunters. I've had them signed it. I've had them personalized it to you. Um, you know, uh, to Rebecca, have fun watching us being slutty. <laughs> and, and you're in another room? You're in another room? Oh my god. What is going on here? Like, what? Whoa, hold on. Wow. Let me, oh, let me, uh, hit the brakes here. Why, why are you in another room? Like, I've made this trip, this special trip. We're supposed to be watching this together. What's going well, on? I, I guess if you have, if you made the trip, and you bought me the box set, all autographed and whatever. I will watch one episode with you. Fuck yeah! I win! I will watch one <laughs> episode, and that is it. 
uh, when this, uh, I'm telling you right now, the whole reason for this whole thing is, uh, when this show airs on Netflix, Rebecca, you're coming back on the show. We're reviewing oh, this. Jesus Christ. We are, no, I am making, I am, for, I am forcing Brian you. Brian told me it was going to be an entire episode. <laughs> it's a, it's an entire episode dedicated to oh. slutty teenage bounty hunters. Oh yeah, new Star Wars trailer comes out that week. Gonna have to wait. <laughs> it's gonna have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> we I are. Bumps even Star Wars. It totally bumps Star Wars. <laughs> That's saying a lot. <laughs> Have to wait for that uh, scene by scene breakdown. We got, <laughs> we got slutty teenage bounty hunters here. I know that this is the week that we're going to break down the new Star Wars trailer, <laughs> but but what? Bloody, Here's the thing. The fuck. What is it, bloody teenage? What is it? Rubber baby. Slutty teenage. <laughs> It's slutty teenage, <laughs> see, slutty teenage vampire hunters. Here's the thing. What if, what if it, what if it I was? I swear that's not what it was called five minutes ago. What was it called? Slutty What's it called? Slutty teenage bounty hunters. Slutty. Oh, did I say vampire hunters? Yes, I, I, I wanted to say bartenders, and that's the wrong word too. Bounty hunters. <laughs> that was called coyote ugly. I don't even know. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, wow, we are, okay. <laughs> I am seriously looking forward to this fucking show now, though. I'll tell you that much. Oh, my God. Fraternal Sisters, Sterling and Blair, they're going to dive into the world of bail-skipping baddies? They're going to be bounty hunters? Wait, wait a minute. Is Dog the Bounty Hunter in this? Because I'm, then I might uh, get behind this show. But I don't think he's going to be in there. Dog is... No. Oh, if he makes a cameo, I will fucking... It's a Tupperware. I'll lose my shit if Dog the Bounty Hunter makes a cameo in this. <laughs> Alright, I've got... Uh, let's move on into... Let's move on into Marvel News real quick. What do we got here? I see. I Fuck that story. That's stupid. Uh, it's a dumb story too. Time for the hard cuts. Uh, Noah Hawley. Yeah, I'm cutting some shit. Noah Hawley, Dr. Doom movie could still have it. Noah Hawley talked with THR while doing, uh, interviews about Legion season three. He said, I wrote a script about Dr. Doom, an anti-hero story I really like, and we're still talking about making it. So yeah, Jake, uh, he talked to Kevin Feige. It's not Dead? Is yeah, it... it's not been mouse guarded yet, so I really appreciated this. Yeah. What are, um, the, yeah. what are the chances that we're going to get a Doctor Doom anti-hero story movie coming from Fargo Legion director Noah Hawley? I would say I'm at 70% this will happen now. After this week. Which right. is higher than the 20% it's going to happen I was at before. Rebecca. Yeah, I think it's... Rebecca almost passed out there, I think. No, I did not. I'm still awake. Rebecca's um, still thinking about bounty hunting. <laughs> not really, actually. Um, I I think it's pretty... Actually, I think that this is pretty likely to happen, too. I'm, I'm on Jake's side here. I think if Noah Hawley's meeting with Kevin Feige, I think the possibility is definitely more likely because, you know, they had announced this project ages ago 
And then, you know, Disney buying Fox, you know, they said any projects that were already in development, they were, or that were like already filming, they would finish. But like this movie isn't, you know, being filmed. It's barely in development. So, you know, I, I, if it does happen, I'm, I'll be super excited. I love Dr. Doom. He's, he's my favorite villain in the Marvel universe. And I love Noah Hawley. So yeah, I hope that this does happen. I, I think it's likely though. I wish in one hand shit in the other. This well, you asked me my opinion, so I told you. I know you did. I'm not arguing with that. <laughs> no. That uh, sounds like arguing. <laughs> right? Thank you. Thank you. Really? Really? Okay, hold on. Can I give my opinion now? Because Rebecca gave her opinion, and it was fine, and nobody pissed and moaned about it. I ate this movie. <laughs> This movie is not happening. I'm sorry. Like, Kevin Feige's not going to make a Dr. Doom movie. Like, we, come on. Like, when have we seen a, uh, when have we seen a villain movie come from the MCU? I believe it's the next step, though. I, I, I mean, maybe the reason for the talks are, okay, we need to incorporate this into the bigger picture, and this is what we need to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. To me, a Doctor Doom solo movie is the next step from how they treated Thanos in Infinity War. Oh, I know. It's that's it's Thanos' movie. It's Thanos' movie, so we'll just call the Doctor Doom movie a Doctor Doom movie. No, I get it. I just I don't feel like it was written for the MCU. Like oh, it, it totally wasn't. But I think Noah Hawley's a good enough writer that he could adapt. And I'm not necessarily sure much adaption is going to be needed. Ah, we'll see how this fucking, uh, we'll see how his uh, new Natalie Portman movie does in theaters. What's that called again? Uh, Lucy in the Sky or something? Lucy in the Sky, which is basically a play off another Beatles song we talked about yesterday, which was the Himesh Paltel movie. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds is a yeah, we'll, we'll see how that movie plays out. Lucy in the Sky. We'll see how that plays out, and we'll see what Kevin Feige does at that point. I uh, agree. I don't know. I think we'll him see. having a big hit with a smaller film like that could go a long way in pushing this along even further. Yeah, we'll see. Like, Jake, I would. I love Noah Hawley. I love Legion. I love Fargo. I've loved every season of Fargo. I've loved every season of Legion. I would love to see... Noah Hawley at the helm of a Doctor Doom movie, but (laughs) (laughs) every segment is you convincing us how much you love something before you condemn it. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) like the last five segments. I know. I love. I love. I love. You have been saying how much you love something, and then he tell us why it's going to be shit. No, I love. I love you, and I love Jake. But your opinions, Uh I condemn the fuck. I don't know. I just, it's like, it's like, think about this. Like if, if Kevin Feige had plans for phase four, where did not, where did Neil Hawley's plans come in? You know, like it, it, it just sounds like we'll see. I mean, to me, that's why they're having the talk. Like that's, that's why they're meeting up. It, it sounds like to me, like they're meeting up. The only reason that they're actually meeting up is because Fox initially had a talk with him about a Doctor Doom project. Right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's not like they're meeting with, like, 
whoever the fuck was trying to do that fucking gambit movie. I feel like if if why are why aren't they talking with Brian K. Vaughn then about the Silver Surfer Silver Surfer movie that was rumored? Yeah, I feel I like the only reason that they're talking with Noah Hawley is because he does have some weight in Hollywood. Yeah, I think Noah Hawley wants to do the pro- project too, and I don't think I think if it was a hard no, Noah Hawley would tell us it was a hard no. I just I I Jake, look at Noah Hawley's work. Look at his works. Like I love Noah Hawley, but I do. I love Noah Hawley. Does Noah Hawley fit with what we've seen in the Marvel? I mean, you could you could say that about every pre Guardians of the Galaxy James Gunn movie, though. Oh come on, James James Gunn Guardians of the Galaxy and Noah Hawley Legion are two, and even Fargo are two different fucking things. You're all, what you're telling me is that look at this guy's previous work. Does it fit in with what Marvel's done? And I'm pointing at people like James Gunn and Taika Waititi and the Russo brothers, whose previous work before Marvel work looked nothing like what you considered standard Marvel work. That's the comparison I'm making. I'm not comparing Legion to Guardians of the Galaxy or whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm just squashing what you're trying to say about just because his previous work doesn't fit the current Marvel mold doesn't mean that allowances and chances wouldn't be allowed to happen. All right. Fair enough. I'm just saying that I would happen to think that if Noah Hawley made a Doctor Doom movie with Fox that he would be allowed a little bit more freedom than he would be with the what I feel like is a formula going on over at Marvel Studios, which I'll be honest with you, I've been a sucker for. I've loved them. I mean, I've loved the Marvel movies. I, I just, I can't see Mar. I can't see Noah Hawley fitting into that Marvel mold over at Marvel Studios. Yeah, I mean, I agree that he would have more freedom with Fox, but that's just the nature of the beast. I mean, Fox had screwed the pooch so hard on Fantastic Four and Doctor Doom that, of course, he was going to have all the freedom he wanted. He had neither nothing to, like, have to continue from or nothing to have to follow up with. So he was just pretty much going to be able to, you know, do whatever. So, yes, just the nature of the beast, if it's a Doctor Doom MCU Noah Hawley movie, there are going to be restraints. And I don't necessarily mean restraints as a bad thing, though. He's just going to have to play in line and at least not break any story that's going to come in the future. And yeah, I do think just like, by following is, those rules, you can be extremely creative, a la Taika Waititi and James Gunn. Where does that go? Does that turn into another franchise? Like, does it? Is it a Doctor Doom movie? So, like, they've never done a villain movie before. Yes, we're getting a Loki Disney Plus series. I get that, people. I get kind of that. different though. A very established character, and just kind of more adventures of though. Even though it's a villain show, so we get that movie. Does it end there? Like it's just the Noah Hawley Doctor Doom movie. That's it, and then boom, somebody else takes over the Doctor Doom stuff. Like we've I, got I see a, it no different as like say Doctor Strange. I mean, you do the Doctor Strange movie, and then boom. The people dealing with his other appearances are dealing with that. 
Well, we've got Doctor Strange with Scott Derrickson. Scott Derrickson is coming back to do Doctor Strange too. So we have but Scott Derrickson wasn't there for Infinity War or Endgame, and like you, that's just kind of the, the thing. Like you're going to have to, everyone's going to have to share the character. Sure, yeah, I get it. But like you know, Ryan Coogler did Black Panther. He's coming back to do Black Panther too, and you know, and like I'm just saying, like so we got Doctor Doom with no Holly. So no Holly's going to come back and do Doctor Doom too, correct? I mean, maybe not. I would honestly appreciate a few Marvel solo movies that weren't necessarily meant to be. We need three of them. Like, what's wrong with just having one movie? Sure. Okay, so Noah Holly comes in there and does Doctor Doom, and then we have somebody else come over and take over the event film that Doctor Doom is involved in. Correct. Sure. Okay. Just that's what that's my question. All right, that's yeah. happening. I don't, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know that it's happening. I'm just arguing that it's. I don't think it's squashed just because Noah, Noah Hawley is not what you think of as a cookie cutter Marvel director. Like I think they've done a good mm. job proving that they've hired a lot of people that you wouldn't consider cookie cutter Marvel directors. Yeah, I suppose. I Ryan just... Coogler and Taika Waititi, James mm. Gunn, Russo brothers. I mean, it's it's more than two. Sure. Yeah, but if I look at, like, their filmography and I look at, like, what Noah Hawley's given me, like, I don't know, dude. Like, that's, it's completely different. It's completely different. Like, Noah Hawley is, in my opinion, like, not mainstream. And I feel like Taika Waititi, Russo Brothers, I feel like they all can kind of, like, John Watts, of course, you know, Spider-Man Homecoming. Like, I feel like like those directors can fit with mainstream. I don't feel like Noah Hawley is 100% a mainstream director. I haven't seen that guy. I, I completely be, 100% agree, and yeah. that's what excites me. Well, that's... I'm not... I love Noah Yeah, Hawley. what you're saying... Don't get me that wrong. That's like, the reason that I fucking, I, I fucking sung the praises just, of Noah I Hawley. I go back to my argument that if it was a hard no, we'd know it was a hard no. Mm. Like, well, if, if they already know that he's the kind of person that they don't want to, like, deal with, that he's too far outside the MCU box, then it would just be a hard no right now and today. Sure. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, I, I can't argue. I, I would love to see what Noah Hawley does with Dr. Doom. I would love to fucking see it. I love Noah Hawley. Huge fan. Fucking, I love Fargo. Every season. I love Legion. Every season. I'm not arguing that. Like, No, I know you're not. I know the, the crux of the argument is whether or not he would get the job based on being a bit more of a visionary mm. than what you perceive as previous Marvel directors, which I'm very confused that you have that perception. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, like, when, you know, you got Taika Waititi taking over Thor Ragnarok, like, I think anybody taking over Thor is better than the first two movies, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. So, I mean, where where I will agree with you, like, if you want to make the point that they wouldn't let someone as visionary as Noah Hawley do the first movie of what could be such an important character, then I start to see your point a bit more. Jake, like, we don't even... Here's the fucked up thing. We don't even know 
100% if Quentin Tarantino is doing a Star Trek movie. And that's Quentin Tarantino, right? Yeah, Quentin Tarantino. That's also Star Fucking Trek is the bigger deal. Like it's, I, I feel like it's more of a rigid franchise as far as who they're going to work with than the MCU. Uh, Who's hotter? Who's who's hotter right now in Hollywood? Yeah, come on, stop it. Who's hotter in Hollywood right now? Like who's more desperate? Like. Sometimes you got to throw a hail mary, hail mary, correct? Like to get a touchdown. And I feel like Star Trek in the uh, in the box office kind of needs that hail mary, as opposed to like Marvel's got a sure fucking thing. Why introduce a guy like Noah Hawley, who maybe yeah, not Star everybody so gets? Rigid, they had they had fucking Frakes direct two feature movies. That's how rigid Star Trek was. Yeah, but I'm just talking about the last, you know, what we've seen from Star Trek in the films from the last few years. We've seen J.J. Abrams and Simon Peck, right? J.J. Abrams, hardly a fucking real out-there choice to do anything, (laughs) you know? Like, it's... Star Trek has never made bold directorial choices, really. J.J. Abrams may maybe be in the biggest... My whole point. Like had, Leonard Nimoy and William Shatner were directing the damn movies. The MCU doesn't need to make a bold choice for Doctor Doom. They can hire a company man, just like Scott Derrickson, John Watts, or Peyton Reed. They don't necessarily have to say, "Oh, okay, we'll go with the guy that Fox had hired to do a Doctor Doom movie." They don't have to do that. There's no reason to do that. Yeah, I agree. Besides, maybe they appreciate his vision. They respect him as a visionary. And why the fuck not? Okay. Yeah, we can. I love Jake. No, I understand what you're saying. I I think we're a little bit arguing two different arguments. I love Noah fucking Holly. Don't get me wrong. Like, I was watching Fargo. You know, like, not from day one, to be quite honest with you. You you don't have to. Give yeah. me your Noah Holly resume, dude. I, I'm well aware. I will, though. No, <laughs> I don't need to see the hard binder. Rebecca, are you still with us? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Of course, I'm still with you. I'm here. Uh, okay. Come on, Rebecca. We're being real civil, and you're here still we go. not giving here two we, cents. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Rebecca, what do you what do you want to see? Yeah. What do you want to see? Do you want to see a Noah Holly Doctor Doom, or do you uh-huh. want to see? Uh, do you want to see Kevin Feige greenlight the Noah Holly Doctor Doom, or do you want to see Noah Holly greenlight the rumored Brian K. Vaughn Silver Surfer? Do I want to see? You're asking me which one I want to see more. No, or- I want to see. I, I want to know which one that you want to bury. No, yes, I want to see which one you see. Which one do you want to see more? Yeah, if well, there was the uh, there was the rumored Brian K. Vaughn. Silver Surfer movie. Right. Uh, he was going to write the screenplay for. And then there was the rumored Doctor Doom anti-hero story for, um, you know, uh, Noah Hawley. Which one, if you could if you could get one of the two, Noah Hawley, Doctor Doom, or Brian K. Vaughn, Silver Surfer, which one do you want? If, if it's me making the choice, I get Noah Hawley doing Doctor Doom. If it's 
if it's my choice in the sense, well, okay, if it's going to be an anti-hero story, I will admit and and see and see the point that it's not easy to make the the to make an anti-hero movie, but make it all about Doctor Doom. It doesn't have to be a trilogy. It could be a one-shot movie in the sense of it's the only movie that's focused on Doctor Doom, maybe giving us, I don't know, his story or giving us some part of his life. And then you could still have other directors come in and direct the character in other movies. Mm. Or if Noah Hawley wants to come back and do more, that's even better. I I'm not, I think that's a, I think that's a I think that's a good move. I, I, I don't think Marvel, like, quote-unquote, has to in the sense of, like, oh, my God, we're struggling. We better get some revolutionary director in here. But I think if they're going forward in different in, in this, these different phases, they have to bring in these new characters. I think it's not wrong to shake things up a little bit and see what happens. Jake, Brian K. Vaughn, Silver Surfer. Noah Holly, Dr. Doom. I mean, for me, it's the Noah Holly, Dr. Doom, just because um, the body of work when it comes to a visual medium is is so much more like I have more faith in Noah Holly. Like, Brian K. Vaughn is a tremendous writer. He's written many a tremendous work. But, oof, when it comes to penning things, he hasn't had the best track record or really that one singular amazing thing in, as far as visual mediums go. So I'm definitely going with the Noah Hawley, Dr. Doom. I am going with the Gambit movie every time. Oh, my God. Oh, why didn't you give me that choice? Because I would have picked Gambit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, every- I can pick Gambit. <laughs> can I change my answer? Yes. Yes, you can. I picked Gambit. <laughs> every time. God. I'm officially done now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> you guys in this Gambit movie. Oh, I love uh, this Gambit movie. Now hold on, hold on. If they do release the, if some by some miracle, yes. the Gambit movie gets made yes. and it's starring Channing Tatum. Yes, Ryan, I want you to write this down. Yeah, today it's now. Sunday, June thirtieth. Yeah. If this movie happens, yeah, I will get on a plane and I will fly to Illinois and I will go to the movies with you. And we're we gonna will watch this movie together. And we're gonna watch Slutty Teenage Bounty Hunters. <laughs> and then we'll, and then we'll watch Slutty whatever. <laughs> we will we will watch slutty teenage bounty hunters until the wee hours of the morning. Whatever you want, Brian. Whatever yeah. you want. No, Jake, we Jake, Jake, come on over and join us. You can watch slutty bounty hunters too. Oh my god. Hey, let's move on into DC news. <laughs> let's move on into DC news. God, you know, like whole time I just I don't know. I'm I'm gonna be nice. Uh, I uh are you guys, <laughs> hold on? Are you guys excited for this Joker movie, Rebecca? Yeah, I want, for sure. I know uh-huh. Jake is. Rebecca, are you excited for Joker with Joaquin Phoenix? I am now. Yes. Oh my fucking god! I was in the theater today for uh, Annabelle Comes Home, and uh, I'm watching the Joker movie, 
And, uh, you know, I've, I've watched this trailer multiple times. I can't wait for the second trailer. I'm, I'm dying to see the second trailer. Do you remember the scene in the trailer, the elevator scene? You've got the Joker in the elevator. You've got what looks like an orderly in the elevator. And then a guy in a bed strapped in, he's strapped into a bed and he's like struggling in this bed in an elevator. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my God. I'm thinking to myself, like, did, did Joaquin Phoenix Joker like switch places with this guy? Does this guy work for the hospital? Did Joaquin Phoenix switch places with this guy? Is this this Joker's version of comedy is doing this kind of shit? And I think, like, if you watch the trailer, that's what it feels like. That's what it feels like. He's doing stuff that, to other people, that's, like, seriously fucked up. Like, you know, like, we see this scene of, like, this guy in the elevator laying down on this bed and uh, tied up and flipping out and screaming, like, you know, I don't know if he's screaming or not, but he's, like, flipping out and shit. And uh, I'm wondering, like, did did Joaquin Phoenix switch places with this guy? We see him bathing his mother in the tub. Mm-hmm. And the whole time, I can't not think that he's going to eventually drown her. In that tub, I, I think I think he's going to do something terrible to his mother in this movie. I think I, he's going to kill her. Yeah, I really do. I think it'll be revealed like she's been abusive to him, and maybe like now in her older age, like maybe she's got like Alzheimer's or dementia, and like she doesn't remember or claims not to remember, but he remembers, mm. and I, I think he snaps. And I think he kills her, and then I think he struggles with, like, remorse and grief and guilt and all that business. I think it just contributes to his continuing downward spiral. I think that he – I think that, like, he does these things and he views them as the ultimate punchline. Yeah. I I think you're absolutely right there. I think what we're going to see in this movie is a real psychotic joker – doing terrible shit and him being like, isn't that fucking hilarious? I think he flips the script in his own head on what comedy is. Like, we see him in the trailer and he's doing, like, the advertising for the business and he's flipping, like, the the sign for that business and he gets the shit kicked out of him. And I think he's like, you know what? Fuck what everybody else thinks is funny. I'm not here to make you laugh. What's funny to me? Mm-hmm. What's funny to me? I'm a comedian. What, what's going to make me laugh? And and maybe I'm wrong here, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Like, and uh, there's that there's that quick moment in the trailer. You see the elevator going down. You see an orderly behind him. You see a patient in the bed. Flipping out, kind of like waving his hands around and like flipping out, and you see Joaquin Phoenix's character in front of that, kind of like waiting for the elevator ride to end. And I feel like he switched places 
with whoever is in that bed. I feel like he has taken the place of like a security guard or somebody within the psychiatric building um, and uh, put them in the bed that he's supposed to be in. And he's going to walk out of this place and just cause some major um, chaos throughout the city. I Every time I see this trailer, I get something new out of it. Like, this is a movie I was not looking forward to. And every time I see this trailer, I cannot wait to see. I cannot wait for October. I cannot wait to see this movie. It looks so good. I It, it looks so amazing and... I mean, like, if you had asked, like, I, and I remember, like, talking about this when it was, like, just announced that they were going to do it. I was so down on this movie. I was like, no way. I know Paul and I talked about this a lot mm. on Animated Badcast. Mm. And I remember uh, both of us were like, nope, don't want this movie. No, 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 no. And now we've really, I think Paul's turned around on it, too, just by the trailers. Like, it's just, Yeah. Yeah, how can you not after seeing yeah, the trailers? For sure. I can't believe that I'm turned around on this. I'm shocked. Yeah, just from a two minute clip. Yeah. I'm shocked. I can't wait for the second fucking trailer. Hey, here's here's the thing. Um We got a rumor this week. This is this was bound to happen. This news comes from Dark Horizons. Well, Robert Pattinson has been set to play Bruce Wayne Batman and Matt Reeves the Batman. Uh, none of the other roles in the project have been locked in on actors for them. Uh, that may be about to change as according to a new report from Batman on film, Reeves is eyeing Andy Serkis for an undisclosed role in the DC Comics adaptation. Serkis worked with Reeves on both Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War for the Planet of the Apes. Along with numerous other blockbusters, Circus has previously said he would be interested in reuniting, reuniting with uh, Reeves on uh, on the film. Uh, which role he could play is not clear, though reports have both the Penguin and the Mad Hatter in play in the new film. Either of which he would make a strong candidate. Um, I this makes sense, but it's. Jake, Rebecca, it's an easy scoop to just, I feel like this is just an easy scoop to just throw out there. Like this is, this is too easy. It's super easy with the connections between the director and the actor. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels like an easy way to, to get some clickbait here. Like if Variety had posted this deadline, Hollywood or deadline, I would be like, Oh my God, it's fucking happening but it's batman on film it's not even like batmannews.com right so i don't know we'll see like i would love for andy circus to be involved in one way or the other um not just because i thought you know like on a previous episode that he would be a really good penguin which i do think he would be but i I'm, it's not like I'm looking forward to a Penguin Batman film. Penguin's not my favorite villain. But we'll see what happens. Um, I, uh, yeah, we'll see. I, we'll see what happens here with this one. This is, uh, this is not 
it's in my opinion, it's not reliable information, Jake. No, I agree with that. Sorry, I got crazy background noise going on here. Um, yeah, I agree. It's just easy clickbait, easy to say. You just make the connect the dot connection of the director and the actor, and la da dee, la da da. Mm-hmm. Rebecca. So, and if it comes true, they're geniuses. If not, mm-hmm. oh well, it was a guess. Right. I don't know. It just doesn't it seem kind of like unoriginal, just for like that. It seems like Tim Burton just picking fucking his wife for every fucking role in every movie. Yeah, or Johnny movie. Depp. Yeah, or Johnny <laughs> Depp. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost a given. Like if t- if Tim Burton is signed on to direct something, I mean, you could almost set your watch as a countdown to when it's announced who Johnny Depp's going to play and who yeah. Helena Bonham Carter is going to play. Right. So like. This is like, oh, Andy Serkis. This is not like, oh my God, how do you know? It, this is crazy news. Who could have predicted this? Like, we all know, like, it's gonna happen. Like, it, 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 it may happen, but it's probably like you guys are saying, it's just easy clicks because these guys have worked together on many projects. So I feel like I've just been like devil's advocate this entire episode. I feel like a dick. It's the vodka. It makes you devil's advocate. F- fuck you, vodka, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm a, come here. You come here. I don't like, I don't hate you. Come here. Okay. <laughs> 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 that was the most depressing thing whole episode. I know, right? Hey, Jake, Rebecca, talk to me. Um, you know, Rebecca, a few weeks ago, we did an episode and uh, I said, oh, I would love to see. Vanessa Kirby as Catwoman. Yeah. Hold on. Let me pull back on that a little bit. Let me throw this name out there. Let me throw this name out there. Are you ready? I'm ready. Seriously. Jake, are you ready? Yeah. Jake. She built on. I want you to... (laughs) Jake, grab your penis. Rebecca, grab your vagina. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) the fuck is wrong with me <laughs> come on dude how long do i gotta hold this shit <laughs> um uh lady gaga as Catwoman. talk to me oh that's interesting hmm. yeah i mean i wouldn't uh, i wouldn't scoff at it it's it doesn't seem like dream casting quite but I, wow I, okay all right bye. <laughs> I, I was a little outraged there for a second there. <laughs> no uh Who's your dream casting there, Jake? I don't know. I the Catwoman. No, 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 no. It didn't sound like didn't sound like dream casting to you. I want to know who dream casting is to you, buddy. I have no dreams, man. I I, my dream is for Catwoman not to be in a movie right away again for like the third time in fifteen years or whatever. You know. Oh. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. My dream is for no Catwoman. Cast nobody. All right. Wasn't um I I don't watch the show but wasn't Lady Gaga in American Horror Story? Yeah, correct. She was in okay. ho- she was in the hotel season. Okay, um, briefly briefly in Roanoke. She was also in a she was in the hotel season, um, the La Quinta season. Oh my goodness! <laughs> La Quinta is like the that's uh, like a shitty hotel chain, isn't it, Jake? I've never even heard of it. You never heard I of like ha- I have. I think it's like one of those um it's like one of those cookie cutter hotels like Yeah. 
like uh, Red Roofin or Motel Six. Like they're all the same, and they're right. all the same layout and stuff. And yeah, it's like uh, Howard Johnson's went out of business, and La Quinta came into town. You know, they used to call Howard Johnson's Hojos. Hojos. <laughs> that that just makes me laugh for some reason. Mm. <laughs> Go ahead, Rebecca. Um, okay, so when I think of like the role of Catwoman, I think of someone who needs to be like very. She can handle action scenes, and I know like there'll be a stunt double, so I I, mean, I get that. But like, I yeah. think of somebody that has proven themselves in like an action adventure type movie or TV show. Like, and again, I don't watch American Horror, Horror Story, so like, are are you? Was there something she did in that show that you makes you think like, oh, she would make a good Catwoman, or are you just like kind of basing it on her performance yeah. in a Star Is Born? There was a scene where she uh, pissed in a litter box, and I was like, oh my god, oh my god, that is like, <laughs> so she, and then she fucking She's ate the a, one. She ate a handful of fucking friskies, and I was like, what the fuck? She popped up a hairball, and you were like, yeah, That's our Catwoman. No, there's, there's. Honestly, I'll be honest with you. Like, there's nothing that Lady Gaga has ever done that made me think that she would be Catwoman, other than the fact that uh, Prince was involved in uh, Batman '89 and had it had an amazing soundtrack, and people were talking about it. And Lady Gaga had a great performance in A Star Is Born, and she's a good singer, and she might be able to add something to the soundtrack. And I was thinking that. But uh, it, at the end of the day, I, I would love to see Vanessa Kirby in the role, Rebecca. So that's- yeah, I don't I don't hate like if if it if we have to have a Catwoman in this movie because I would prefer that we don't. But if if that's absolutely what's going to happen, then I think Vanessa Kirby is the way to go. I really do. I think. Who do you want in this movie then? If we don't have Catwoman or Penguin or whatever the fuck, who do you? Uh, who's your choice? What do you want? anybody that we haven't seen in the last i mean like yeah. why does it have to be the same villains over and over again i mean it's it, I, I it's been catwoman what like i understand that you know we had catwoman and the you know fucking uh the uh adam west stuff but like we only had her in well, shit. Yeah, well, we've had her in well, two movies. She was in the Burton stuff, and then she was in the Nolan stuff. She's in Burton and she was and in exactly. solo movies. Exactly. And-, and then you have Penguin, who's in. But here's the, the thing: like, was she was she terrible in either? No, no. But, but, but Batman has so many villains. Sure. Why Why do you go back? It's like okay. It's like if you go to Baskin Robbins. 31 flavors. Sure. I get it that you might have your favorite. Like, you know, you say, oh, man, I love coffee. It's delicious. I love coffee ice cream. But, like, if you go there every time for 100 years and never try anything beyond coffee, you don't know. You might love rum raisin, and you'll never know. You might love uh, cookies and cream. You might love uh birthday cake or whatever but you'll never know because you're always eating coffee ice cream which doesn't mean coffee ice cream is bad it just means that there's other things to try so instead of having Catwoman again why don't we have a different villain that we haven't seen a lot of well shit that's that's my only point 
Yeah. I I I agree with that. Right. I'm not yeah. I'm just basically what I'm going off of is the fact that like every outlet out there is saying like the two right. villains that we're guaranteed to see are the penguin and catwoman. Yeah, I'm just recoiling against the catwoman thing. All right, then who do you want to see? I, I don't know. I mean, just, I'm not, you know, it's whatever. Like, I can wait five years for the Batman movie altogether. Like, I'm I'm not the guy chopping at the bit to get Batman back on the movie screen. All right, man. Yeah. Rebecca, if you were the guy chopping at the bit to get the Batman movie, who do you want to see? Clayface. I've said it a million times, but I would see Clayface or uh-huh. um, give me... <sighs> I'd like ventriloquist. Or do ventriloquist is a good one. I mean, I don't think it would work cinematically, but like Batman's got. You know what I'd love to see? Man Bat. I'd love to see Man Bat. Yeah, that would be that would be fucking cool. That is a character that they have done nothing with on the big screen. I, I don't think they're ready to do like a hush storyline, but I'd love to see a trilogy of Court of Owls. That uh, that to me would be like the ultimate thing to do. Uh, I mean, not ultimate because Hush would be amazing, but like Court of Owls. Uh, it's gonna be hard to sell a movie with kind of no villain. Yeah. I would like to see, and everybody's gonna think I'm stupid and crazy here. I would like to see a Batman movie where it's like Batman meets the Raid, and his yeah. ultimate villain is. Magpie at the end of the raid, like you know, like his vulti- his ultimate villain at the end of like the movie is Magpie. I don't is know that a character from the raid? I, I have no. no idea who who Magpie is. Google Magpie Magpie from DC Comics. Like at the end of the at the end of the movie, it's Magpie, and um, Batman is just going through different levels of the movie. And uh, fighting her henchmen and shit like that. It's kind of like Batman meets the Raid or Batman, like even like Batman meets Dread. And um, you know, I yeah. Oh, you're putting the detective movie on hold or whatever. But oh well. I mean, well, you know, yeah. No argument here. Put the whole thing on hold. We'll get we'll get that uh, we'll get that in the future. But um, just. Uh, Magpie is like the ultimate villain, and uh, we'll see her at the end of the movie. But um, yeah, Google uh, Magpie from DC. She's I don't she's not a huge character, but a character that I grew up I grew up uh, reading stories with Batman. So interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's all I got. Hey, we're done. That's it. This is uh, wow. Oh, that's good timing. I'm at one percent <laughs> on my device here. I went from a hundred to one. I'm fucking I'm starting to sweat it. I'm fucking done. Jake, thank you. Oh yeah, man. Anytime. It was great. Uh, Rebecca, thank you. Thank you. Got a feeling I'm going to have a better morning than you two. Oh god, <laughs> I am not. I, I still got to fucking down the rest of this vodka, and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I, then I am going to pass the fuck out and go to bed. But you know what? We'll be back next week with episode 291. Rebecca, was this episode shit? No. Jake, was no. it shit? It, it, was, it was good. It was, it was fine. I mean, it was, it was no Stranger Things 2. 
Oh God! (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I listen. Ryan was great. Yeah. Uh, I had fun talking to you guys. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed your Tony Danza impression immensely. Angela. Oh man, one more Jonathan before my phone dies. Rebecca, Mona, Jonathan. All right. (laughs) Guys, yeah, Rebecca, thank you so much. I can't wait to have you back on. I don't I don't know when you're coming back. Well well thanks for always asking me. I I really always get like a little rush whenever you ask because I always Shut the fuck up. Serious. I'm not I'm not bullshitting you. Oh my god, my eyes are rolling so hard. Oh my god. Why do you think that's why would you think I'm not being genuine? I'm pretty drunk. I'm very genuine right now. Oh my God. I am not sober enough to bullshit you. I'm very genuine. You're like, seriously, Rebecca, you're like one of my favorite people in the whole fucking world. I love you guys desperately so much. I look forward to seeing you the once a year that I get to see you guys. Yeah, and- once a year. There's a lot of people I hate in this world. A lot, I, I think I was like, there's a lot of people. I sit back. In my couch, I lay my head back and I think about all the people I hate. And you're not one of those people. Oh. <laughs> I think about that guy that tried to make me a sandwich today and I hate him. <laughs> Brian gets to the R's and he doesn't even consider you. Oh, oh man. God. Your name does not even pop up when I hit the R's. That's awesome. Everybody, there's a lot of people I hate. Not you. <laughs> you know, uh, just like all good leftovers stay in their doggy bags. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your Just sign us out before I awkwardly disappear. I know. Jake Jake is, like, losing battery slowly <laughs> but surely. I, I'm kind of hoping that you do fuck off. <laughs> In a way. You know what I mean? The real show could start. I know. So, like, me and Rebecca actually can make something worth people listening to. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, were Continue your, uh, yeah, we were a long time. Yeah, we remember the name of the show anymore. <laughs> oh, God. The rubber slutty, baby buggy buffer show. Slutty, slutty, bouncy hunter teenage people. Slutty teenage bounty hunters. There you go. Slutty oh teenage bounty hunters. Slutty <laughs> teenage ba- heroes in a half. Let's just have sex because we're slutty. Oh, my God. Jake, that is brilliant. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that is pretty good, Jake. I enjoy that. <laughs> um, just like all good leftovers say on their donkey banks, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya. Yada yada, bitches. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts. It's a trap. Good
it, toss it, turn it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, clean it, race it, let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over, counterculture, push over. Pop culture. Uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and give a shaft of crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftover, uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftover, sure the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.